to the Princess Summit, where we address the complex political issues facing our kingdoms. Hairstyles. Talking pets. Hairstyles for our talking pets. Crabs. I've got crabs. Well, isn't that just, um... And where's our newest princess? Sorry I'm late. I killed a boar on the way here. Oh, you're so feminist and empowered. Great. Hey, wee beastie. Have we got to grievances yet? A bunch of wee dwarves are illegally mining me territory. Oh, Merida, you have far bigger problems. Let me tell you about them. Not a damn song. Here's a list of things to drop. Your accent bow that tangled mop. Fifteen pounds from off your hips Those ginger afros need your pits And no prince will want to mingle With a girl with no hit single And your pet's hair is a disaster That's me mother! She's a bear! The trailer was very misleading! I am from beyond Listen, and all you desire will be yours Welcome to Spider-Dan and the Secret Wars Spider-Knight? Alas, friend Spider-Man, by what sorcery doth small ceiling torch shine forth? It's called a light bulb. Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Spider Knights of the Round Table, where my guest and I attempt to answer a question without an obvious answer in a round table format. Or square table, or coffee table, rectangular, rhombus, you decide, whatever kind of table you might have. Um, But we are here today, and this is a long-awaited podcast, two years in the making. That's how long it's been since we podcasted together. Uh, I'm here with Natalie Hitchin, Angry Andy Reviews, cooler other half, better other half, better half. Absolutely. Yeah, better half, definitely a better half. Better half, less angry half, or more angry half, you decide. <laughs> Depends what we're having. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know where this podcast is going to lead. We don't know what I'm going to say, which might I might I might piss off not only myself but all the feminists in all the world. So <laughs> you're um, fine. That's uh, why I'm here. <laughs> that's it. You just you just call me out. Just call me out on any offensive things I may say, and we're going to see. But we are talking about feminism, but not kind of. It's not just a talk about feminism we're using the telescope of disney to tell this tale to ask this particular question which has which i've worded very very carefully as <laughs> not to offend anybody so i'm calling this podcast disney's unorthodox feminist icons are disney's female antagonists a better representation of the feminist ideal than their protagonists so, Natalie, you have posed this question. Uh, before we go into the question itself, and we're going to discuss all the uh, the Disney antagonists, um, just tell us, just briefly, what feminism means to you, what you think it represents, what is the feminist ideal? I ooh, see, because this is a hard one, because it's very, you can't really say it for everybody, because my ideas are obviously different to everyone else's. Of course. And being a really hard question, 
I think for me, it's more kind of the equality side of it. I'm very kind of like, yes, everyone should be treated equally. But I also get annoyed when men aren't treated equally as well. Like, I don't get the whole, ah, men are evil. Like, that's not, that's too extreme for me. I'm very kind of like, let's just treat each other nicely and equally and have the same kind of ideals and stuff. And then everything will be fine. Yeah. Well, no, I think that's fair. I mean, like feminism, if we're describing it, quite literally it's it's feminism is to be treated fairly and equally um, as much as men are I I think for me uh being a man uh I'll tell you I'll tell you what actually feminism is what it's like I'll tell you I'll I'll, let me tell you how to do it Uh, so I I I believe feminism is again very much about equality I think background skin color religion whatever equality everyone should be treated fairly no matter where you're from who you are Everyone should be treated fairly. But I think mainly for me, it's about, again, that equality and the equality of opportunity as well. Like letting women have their own opportunities and having the ability to ascend or to do whatever they want, where they want to want it, however they want to do it. If that's to be a mum, great. You're empowered. If you want to, if you want to show off your body, great. That's empowering. If you don't want to show off your body, if you want to be a bit more conservative, that is empowering. And I think it's respecting those decisions and those choices as well. Like to let uh, women do what they want, when they want, how they want to do it, be who they are, you know, and be respected for that. I think. Yeah, I think like, like yeah, it's exactly that. I think like a big a big part of it is kind of where we we want to be at the stage where people don't feel scared. Well, walking down the street and stuff like absolutely i think that's like a like if you look at kind of i don't know about statistic wise but it's like a vast majority of like girls from being what when you hit puberty of mm. all kind of experience kind of some kind of sexual assault like it's and it's scary that that happens and it's, kind it's of, terrifying it is and i think but i think a massive part of this as well is education like it's a huge part of it so like the way that it's treated in schools the way that it's it's the same in it it's kind of like home like and how it's addressing the home and all that kind of stuff there's all this kind of like even when you're in a partnership and looking at kind of the emotional load of like what you're dealing with like the stuff that you're physically dealing with and then Mm. the stuff that because women's minds kind of work differently and we're always thinking about oh I'll do this while I'm doing that and all the rest of it and it's taking all that on board and yeah I think it's like a massive part of it is kind of education wise and being able to understand each other a lot more not treating each other like shit basically mm. well i mean it's it's i i had a, i had a little bit of a kickback from a, a couple uh a previous guest and their and their spouse about this particular topic as i told them i said you know i promoted it i said we were doing it and they were like well why are you talking about feminism like why do you have to always bring it up and why do you have to do this and i'm like but we we do if we don't yeah remember the mistakes of the past we're doomed to repeat them we need to talk about this stuff um you know just even recently the the head of the police who is a woman said if you you know after the murder of that young lady by a police officer the rape and murder of that young woman oh this is serious isn't it this is a discussion about disney and we're getting right into it way serious but but the needs to be though yeah but the head, head of police she's a woman and she said if you're afraid of a policeman just jump on a bus 
fucking ridiculous. Sorry, for swearing. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> fucking, it, well, it is fucking ridiculous. It absolutely it is. is. It's like, stu- I don't know being funny, though, but, like, I don't know. I never really consider myself very kind of, like, ah, oh, feminism. Yeah. But then I do read, like, feminist books from time to time. So I've read one that's, um, like, called Invisible Women. And uh, it's not the... So that goes... It's very kind of essay-based, mm. statistic-based, and all the rest of it. And the research that they do behind it to say, like, actually, if there was more lighting and more security cameras and more like there's like actual things that you put in place then the crime in general will drop yeah and the crime and sexual assault and all the rest of it against women in turn will drop and it's and it's just not and it makes me it infuriates me it's, it's, just, sick, like, it's sickening it's, it. it's yeah it is it's genuinely like the sickening. fact that you're telling people to jump on a bus is like what the hell the, the fact that you can get in a taxi and you need to fake phone calls to people that's like and it's not just it's not just women it can be no. men that have to do this as well and like Probably. i think again that's another thing and it's kind of like we shouldn't have to be doing that like we should all just be decent fucking human beings not treat each other like shit and not prey on people which is never going to happen but the more that we call it out then the better and the more that people do realize that no you shouldn't be sorry there's a puppy outside (laughs) (laughs) really got distracted by a puppy you can't be you can't be angry at men when there's a cute oh my god i can't be angry at men. can't be angry at the patriarchy when there's a cute puppy don't worry I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be getting on to cute cute puppies and the <laughs> the, uh, the skinning of cute puppies very soon oh no sure. not the skinning of them oh my god we've oh. got to talk about it god, god damn it she's forever. on the list she's on I know. the list but she yeah literally walked past it in a blanket and everything and it looked really cute <laughs> but, um my my friend uh, ria carrigan has an amazing podcast called femon film uh definitely get on that guys i'm going to leave a link in the show notes if you haven't listened to it already um and she talks about how you know men are also victims of the patriarchy and the the you know the the beauty kind of um standards that are so high for men and women as well and and what we expect and this kind of the world we live in and yeah and and absolutely and i i feel like i've been damaged by that and those kind of like yeah, expectations of and and we can talk about that in regards to the disney film with the kind of you know uh, expectations of the prince charming so to speak and things um Perfection. there's also that kind of uh, closeting of young women and the protection of young women again which will feed into our discussion a little bit later like i, I remember i i dated a, a muslim lady a few years ago and she was 21 but she was very sheltered in in her community and by her parents and she considered me like prince charming that was like her favorite story and i was like trust me i i ain't no prince charming <laughs> like, don't, i was like i was like i'm absolutely i'm not even i'm not even charming really uh, <laughs> let alone a prince <laughs> and uh you know it, it didn't end it, she was very naive and it was very she was lovely she was gorgeous and, and an amazing person but it was just so odd and i i think i found out later we there was the immaturity kind of fed into why it kind of fell apart and unfortunately but again that's the way she's been brought up it's the way yeah. she was raised and again not saying that all muslim communities are like this or all muslim families are like this but this particular one was very much so and i found out later on down the line that she was supposed to, there was an arranged marriage to her cousin. Oh, wow. And she said no, and they pulled her out of university. No way. Yeah. So so now she was just stuck at home. Again, more shelter than she ever was. I was, yeah. Anything. So, and yeah, like, like the, the cultural side of it is, 
is like the scurviest kind of like and it's it's weird isn't it because we have like all this stuff of like tradition and all the rest of it and tradition is just acting the way we acted hundreds of years ago and like no wonder we're still like, like slavery slavery was a tradition well this is it isn't it like no wonder we're still all these years later and trying to smash through and trying to do all this stuff about equality and all this yeah. stuff about feminism and racism is constantly in the news and uh, animal cruelty and all the other stuff yeah. and it's just like no oh god, oh god <laughs> that, that video recently from the footballer oh the that footballer was, oh raging disgusting absolutely raging the yeah. fact that he just got a fine as well like he still was Can't believe he that. still on yeah. just nuts like but we're still having to do this and it's a lot of it again is it's got like education based and like oh that's the way it's always been this is the way it should be and it's questioning all that now and being like well should it and why do we deal with that and like why do we act like this and i think i think tradition is a tricky one as well yeah. because it, that comes into like you know um depictions of races in films or in uh in pantomimes for example and things like yeah. that you know um you know it's come up in my acting career it's there's been challenges and things that have occurred in my acting career i won't go into it right now but it's that's a long story and another podcast could be full of my <laughs> acting career and all, and all the fucking shit I, I was supposed to do or was asked to do tradition is linked i think to a lot of people's like fondest memories so obviously you look back with rose tinted glasses and you just and you look back and you go that time was great or I enjoyed that time or that was a brilliant time for me uh, and you link that to that and I think you go well it's tradition so it should always be because it's always been but then we need to challenge sometimes challenge those traditions yeah. you know and challenge why or what is appropriate what isn't appropriate um, and again this comes whole hog into the Disney thing as well it's very easy for something to become tradition and to become like like religious dogma. Like, this is the way it is. There's no way to change it. We can't alter it. This is the way it's always been done. So this is the way it should always be done. Yeah. I think, I, I, I don't know, I think a lot of it is kind of perspective on it as well. Of like, mm. there is times that you should be able to look back and be like, oh my God, this, this has been like, this has been done in the past. But then again, like, why was it done like that? Is there a reason for it? Mm. Obviously, times have changed. Like, times have changed in the Obviously. past 15 years. Never, like, never mind. Back five what? years. Even yeah. five well, years. Yeah, example. of course. Yeah. They've been calling out for friends and stuff to get cancelled on Netflix mm. and things like that. Like, it's a massive change. I, for, for me, the, in regards to things that are inappropriate that were made years ago, I, I don't believe that we should edit and alter and censor things like that, personally. But I, okay. I can see why people ask for it. I get it. But I think I think there should be a statement at the front of it. Yeah. Basically, so, just going, times have changed. Yeah. Think things in, this was made a long time ago. Things in here will be considered offensive. Please be warned. And then you've got your kind of, and this is what this is what um, Idris Elba said on the topic as well. Actually, uh, he said, "Don't alter it because we need to remember these things. Yeah, we, we need like, to see need these to, things." Yeah, it's so I was watching Gold because everyone loves a bit of gold, <laughs> but because I. As a child, I remember sitting down watching porridge with my dad. And porridge is like, I remember like my dad just absolutely being in stitches yeah. with it. And like, so was, when I was watching it, so it was funny and you kind of go back and I still find like bits a bit funny now. But when you are watching it on gold, that is exactly what they do is they put a thing up to say these the time, basically uh, times yeah. have changed. Time like, have changed. and this is what was considered funny at the time. And it's, and it's knowing that and then looking at it being like, oh, like there's some episodes of The Simpsons now where you look back and that was like 80s. 90s and you think oh that's a bit 
I was I was at the gym. I was at the gym the other day, and they they do the you know the crust the crusty the clown where he's getting back into comedy, and he yeah. does the he does the whole Chinese bit, the offensive Chinese yeah. bit, and everyone's like, and obviously in that in that episode, it's played that that is offensive at that yeah. time to do that. Um, do but that it, stuff, but yeah. it was still it was still playing, and I'm like, I was like, oh my god! I mean, they can still play this on like regular TV. Regular TV. Ob- obviously, it was still it's within the context of the show. Yeah. I know there's there's certain obviously there's situations where you wouldn't say words or, or show images no matter what the context. You know, even yeah. J- Jimmy Carr recently is in is in trouble uh for yeah, with his Netflix, yeah. Yeah, with his Netflix that. special. But I, I I mean, it's not a fucking funny joke anyway. So for a start, it's not funny. So so what does that leave? It's just offensive. So you know, I, I kind of, I kind of don't blame people being angry at that because I, yeah. I like offensive humor. Like I do enjoy some offensive humor and some dark comedy. But if if it's not funny or there's nothing in there, you just you're just being offensive. What's the point of just being offensive? That's it. I think it's more the shock factor. Is people mm. like and it's, comedians have always done it in the past, haven't they? They've done mm. that kind of oh my god, like are they allowed to say that? But then mm. yeah, it's it's getting it right for you, for the audience that it's intended for as well. It's, it I is. understand. I can understand why people get angry at stuff like that. Absolutely. <laughs> but again, well, there might be some people out there that think it's absolutely hilarious and like. You know, we're we're two we're two kind of white people, so we we can't really say what in in regards to those type of things what offends yeah. us, what doesn't. You as a woman, you can say what offends you in regards to the patriarchy and the way women are treated. Absolutely, um, but I think yeah, that's that's not for us to decide. We're not going to solve racism, uh, nope. and that's and that's <laughs> not what this podcast is all about. So let, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Why did mm-hmm. you want to ask this question? So why do you think the uh, quote unquote Disney villains um, are a better representation of feminism than the the heroines quote unquote. I love, I love how you spent ages like re rewording my question that was basically now. Like, no one understands it now. <laughs> I know it's basically. But, but that's, me. that's me. That's me trying not to be cancelled. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's trying to not get cancelled by having me come on and be like, why are the Disney villains better than the Disney princess? So the only good feminist is a Disney villain. Are you saying yeah. all good feminists are villains? You know, I was like, I didn't want to... Mm. I'm very I'm very cautious. I'm very careful. But I know I'm, you are. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, you I'm, know what, though? I think you think about what makes a villain, right? In, most, in the majority of the Disney kind of franchise films, right? And if we think back... So I'm going to go Sleeping Beauty first. So we're, we're going to talk, because you want to talk about Maleficent, obviously, because she's the queen of all the villains. So Maleficent, obviously risen up the ranks and got an army for a start. So she's yeah. the head of an army. And when do you see that? When was it brought When was it brought out? In like the 60s, 50s, 70s? 50s, yeah, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So the fact that you've got a female head of an army that lives, all right, fair enough, she lives in a mountain. She calls people imbeciles and idiots all the time, which I absolutely love. I love the fact that she calls people that. Fools is another one as well. But, but again, like from from what we can see, all all of her minions are male. Exactly. So she's in charge of this male dominated army. There's no other kind of, and then she gets treated horribly by normal society. So why, like in fairness, I'd rage a war if people were giving me a lot of shit just because yeah. I lived in a mountain somewhere. It's just weird, isn't it? Like I think she's kind of she's definitely of, like, she's risen to it. She's obviously risen. She's gone from being like unknown to people literally. I mean, I'm not saying that you should fear women. (laughs) 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 Or maybe you should. Who knows? I think a better word is respect. 
Yeah. You want respect, not fear. It's, it's a very different thing. It's a very different thing. And I think that's a big part of it. Like, she's the only... So, like, let's look at the beginning of the film. So a new princess is born in a different land and loads of people are invited to come and wish blessings on this princess. I'd also be pissed off if... <laughs> so if you had a friend, Dan... And all of your other friends were allowed to go around to their house when the baby was born and be like, oh, and you were the only person to not get an invite. Would it piss you off? Absolutely. And if you had an army underneath you (laughs) and you owned your own, technically your own bit of country, I'm guessing, would you not then be like, they obviously don't want to be at peace with me because it's like an insult, isn't it? It's like old timey kind of worry. But it it can go into, I'm sure we'll go into this a little bit later, but because she's on the fringes of society, she's not Mm -hmm. what is perceived as normal. Whatever That's the perceived true. quote unquote normal is, she lives effectively on her own. She doesn't have a partner. If you're an, uh, you know, a mature woman, you're not married. What use have you got in society? Like you live up, you're, you're effectively a goth as well. If you, if you will effectively a goth so again that's you know they're not the she's not the prim proper lady. She dresses in black. It's it's almost like. Another thing with that, with the lady, I, I the Muslim lady I went out with, she was like, I need to be married by the time I'm 25 or something, she told me. And I was okay. like, well, I was like, well, what happens in that in your culture, in that society, that particular subset of your society, the Muslim society, what happens to those women that aren't? And they went, well, just become like old hags. And I was like, fucking hell. That's 25, that's no age. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure she said 25, could have been younger. Could have been younger. Oh, and I was just like... <laughs> That's scary. That straight away they're just written off. They're no no longer of value once you've reached a certain age, or once oh, you've reached you know uh, you know maybe birth giving age or something, or the the looks are going. And and again, that's the theme. The whole beauty and age thing is a theme throughout all these Disney villains as well. Yeah, it's Disney. Like everyone looks pretty and all the rest of it. And if you don't look pretty, then you're either a lesser character or you are the villain. When I was watching it back, and she goes, "Oh, prince, now you shall face me." And all the powers of hell. I was like, yeah. fuck, fuck yeah. What a metal Such a good line. Absolute fucking metal line Such for a, a Disney line. film. Like yeah. I was just like, and the fact yeah. that it's given to a female character as well, like it just lands so well. Like I think I, you look right. Okay, so in contrast, let's look at Aurora. She's blessed by three furries. What is it? She looks pretty. She sounds pretty. And then Maleficent comes in and curses her. And then the last one goes, oh, you'll not die. You'll just go to sleep. And the good fairy's not as strong as Maleficent either. So we're obviously mm. talking, we're not talking about the live action ones here. because No, no. Completely different tangent. And then she goes and lives in a wood where she sings to animals and stuff. And then she meets a boy. Like, there's nothing else to... Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I've been brought up by three women. That's obviously got to be very kind of empowering and stuff. Yeah, And yeah. like... They've gone from giving up all the magic as well. So they've had to teach themselves how to like sew and knit. Like she's clothed when we meet her. So I'm guessing that they've like learned how to do all these things. I'll be honest, Sleeping, <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, I think, is one of the more beautifully animated Disney films. It's, oh, yeah. It's so sharp. If I look like that when I was 16, are you kidding, are you shitting me? Like, <laughs> they, would have, they would have to hide you away in the woods. I'm like, <laughs> like oh, what? Look at the state. She looks, she just oh, little, oh, it's just ridiculous. And in fairness, if you look at kind of all the ages, they're all very kind of the princesses are all very, very sexed up for their ages. Oh, yeah. Like they're all oh, supposed to be like 16, 18 and stuff. And it's just, mm. God, when I was 16, I look like, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even look that great now. Like, like uh, well, yeah. I, was I like, keep Rrr. saying that I'm getting better with age, but I'm not too sure. <laughs> I'm, 
like a like fine a wine. Fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think Melis- Maleficent is one of the better designed characters as well, because I think when we think of like the old witches and the sorceresses, we don't think of this kind of slim, debonair, you know, wonderfully dressed, stylish woman you know, nope. who, who holds that power. She like the, with the, the Angelina Jolie version or the, yeah. or the animated version, the eyes are on her. Like, oh, yeah. or, like you can't take your eyes off her. And, and almost the film is a lesser film when she's not in it. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's not, I don't, it's not a bad film in any way. I quite like it. it moves quite pacey as well. It's quite a pacey yeah. film. My least favorite scenes are probably again, going into the patriarchy it's the it's the the kings going right. Let's get let's get our let's, young, get, let's get our younguns. Let's get our younguns. Let's get them shagging. Let's get them shagging. Come on. I know it's. Oh, I mean, you kind of like you look at it. I mean, whenever it's set in sixteen, whatever, like probably before that, it's let's get them together. And we'll join our kingdoms, and this will happen. It's, it's quite similar to the scenes in Cinderella as well. Um, yeah. And it's very much like, well, we have to have, I have to have a marriage. This is tradition. And blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, maybe that's like, like in that. furnace, though. You'd think about when it come out, maybe that's why people started thinking, oh, actually, Sleeping Beauty 16 and getting married off. Like, and was that what was happening back in the day as well? Like, I mean, in furnace, if Disney made a, a film now about a 34 year old unmarried woman, would it, but like, it's got to relate to kind of, I mean, Sleeping Beauty is so pretty. I don't think anyone related to that when it was probably being like, oh. now, now now here's a question. Now in most in most Disney media, the the princesses tend to have a dead mum. Okay. So Sleeping Beauty does have a live mum. Like she, she she's alive, but she has no say in this story. Like she, she's got nothing to do, nothing to say. She's got she's basically there. I've had the baby. That's it. So and, she literally she tries to stop Maleficent. She goes, "Oh, we I'm really sorry we've offended you." That was, and it. then that's it. You'd never see her again. Um. <laughs> I don't feel like Disney knew what to do with mothers. Like it's weird, isn't it? Like it's so it's just so seems to be a standard kind of trope that they keep doing. But yeah, I think I think there's been an argument. I've, I've been doing some reading up on this, and I think there's an argument saying that if the mother was there, there would be no kind of flaws or holes in the character, in the main character, in the main. So one. so there would be no story, arguably. Ah, uh, um, but for 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 the sake of Sleeping Beauty, she does get taken away from her mother. Yeah, maybe telling her like if you. If you'd have told Aurora that she couldn't go back to a certain point, like mm. you do have parents and they are alive, but we can't go back there mm. until after. Would that mind you? That just completely mm. you'll have no story. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. But there'd still be an evil witch oh, coming for us. There's still, so there's still yeah. Like well, I, I was going to say like the driving force of this story, the main focal point of this story <laughs> is is Maleficent. Yeah. If, if there's no Maleficent, there's no story. So she's is, effectively the the she's effectively the protagonist in a way. Yeah. Um, that she becomes the focal point. Like it all revolves around her. But the, again, though, which is why she's a really strong character. Like I think that's you have to make her like that. Like remember watching it for the first time when you were really young and thinking, oh, like it's terrified when she turned into a dragon. Absolutely terrified me. I was oh. like, oh my god. I was going like, to say, like when I was a kid, that really fucked me up. <laughs> like, yeah. And then, like, you watch it back now, and it's one of probably the best sequences of the film of being like, oh, that's actually really amazing. And the prince with his lucky shot in the heart, like, that's ridiculous. Like, you try throwing a sword at a dragon. (laughs) And, like, getting it all the way through the... Oh, yeah. Like, he must have some force behind it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, is he like sixteen? Is he about the same age? Because yeah, I mean, he's possibly around about the same age. Like, I, mean, I think in Disney World they're the same age. I'm not sure right. about the 
real life. Act, yeah, the actual furry tale. But to be honest, when I was a six, 16 year old, I had a very strong throwing arm as well. Like just, <laughs> just for, for other reasons, you know. <laughs> I just just one just one <laughs> massive arm like a, a quagmire huge arm um, you know it just comes out just comes out <laughs> um sleeping beauty is one of my favorites absolutely it holds up to this day there's there's obviously been a lot of talk recently about sleeping beauty in schools the book being in schools and about the the question of consent uh, of uh, being kissed while she's asleep yeah okay yeah i get that i get the whole kind of consenty stuff again you you watching a cartoon it's a case of having that conversation <laughs> like, it sounds really bad yeah. it sounds really bad yeah. um like and again to be fair they, they'd already met they're, they're obviously clearly they had already met and they were in was, she was i will say shocked. this it was i will say this he was a bit grabby he was he's he a bit grab, he's a little bit grabby he's like oh don't leave oh where are you going oh let me sing with you i know you <laughs> you know all that he's like okay a bit bit odd because some, some of the some of the blokes do like when i was watching them back i was like some of this is a little creepy from the blokes <laughs> yeah, just, do you know what though that's like it sounds really <laughs> really bad though because that's what it can be like though like, mm, you, yeah. like the, the, the advances that you get and all right she was kind of doing the whole oh I'm interested but I'm not really interested there's like a little bit of a chase going on and all the rest of it like it's got like and it happens to girls in real life you're like oh, no 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 you're okay and like you can be doing it like sometimes it happens when you're going oh I'm going to play a little bit hard to get and see yeah, how yeah. actually like hmm. back from when I was what when me and Andy were getting together and I think I was like no no for a year for a full year <laughs> and then changed my mind and was like, "Yeah, go on then." But it, it's like, it'll do. It'll do. It'll do. Um, uh, the, yeah, the, the Disney love story. It'll do. Andy wasn't as <laughs> was it persistent. He probably okay. gave up on me at one point, and then after he gave up on me, I went, "Yeah, go on. We'll give him a try and see how it gets on." <laughs> All right, fair enough. I will. I will say this as well about about the original Sleeping Beauty, and I think we'll we'll talk about the Jolie one after this. Yeah. She has almost no screen time, but she, again, is the key component of the film, is the most memorable thing about the film, and is the best character in the film. Like, Absolutely. The, the impression, the, and, and again, when you think of Disney villains, that's the one you go to. You go for this, you go yeah. straight to that image of her. She, she is the and, queen of them all. Like, yeah. she's original, like, 101. You think of a Disney villain, you think you've got to yeah, think less, away. aren't you? I, th- I think you either, go, you either go for the, I think it's, Queen Grimhilda or the evil queen from Snow White, or you go for Melissa. I think those are the top two ones you yeah. immediately immediately think of. Um, I will I will say this, she's not completely cold and evil and in, in that film because her crow gets turned to stone. Um I mean, yeah. And that she, crow is she's, like she's you love that crow. Yeah. Absolutely. She's like proper, I mean, I'd lose it like because we all know the story with the dogs and stuff and again if mm. someone tried to hurt one of the animals or anything like that yeah. and it's like maternal like maternal instinct it's like proper maternal instinct yeah of you, course it is you spend time with this thing and she calls it a pet she's like come on my pet and obviously mm. gives it little like th- jobs to do and stuff and he's very loyal so the fact that it's he not he finds sleeping beauty because all the other idiots yeah. all the other idiots <laughs> are still looking for a baby 16 years old I used to love that bit when I was Cradle, Cradle. Yeah, I love that. It was great. And 
It's brilliant. It's got it's got everything you want. It's got it's got magic. It's got romance. It's got great music. You know, I, I know you is a fucking great song. Like it's just I brilliant. I love that song. I just uh, do you know what bit that I absolutely love more than anything is uh, when uh, when the prince is riding through the forest hmm. and then he just gets taken off his horse. Yeah, and he lands in the <laughs> for some reason that bit. <laughs> Even from being little, I was just like brilliant. <laughs> And then he goes, no carrots, and like splashes his horse. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I, think, I think that horse reminds me a lot of the horse Entangled as well. It's, it's got a lot of character it was, to it. Yeah, um, it, looks, it does look a little bit like Maximus. You know where you've got the whole like animals look like their owners? Because I feel mm. like he kind of looks like the prince as well. You kind of like, mm, you can kind of see that. It's <laughs> um, so, all right. Let's talk about the, the Angelina Jolie version, because this is a real kind of twist on the tail, so to speak. So we get a little bit more of a, a backstory for Maleficent. So do you want to want to talk about that? I do. So I really like this film. I like the first three quarters of this film. Okay. So I like the fact that it's a twist on the original. I like the fact that there's a relationship between Maleficent and Aurora. There's the whole kind of there's a scene in there where she gets her wings cut off and it's mm. the representation of rape and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah, it's I was like going to say. Really dark very side. Very date yeah. rapey, that. Very date Yeah, rapey. like really. It's like, and you watch it because I remember reading something about it before we were watching it at the cinema and then watching it and being like, oh, right, oh, Jesus, like that. Mm. And for, for a Disney film, it's very, like, and again, this is kind of as much as you read into Disney. Like, people will watch the films and they'll sit there and be like, oh, it's all right, it's a Disney film. But then, like, if you really look at kind of the effort that they put into some of the storylines or some of the stuff that they do, like the work that goes in behind it, oh, or, yeah. like, or just us and the way our minds work and overthink everything, like, everyone gets something different when it comes oh. back. I think, I do, I do like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I do really like it. The thing that I don't like is we didn't get a dragon at the end of it. <laughs> you d- you do, but it's not her. It's not her. No. Like she doesn't unleash all the forces of hell. <laughs> no, yeah, all the powers of hell. Um yeah. well, do we think that maybe that was a choice because maybe women can often be described as old dragons and things like that, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I feel it 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 to me it felt like it took some of her power away. Like, why can't she be this all-powerful? Like, you've got... If you look at Jafar, he literally, by the end of Aladdin, he's like, oh, phenomenal cosmic power. Why the hell can't you do that in a live-action thing with Maleficent? Like... Well, with the live action, spoiler. We're going to be discussing spoilers for Disney films, by the way. If you've not never seen a fucking Disney film in your life, um, with Disney Plus now having everything, Jafar doesn't even turn into a snake in the live action Aladdin, which is the 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 coolest fucking bit. They just he just makes a a Yago massive, and I was just like, what is this bullshit? Okay, so this is the reason. So we've got you can talk about Maleficent because I watched one and two of that. Okay. Um, I've I've stopped watching the live action stuff because it's either just a a full remake with some extra bits in. Pointless extra bits. Which is like Beauty and the Beast is a very prime example of this. Oh, I hate that one. (laughs) I could I could talk for days how bad that is. Oh yeah. So I and I think I think a lot of this though is like we're we're old school, Dan. We're like we were around when the originals came out, Hmm. or like we had access to the VHSs from like Beauty and stuff. I feel like it's it is taking it away from your childhood. It's like it's, it'll never be as good. But then I can't, oh, I can't watch Aladdin because I walked into my brother's house and they had it on the TV, 
and Will Smith was singing Prince Ali. Hmm. And Will Smith is a rapper, and that song was so slow and so not Love Robin... auto-tune. Oh as my well. god, like auto-tune, it's not Robin Williams. Like I couldn't, like, and genuine from that, I was like, I am now done with with, with live action. Like I'm, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, and that's just my personal opinion, isn't yeah. it? Some people watch it and like the kids watch it and they think it's absolutely amazing. And I'm like, that's fine. That's stop what they've it. grown up with. That's, that's yeah, and that's, that's their, their version of it. Their though, generation's version yeah. of it, yeah. Sure. And it might be that maybe times have changed. Maybe kids can't watch the cartoon. Like you look at actual cartoon ones. The last actual cartoon one was Princess Princess and the Frog. Oh, I love that. I love it is that. It's such a good film. But like the, all the rest of them are kind of like these Pixar kind of new age mm. Disney kind of things. All the live action stuff. So maybe that's like the way that the world's going. Mm. But I. I love sitting and watching all the cartoony stuff and I can still sit there and watch it and I just like it's, I don't know I just think it's a bit weird so the fact that we're doing spoilers is fine I should have said it at the start but yeah we, 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 if we're going to discuss in full Disney I was villains, gonna, the, we well we've to. only done Sleeping Beauty and it was if that's been brought out in the 60s then mm. and you've not watched it by this point yeah come on, come on. Even, even half of it the, like there's only maybe there's only a few that have been released in the last few years, I think, yeah. maybe you touch on, but even then. But do you think the the idea of releasing um, Maleficent's wings at the ends and her getting them back was to maybe give Sleeping Beauty herself a bit more agency? Maybe. Like, it's a very prominent point, isn't it? Like, I like she's got that. no agency in that first one, really. No. She's just, she's, she's just a bit of a follower, isn't she? Mm. There's no kind of, like... Maybe if she'd have turned her into an apprentice and was like teaching her all the magic and stuff, yeah, that yeah. could have made her even even more kind of. And there is there's again there's like the maternal instinct of trying to protect her and trying to not get her to stab herself in the finger mm. and all of that stuff, but she was too late. Yeah, I like the twist. She regrets it. I, I, I like her. Yeah. What does she What does she keep calling her? Like a little thing or a little? What does she uh, call her? She got like a little nickname for her, a little yeah beast or something or something like yeah. that. Yeah, something remember. like that. It's kind of like a little sweet nickname, but not at the same time. Beastie. But yeah. Something along them lines. But um, I think we've learned the lesson that if you're not invited to a party, infanticide, straight away. Just kill the baby. Yeah. Straight away. That's the first 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 protocol. Kill that baby. But but in the in this modern version, she does change her mind, doesn't she? It's not the fairies that change the because they're pixies, aren't they? Because she Maleficent is a fairy and they're pixies, and so it's a bit different. Um, but she changes her mind. She says, Oh well, she won't be dead, but she will sleep forever. Which is, I mean, I suppose it's good. And then you've got kind of the whole I think Disney Disney's getting better at the kind of like they did it with Frozen, they've done it with Maleficent with the kind of true love's kiss. Yeah, because it wasn't the man. Mm. It, and it turned out, oh, actually, it was Maleficent because she's been... And again, like, there's no greater true love than a, matern- like, a maternal figure. And mm. she essentially became Aurora's yeah. mum ha- for the entire... Ha- that season. happens in uh, Enchanted as well, doesn't it? it uh, it's not who she thinks it is that yeah. the prince she's supposed to be in love with is actually the other guy. It's actually obviously. the other guy. But yeah, I know it's not yeah. a woman, but it's slightly... They played with it slightly. Yeah, I think they're getting away from that, that whole kind of, like, instant... Mm like for love at first sight stuff like we all know like because it's not realistic well i don't know when you're 16 though it kind of is like True, yeah. you think about it like oh my god i'm gonna die like mm. romeo and juliet kind of stuff of like mm-hmm. when you're in love like even earlier than that i can't see you i gonna kill myself <laughs> please don't <laughs> please don't be like them people <laughs> please there, not, there's other people out there. <laughs> we, do, we do like to retell that tale, though. We do like to keep telling well, that story over and over again. 
We can't well, be together, so it. we have to die. <laughs> but you see it a lot, though, don't you? Like, you think that, you, like, at school and at college, and there was always, like, that couple that had been together for, like, hmm. a month. And you're like, oh, my God, they've been together forever. And then they break up. And then, like, the girls are always in school crying their eyes out in the toilets. The lads are like going on to the next con like it's it's well i i'm i'm gonna disagree with that from a male perspective oh sorry go on i because <laughs> that's what you want to hear about on a feminist podcast the male <laughs> perspective on love i think what happens is that the women you know are more emotionally intelligent than men and can deal with it that much quicker and get all the crying out there and then and like in a short space of time and i think with the blokes they're like i'm fine I don't have any emotions. I'm all right. I'm tough. I'll, I'll go on to the next bird. And then and then they actually are fucking devastated and it only yeah. really hits them. And they, they spend a longer time kind of getting over that. I've read that somewhere that like mm. women, so if you, so you think about, say you were going out for like a year, it takes the women like three months. So it's, from the off, it's kind of like, oh my God. And then like, say so you get all your kind of crying out and you emotionally, mm. emotionally deal with it. And then the bloke seems to take, six nine twelve months to get over like that relationship like if maybe, it was... maybe longer in my in my, <laughs> <Is it over? laughs> but my why personal is that? experience why is that why am i still sad why am <laughs> i still thinking about this <laughs> but is it is it that you put it out of your mind earlier on and you try and distract yourself with other stuff or is it like can do you feel like you can I th- again I think it might be the kind of the whole going back to the whole patriarchy thing I think that's the I think there is very much like there's obviously there's there's pressure on young women to be sexual and but I think there's pressure on men to be sexual as well to be like yeah. I've got to bang all these girls and if I'm not banging like when I was spoilers but I didn't lose my virginity till I was 21 I was, this, a late, I was a late everything. I was I was a late bloomer, believe it or not, even though I am so ridiculously handsome. <laughs> um, but but like there was a lot of pressure and and even you know going back to what we were talking about earlier about you know the, the Muslim girl I dated for a little while, there was there was pressure, there's a lot of pressure on blokes to be sexually active. And yeah. if you're not sexually active, there's something fucking wrong with you. No, you've got to have, got to have again, something no, fucking wrong with you. This is this is a, a, a lot of this, and the whole thing of this is society. Like, mm. again, you go through school and you kind of like everyone's got to fit into these little pockets, and like you just said, like, oh, if you're not doing this, then what the hell's wrong with you? And yeah, then exactly. literally, you finish school and you spend the rest of your life trying to be a fucking individual. And <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's you, you at the end of the day, you, you, and as long as you're a decent human being to other. Yeah. human beings then like what else can you do it doesn't matter if you have sex when you're 45 or when you're yeah. like 15 like well hmm, it kind of matters if you're doing it when you're 15 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i would say <laughs> 16. we're not you promoting that 16. that's the right one that's the right age depending on the country you're in and their, depending their sexual, on the country that you're sexual in. laws you know it's, so it's sometimes it's 18 <laughs> yeah i think america's 18 i think japan japan it's 13 i think so really? is it 13 but yeah exactly so but yeah it's it's a uh, it's a whole kit and caboodle but even when i even when i lost my virginity to that certain lady uh, i didn't tell her that it was my first time. I just was like, if I tell her, she won't, she won't want to do it. So, so, I, so I didn't, I didn't tell her. And then, and then when I did tell her, she went, yeah, a bit weird. Thanks for that sensitive. She said to you that it was a bit weird. She said it was a bit weird that I was 20. Ah, so, see, just, so, that, so there whole... you go. It's, we're all, we're all brainwashed and we're all, this, this damage does, you know, this patriarchal society does de- damage both genders. I yeah, think. no, I totally agree. Like, if we're talking about that though, it's like, did you feel like it's the whole thing of when you brought up and they try and 
educate you at school to be like it it's potentially you should wait until the right time and when you feel comfortable and if it's the right person so Mm. in your experience Dan would you before you did it would you Mm. think that that was the right person to do that with I mean there's people I was attracted to and there's people I I I probably would have wanted to have sex with or felt I was in love with or felt I was you know and I, I didn't you know even even when I had sex with that person uh my first love effectively you know there was still somebody else I was attracted to at that particular yeah. place on that job at that particular time and I'd also just broken up with my girlfriend who at the time we'd been together for about two weeks and she went oh so while I was away doing this job so it was like a summer camp thing she dumped me so I was obviously devastated about that and then so really you know, th- yeah so emotionally you yeah. probably wasn't. It probably wasn't the right person at the right time at all. Probably but. not. Probably not. But, but, but do you know I what? Also... Everyone's experience is yeah completely different. There are then people that will wait, and if you can wait, then fair enough. Like that's absolutely fine. I think as long as I don't know, it's it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Like I'm, I'll be honest. Like we're talking to teenagers now, being like, "Don't do it unless you feel comfortable doing it." But like that's the whole thing that's the whole yeah, premise of it absolutely. but again it's if it's right for you 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 think it's right it's the right person i'm not saying rush out like i think i think i read somewhere the other day it was like oh people who have uh, boys who have sex after the age of like 25 or something will have sexual dysfunction problems and i was like what the fuck what? am i supposed to do with that information have i now got to go out and tell young boys to go have sex so they don't have you know, 16-year-old boys to go have sex so they don't have sexual dysfunction at a later age? What am I supposed to do with that fucking information? I have no fucking idea. But it was a science, it was like a a science kind of um, Facebook group. Why is that science stuff that they're looking at, though? Like, why do they pick random... (laughs) Weird studies come out of nowhere. Like, fucking randomest studies that you could possibly fucking think of. I'm sure there's, like, better things. I'm sure. Than, like, how many times does a monkey touch its balls in a day? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) About the same time, same amount as I do. Um... So let's let's get back on. We've discussed a lot of stuff, but we've not discussed any of the other Disney villains. So who, do you want to, who else do you want to talk about? Um, who do you want to talk about? Do you want to go? Oh, let's see. We've done Maleficent. Shall, shall I pick? Shall I pick one? Yeah, you pick. I'd... Can I? I'd like to talk about maybe a lesser known one or a lesser celebrated one. Okay. I absolutely love Isma from uh, the Emperor's New Group. <laughs> Me. <laughs> yes it's a great film i i really oh. enjoyed it and again the main villains in it really is the blokes the patriarchal society kuzco is an absolute fucking arsehole yeah, the emperor the titled character is a complete arsehole he but he's an one. arsehole from the start like you yes. get into like watching it as you're older you know you're getting into like this guy's a turd yeah and hopefully by the end of the film he won't be as much of a turd like the way he treats True. women the way he treats Awful. the lineup of women, where he goes, Oh, and let me guess, you've got a great personality. Fuck you, I have, and it's well better than yours, Cusco. <laughs> like, he's like too tall, too, because he's got a, a, a line yeah. of, of potential brides or mates or whatever they want to call them. Yeah. And he's like too, too tall, too small, too pouty, big cheeks. Oh, and I'm sure you've got a great personality. But then, then it comes over to Isma, who is effectively raised him as a, from a child, effectively, as well. We, his, yeah, we don't know what's going on there. Because we don't we know do, why he's not got, he's not got any parents. Any dead parents. Dead parents. Dead parents. Disney's dead parents. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they're all in heaven, like, going, oh, if only we were alive, we could have 
We could have stopped all these stories. Happening. I know, yeah. Stop all There'd have been no fucking story. There's no story. That's why they kill them off straight away. Kill them. Kill them dead. Um, anyway. Um, but yeah, like she, he, she is doing the job. She's not particularly a great person. Uh, there's a great line by um, Kronk. Uh, and he's like, he's, she's like, I raised him as a child. And he's like, yeah, I, I wonder why he turned out so bad. <laughs> Like she, she's not a great person. Don't get me wrong. She's but, not. But no, she's, I mean, she's elderly. She's got wrinkles, and you know, she's uh, quite a pale complexion as well as as opposed to all the other characters. But I'll Thank I'll get into that. I'll get into that shortly. Um, but he literally is just staring at her. She's giving this whole spiel. He's not listening to a word. He's just looking and rating her beauty. Like, look at those bags under her eyes. Look at those wrinkles. Oh my that god, bro- she's hideous. That broccoli in her teeth. Oh my god, <laughs> broccoli in her teeth. Exactly. So it's all about her again. All about however, age and a look. However, just to kind of go off this, so if you sure. look, so Yzma brought up Cusco, right? Just I'm just thinking mm. about we just said about him lining up a lot of people going too fat, mm. too thin, blah 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 yeah. blah. Have you seen the people that Yzma has? So Yzma has Kronk, who by all definition is very good looking, muscular man. So Yzma obviously has a thing about good looking people, and she's brought up Cusco, who doesn't. Yeah. Who also has this thing about images? So exactly, that, like so. So the, he's a prick because she's a prick. Yeah, but, but again, <laughs> like, again, the as the patriarchy done that yeah. to her, and then is she passing that down? Like, there's, I think there is a line in Disney. I think there's a there's something to be said for the abused becoming an abuser. Yeah. I think you can see that in a lot of the characters, even if it's not explicit, maybe in a backstory. I think you could see that psychological element of that coming down the line but she was originally her, her father's this undertaker and she learned about uh I, i've done my re- i've done the research i was gonna say i've really gone so her father was an undertaker and she learned the kind of trade of, of an undertaker and learned because she said you know she would he would make them look better dead than they were alive and and she learned to actually stay out of the sun and that's why she has a pale complexion, is she's staying out of the sun to preserve her skin and her ah. youth and her beauty. And that's why she's so pale. And there is a, a deleted song, I think I sent it over to you. You did. It was, and it's, it was brilliant. It, it's by Eartha Kitt plays a character who's amazing. I think the line delivery, the comedy in this is so sharp, so funny. Kronk's amazing. Patrick Warburton as Kronk is brilliant. And again, surrounded by male idiots. Again, another character yep. surrounded by male idiots. And it's, um, it's, it's Snuff Out the Light, it's called. Get on YouTube and listen to it because it's a fucking brilliant song and it's a shame it wasn't included but she talks about how the sun is her enemy um, and it doesn't really come that much into play because it's not, they don't really go into her backstory too much but I think maybe that's why they took it out though. Like, yeah. it was kind of like oh it's, she brought him up and all the rest of it and then it was mm. kind of it's. I mean because obviously it is Kuzco's journey into mm. kind of maybe it's Kuzco breaking the patriarchy because mm. obviously if Yzma's brought him up that way and she was brought up that way mm. and all the rest it's kind of looking at it that way. Mm. Or she he's just following in her footsteps. He's acting like the way she she would act. Exactly. So yeah. And then something happens and it changes his perspective and he gets a bit of an education. Yeah. It means it, he literally throws a guy out of a window for knocking off his groove. Yeah, and an older guy as well. Which and he's like <laughs> and he's like he's like I'll, I, I, I get thrown out every week or something. And it's like, oh, I'm not, <laughs> not sure what's going on. Uh, Don't knock I'm really sorry I threw off his groove. The groove. I can't affect the groove i think it's i think it's a really fun film i know it had a lot of production issues a lot of production problems but i think it's great i think she's a great character i think eartha kit is a fabulous performer anyway i I think she's really good like i don't 
I think that's one of the ones where I never really watched it when it was in the cinema because I was a bit like, mm. I would think I was getting to that stage where you kind of come away from Disney when you hit a certain age, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do. And yeah, I don't think, I, I definitely didn't watch it in the cinema. No. And then I think the first time I watched it, I was a bit kind of like, mm. but then you kind of go back as you kind of and I was like I'll give it another go and I think when I've gone back to it I've been very kind of like I really like this film mm. like I, I love Yzma Kronk mm. makes me laugh all the oh, way yeah. through it like it's brilliant the fact that you've got another strong female pregnant character yes as well yeah that's bringing up two children and trying to sort out her husband and all the rest of the stuff like literally kick some serious ass that all us women normally do <laughs> which is really good like there's there's all these little bits in it and yeah i don't it was weird when you watch it when you were kind of younger i was a bit like nah, and then the older i get i kind of go i think there's a lot of subtle good. comedy throughout yeah. as well and you i think on repeated viewings you can enjoy yeah. it more and more but it's um, my favorite so my favorite story about the emperor's new groove and if it is true then i absolutely love this story even more is um have you seen the water slides where you're standing and then the doors open up at the bottom yes so my one of my favorite stories is a guy that worked on one of them and I, again i don't know if this is true or not but if it is true then this is the best story in the world. Um, so, so someone, a, a girl got into one of these and put her arms across and shouted at the guy, pull the leather cronk, <laughs> which is just brilliant because that is the best. I mean, the, by far the best bit of the film. Makes me laugh just thinking about it. Like, not... I could just, I could just picture it. I could just picture it going down the slide going, wrong level. If you were, if you were ever find yourself on one of these water rides, Please take every opportunity <laughs> to shout that as you're going down the slide. And then Please tell do. me about from it. From now on, from now on. Anybody yes. that goes on a water slide that has a lever that drops yeah. you down, that is required. That is a required, required thing. It's a yeah. requirement just to go on the ride. Yeah, just to kind of shout out to kind of the feminist. That is Yzma. <laughs> I always I always love the following line with that, like, why does she even have that? <laughs> yeah, why do we even have that then? Why do we even have that? Because they, they do it later, don't they? Who's <laughs> going to go down? And like, why do they even have that? <laughs> also, that would have made a really good Disney ride. Hmm. You think about like all the rides that they have at Disney World, like the, the pull the lever thing. Would have, yeah. And like, because it's an actual roller coaster yeah, it's to get like down a, into the thing, it would have been an amazing ride. You need to be an Imagineer. You need to be a Disney Imagineer, Natalie. I think you'd be great at that. Maybe we just need to tell some 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 people from Disney to listen to the podcast and yeah. they'll be like, oh my God, yeah. They better be, they better be listening. They better be paying attention to our, all our feminist <laughs> critique. I'm sure they I'm sure that's exactly what I want to hear about their oh, yeah, characters. Definitely. Feminist critique. Feminist <laughs> critique of Disney films alongside you you telling us about your sexual experience. Yeah, my, my losing my virginity. I like to be open and honest with my listeners. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Wait, it's more like a therapy session. Isn't it? it is. It is. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed watching all these films. I'm glad. I'm glad I've revisited them because it was like yeah. like kind of revisited my childhood. Not when I lost my virginity. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, I, I think we can move on to the to another one. Who would you like to talk about next? Do you want to? Can we go on to Cruella? Oh yeah, good shout. Can we go on to Cruella? Before we do though, can I nip to the loop? Yes, go ahead. Place until 
So we're back from our little break, and we're going to talk Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil. Uh, I think this is one of your favourites, so uh, being the dog, well, lover, dog lover you are, let's let's hear about it. <laughs> oh my God. So the fact that you've got puppies in it, for a start, is just ridiculous. Um, but Cruella de Vil is an amazing, she's an amazing villain, like, let's face it. Like, all right, it's not very good that she wants to skin animals. <laughs> She's not going to win a lot of friends with that one. Nah. But again, if you're looking at the history of it and the fact that people used to walk around wearing furs and stuff, mm-hmm. it wasn't really that frowned upon. No. It's just the fact that we've given these dogs personalities and voices and <laughs> characters that we feel sorry I mean, for them. I mean, it was, it was actually, I mentioned this a, a few podcasts ago, it was actually years until there was like fair treatment of animals until like the early 80s i think yeah where they decided that treating animals poorly on film was not a good thing or maybe maybe even later actually maybe into the 90s perhaps i can't remember exactly but that that was just like but literally people used to walk around in furs all the time i mean like it was like i'm not i'm not i'm very against kind of yeah of course animal cruelty and all the rest of them kill it's killing for fashion it's not something but like if you think about again we're going back to kind of the history of stuff and what was what again what was traditional yeah furs furs were traditional furs go back as long as man has been alive we wore the skin of animals like survival more than anything as well but but now we're at a point where we don't need them we don't require them to survive that's that's when the question of morality comes into it yeah of course it is and like but like if you think back, so we're looking, let's look at Cruella. She is wealthy for a start. Mm-hmm. Like, and all oh, that everyone wants. Like, don't tell me you don't want to be wealthy. Like, <laughs> successful. Wants. Yeah. Yeah, successful. Um, depending on which one you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Well, in, across all versions of this film, she's got a house in London and she's got an estate somewhere else mm-hmm. because that's where they take the dogs to. Yeah. So she's got a good thing for kind of real estate and all the rest of it she's obviously like bought or inherited the inherited the real estate and stuff like she's obviously well respected because no one said anything to her in the past about not killing any animals for her it's just the fact that the Dalmatians just cross <laughs> cross the mm. line um but yeah I mean yeah she goes insane at the end of it and she doesn't get her own way and she starts throwing a paddy and that's not very kind of what we'd expect, <laughs> like someone to do who's level-headed, but like the fact that she, oh, is it like the way she enters and she's like constantly surrounded by smoke? Yeah. And stuff, like, but it's just brilliant. She comes in, she's got that presence again. You know when she's on screen, like when she does go insane, like she's got that massive car that is she's constantly driving around badly. Yeah. <laughs> by all well, means. Well, <laughs> is that well? That's what I was going to mention because the um they even reference in it in the Cruella film that she's. She's not great at driving, but is that a sexist comment? Yeah. On women drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it is. Like obviously, because like that's I think they even say in the anim- and they say it in the animated film Crazy Woman Driver. I think they even say it yeah. literally. They do. Um but it, it, it's again, it's education. It's something you brought up thinking. Hmm. Like I'm not there's times when you kind of when you are when you are driving and you just do something and like sure. You call people names and stuff, and like the amount of times that you growing up, and I used to be oh, but it's a woman. Like it's just, and it's yeah. an off the cuff thing, but obviously it sticks with people, and it shouldn't be. It should just be oh, what a dickhead. Hmm. <laughs> but again, 
is that an education thing is that the way mm. us looking at ourselves and being like mm, we should mm. probably not do that it's like it's weird isn't it and mm. like they put it in the film because probably is a bit of a joke yeah again looking at like when it was brought out so you're looking at like again i think that's 50 i want to i think i want to say that's 50s or early 60s as well yeah but that was probably a thing of like it was fine to joke about that kind of stuff then it's probably not this it isn't that fine to joke about that stuff now but what, um, what you were saying, what you're saying at the start as well, like you know the equality between the sexes. You know, I've worked in a few office environments where I do hear quite a lot, like "Ooh, men, bloody men! Oh, he's he's only a man," and all this sort of stuff. And, I, and you know, there are times where I go, I should probably say that that's not cool. Um, but then again, if I do, then am I, you know, am I mansplaining? Yeah. Am I doing this? And then it's a whole. I don't know. I think another thing a lot of that is you've got to be accepting like it, it doesn't work one way no like it, it shouldn't work well like it winds it winds me up that if a woman was walking down the street and she got cat called or right i'm going to tell you a story oh, of good. when me and andrew was sat in the cinemas <laughs> and the difference what if, if this would have been a man hmm. right so we went to the cinemas and we went watching aquaman which has got, oh, what's his name? Uh, Jason Momoa. Yes, that's it, Jason, Mo- Jason Momoa. Um, obviously, Jason Momoa is a very fit, good-looking man. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were sat in the cinemas, and in front of us was a, row, a family on a row. Mm-hmm. So it had parents, there was about three kids, and two grandparents was with them as well. Mm. Um, and as Jason Momoa came on screen, in hardly any top stuff the grandma of the group went "Ooh, there he is and very kind of exactly it was really but it was surreal because i was yeah. like we're in the middle of a cinema why are you shouting that out on yeah. screen like and to me that was kind of like like you can admire him for yeah he is pretty and he's like and he's well shown and even, even I, i'm a, like i'm a straight man and even i'm attracted to him exactly you don't but, shout oh there he is when yeah. like in a very like the fact that she had little kids with her as well i yeah. find that really weird like and i get the whole like jason always he is very pretty yeah he's very pretty imagine that if that was a man yeah true getting that to a woman on the screen like it's totally like Destro- they'd be been, destroyed yeah. he'd been thrown out he would have been thrown out but this is it and i think like more fuel me because i feel i feel like i did say something but probably not as loud mm. as i could have gone as if i go really yeah like or just to shut it down a little bit she only did it once it was like a, yeah never happened again after that but i was kind of like it's so and it needs to work both ways it can't just be like you can't have women going, oof, yeah, oh yeah, definitely do him, and then you like expecting men not to do the same. Like it's 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 a weird line that we've got to. Tell. I've I've <laughs> I've experienced it as well before. I've experienced it with like uh, racism. Someone someone will complain about being racist too. However, they will go and then be racist to another group. How how can you weird. do that? That's still racism. That's yeah. But I think that's a big part of like when you were asking me at the beginning, like my version of kind of feminism. And it's like, no, it shouldn't just work in my favor because that's that's not right. It should work that everyone everyone tolls a line and everyone is the same and everyone is get, gets again equality stuff. Yeah, everyone gets treated the same and everyone is treated the same. Equal, like, equal no matter what. Yeah, like and it's, that's how it should be. And yeah. like I think 
as much as we say it's feminism, it's, it shouldn't be feminism. It's no, it's just, it's just treating human quality. beings equally yeah. and as not like uh, a dickhead, giving them like, all the respect they deserve. My dad recently, I think I told you this, but I was on a holiday with my dad, who is he mostly works in Europe now, and he he spotted some surfers down on the beach, and he went, "Bloody immigrants!" And I went, <sighs> and I just and I I said, "Dad, you're an immigrant. You you are an immigrant because you are working abroad." You know, it's it. This is like white privilege coming through. Just because you're a white guy working abroad and and taking advantage of the money that is the lucrative amounts of money you're getting from working abroad, you can't then go out, go around complaining. Turns out those people were Spanish <laughs> of that of that island, and they were just they were just surfers. And I was like, and then I also learned he recently. Also, my dad didn't tell me he got married recently. Um, this is a proper therapy session. Now, I was going to say. Uh, like- <laughs> Forget, forget feminism. Forget, forget feminism. I need fixing. Uh, <laughs> he, he didn't tell me he got married, and I was like, "Oh, this is a bit odd." He's not. He's not been a massive fan of marriage. This is his third marriage, and he said, um, "He went." It, it was like I was like, "So why did? Was there any other reason he got married?" Because I went, "Something's a bit fishy." Because he never like he would never. He's not the the romantic type, mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh, well, I've been working in Europe without a visa." So he did it for so, a reason. So. He's taken advantage yeah. of working abroad, but he complains. He's an expat, and he complained about immigration in the UK, even though he's mostly living abroad now. He's he was yeah. he was an illegal immigrant, but he doesn't see it that way because <laughs> he's a white bloke. Again, though, again, this is it's. it's I'm going to go back to the kind of upbringing mm. and education side of it. Like yeah. it, it just baffles me. It's the people that and and it goes for everything, doesn't it? Like across the across the board like you need to be open about what you're thinking about it's just you need to educate yourself and you need to be listening to other people and taking that on board and it's the whole thing is like it's, it's weird and it's like you've got older generations it's like oh well it weren't like that when I was a kid mm. and it's yeah it wasn't but it's different now and you, we've got to be more open to society and like there's stuff that I still don't really understand all of it because I'm like yeah. so when you talk about like there's so many different sexualities and like yeah, gender and all the rest of it now like and I like if whatever you want to choose to be that is fine hmm. I'm not I'm like I don't judge people but no. I, I'm not saying I understand every single version of it and hmm. but I'd still take the time to listen to that and Absolutely. if you want like if someone was talking to me about it like a lot of this I think like we're looking at like the, the like we we're talking about different cultures and stuff hmm. before like a lot of my stuff I started working at an Asda near me and it, that was very kind of there was a lot of um people who were Muslim that were working at that mm. Asda at the time not no sorry I should not mention supermarket at the time um mm. and it's like that a lot of my education from that religion I mean you learn about it at school but sure. you go at school you don't yeah. really listen to it you just like, all right okay it's very it's very cliff notes isn't it it's very yeah of course it is yeah but then, like being submerged into that culture where like people are talking about it and like you ex- they experience obviously like Eid and stuff. So you're mm. working with these people and having conversations with these people and learning constantly. And yeah. like a lot of a lot of it is that it's like immersing yourself in different cultures and different ideas and different experiences. And the more you do that, the more you will change, and the more you'll be able to change others. Like my dad's like as Wigan as you can get. Like <laughs> let's face it. <laughs> He's, he's steak and chips and pie on a berm and all that kind of stuff. But if we were to sit down and talk, and we do yeah. constantly, like he does it more to wind me up than anything. Like, And 
it's weird because but you see he's, he's, he's changing his perceptions and stuff because yeah. when you can talk about experiences it kind of opens up the doors to stuff a bit more and then you relate back to me like well you used to work with someone that was like this and you used to work with someone that was like that and it's kind of oh well yeah actually I was like so you can't lump everyone in the same bowl yeah. because everyone is different can't tar everyone with the same brush yeah it's the same I was like, so I, yeah I, I just wind and oh just really great <laughs> yeah well, my Again, dad, my stop dad, being dicks. my dad, just being nice. Just be nice to be nice <laughs> to everyone. Just be nice and respectful to everyone. You know, that's everyone. it. That's the message. If this podcast has any message, <laughs> that. but like my dad is well traveled. He's you know he's been to all over. We've gone on holiday all over. We've he loves taking in different cultures. And like the, the last Christmas, he was like, I don't trust anything from China. I don't trust anything coming from China. He's an acupuncturist. <laughs> all of his training is based it comes from china he's stolen from china oh my God. all his means to make money Just and, and I, I, I don't get it i was like you've literally seen all these different cultures all this other area all these different areas you've got and, to wonder where it's coming from though yeah. like it's, it's just like a random i think deep so down random. i think deep down as human beings i kind of get that we're all resistant to change yeah like resistant change oh, no, yeah I think we're all like we're all like oh god I'm have to learn this or I have to do that or I have to get involved in this or I have to learn a new way of this or doing yeah. that or I have to drive a car differently or blah 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 what, whatever it may be I have to learn how to use an iPhone or a tablet or you know people are resistant to it I think that's where it comes from and it stems from that but then it does go off into these maybe racist sexist tangents yeah. that we see it's 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 weird and it like I think like you were saying like deep down no no one's born with all these ideas it's kind of it's learned behavior yeah um i think i don't know like from my experiences with it because i obviously used to be in a classroom with um mm-hmm. 16 to 18 year olds and all the rest of it and you see kind of it's very it's very strange so just, you've got kind of one side you want to talk about the feminism stuff or the feminist lack of feminism especially mm-hmm. coming from a working class area that we come from mm-hmm. Um, or a very poor area as well mm. is you find that you'll have boys that come into the class and they're either very kind of like the nan is kind of this this high up pedestal woman mm. that is like oh if anyone touches her I'd knock her heads off and mm. like it's someone who they can relate to really well and all the rest of it and it's like that's lovely and then to hear the way they speak to their own mothers mm. is terrifying mm. Because it's like, and I think, and it sounds sounds really bad, isn't it? But it's because like, the, the nans the nans never disciplined though. They always treat and they get like my this, my mum's the same with my nephew. Yeah, but I think a big part of it as well is like because you have a lot more respect for the nans. Hmm. So I don't know whether it is a discipline thing. Hmm. I don't know whether it's that kind of stuff. But the majority of the lads that you used to see that did have this kind of like, especially like the bad attitude with the mums, mm. didn't have a father figure at home. Ah, right. So whether it's this, and it's going to sound, oh, it's going to sound awful. And we're getting back to the whole kind of relationship sure. and all the rest of it. But like, if you brought up and your mother is maybe a single mum and you've seen her go through several relationships and maybe some of them relationships have been really bad relationships and you've had experiences with that and you've seen other people treat your mum like absolute mm. shit you're being brought up the same way and it's not just it's not just the lads like the girls can speak to the mums like absolute shit as well like 
it's a bit it's like daughters yeah. and mums are a little bit different because you yeah, always have that bit of a clash and all the rest of it so too then similar. you kind of come out the other side and you're like besties by the time you're 21 it's like <laughs> it gets better hmm. like the male side of it is like it's just like when it's when it's really when you see it and it's really bad hmm. and you all i can think is oh my god this, it's the cycle repeating again of like he's gonna he might be like a really bad in a relationship he's going to treat people like shit he's just like he's got no respect for the teachers or any any woman of society like and you can see it the way that he talks to other people and it's that that's like that's the stuff that we need to break that's the stuff that it's like Hmm. no (laughs) stop doing that shit like it's like and it's it's weird because there's no kind of there's no easy answer for it is there and it's Hmm. No, there there isn't. There isn't, unfortunately. But we can only do our best and try our best to educate people. And and like this is why we need we always need to talk about stuff like this is because if we don't, then people will just literally just slip back. Look at yeah. look at I think we were talking about it before the podcast started, but look at Tennessee. They're currently burning books, Harry Potter books, books with you know uh, Michelle Obama's book. They're burning, and it's Ridiculous. like it's <laughs> like where, where, where we've it's been like. 60 you know 60 50 years since then and we're, we're back to square one yeah. we're literally back to square one in in not even it's like ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous the fact that like all the abortion laws have gone back and stuff as well yeah. like and this is coming from like and there's women in these like and it, it baffles me that there's women that's doing this and like, it, women yeah. and the, like the irish ones as well they were on about it and like reversing the abortion laws and i'm like how why? <laughs> How, as a woman, can you you decide that your body, your own body, is not as like precious as something else? Like, how is that not your choice? Like, it like genuinely it benefits you. It benefits you and your children. Like, how does this that? Like, why take just, that away? This is it baffles me, and I think kind of we're. The feminism stuff on, like, especially the abortion side of it, is like where I get more feminist is when you've got the cases where the men come in, and I get, I get the whole, it's their baby too, and all the rest of it, oh, and yeah. not that, that not their stuff. body though, not their body. Well, this is it, and you're like, you're asking the woman to put themselves under a hell of a lot of, hmm. like, your body changes, you can have, it can have men, detrimental, like, mental health. Yeah, stuff. absolutely. Like, there's literally people like postnatal depression. Yeah, yeah. Like. It's just ridiculous. Like that's what you're asking them to do. You're asking them to risk their own lives because there's a very fine line between birth and just death. Just because, just because some fucking dickhead jizzed in you. <laughs> well, Bas- yeah. Basically, that's it. That's, you want to put it down? You want to put it down like, to it? That's it. Like, even if for the sake of, if they won a court case and said, like, in nine months, I'm going to set that child off you, and like you don't have to see it again. It's not. You've got to carry that child. That's a constant reminder for nine months that. And also, I've got to give birth to this thing, and I'm like, and there are women out there that maybe don't see the children and all and it's left to the dads and it's a really like obviously the dads pick up the pieces and stuff. But, but at the end of the day, if you've got that choice, at least you have that choice. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever, wherever you fall on it, you don't have to have one. You, you can have one if you like. At least you have the option. Yeah. It's there. It's there if you feel you need it. And I think, I think that's that's it. Yeah. Like and you you see all the stuff there's like historical stories from Ireland of people like the reason they got abortions because they weren't using contraceptions. They already had like six kids at home. Like, no wonder you don't want another one. Like, another one is 
financial pressure on you. You might not be able to last. A lot, lot of a lot of Irish women had to come to, into the UK yeah. to have an abortion and come back. That's. I'm not saying it's a large trip, but it's it's quite. You know, it's it's not an easy thing to do. No, especially you know, not anyway. on your own because you're getting looked at from yeah. society to be like that's yeah. a bad thing. And again, judgmental. You know, not respecting people's decisions again all comes into this. However, again, sorry, we've got we're going to... back. Corella Deville. Corella Deville, we were talking about. <laughs> but um, I wanted to talk about the the live action version of Corella Deville because okay. um, which one? Well, I want to talk about the Glenn Close one. Yes, that's fine. Uh, because I, I I like that one. I didn't like the other. One. It is good. <laughs> Did you not like Corella? No, you, not no, not no. as she's Emma Stone is great in it. I just yeah. Everything, Agreed. everything. I don't think you can humanize a person who wants to skin dogs. <laughs> like you still got to, they still got to be evil to a point. But there's a, there's a lot because you were discussing recently. You, you are pregnant currently, and obviously you're on maternity leave, and you've had some struggles with that and stuff. Um, and we were discussing, you know, maternity leave, the amount you get, the amount of money you get paid, yeah. and and this is still an issue with women in the workplace and coming back to the workplace. And again. It's obviously and we live in a country that's like not too bad with it as well. Yeah. Like we live in England and England's like at least you get statutory maternity. Like if we were odd, oh, I don't mm. think I'd be able to advocate if we were yeah. in America. Like the money side oh, of it no. is well, you, you gotta pay for the births first of all. It's like thousands of at least have insurance, some like yeah. damn good insurance. Yeah, exactly. Like, but um, yeah. uh, I remember do, do telling you that if we if we were in America, I'd have to pay forty dollars. To after I've given birth to have the baby put on my chest. For yes. Forty dollars. Like, cool. what are you going to do? Hold my baby and <laughs> refuse to give it to me? Like, what? No. Um, no. <laughs> no, you can't have it because you're not paying forty dollars for skin to skin contrast. And like that, that I've you know, I think I think Ria talked about it on one of her podcasts I listened to that that was one of the most important things for her was mm-hmm. that skin to skin contact. That was the moment you know it was very special to her and um, you know and, and to many mothers it's a it's yeah, a big deal to have that just that you know not long but I, that, it's that. not even it's, it's it's weird so they call it like oh, you can proper tell that i'm like pregnant and been reading up on all this stuff <laughs> later down so like they call it like the golden hour so right. just after the baby's born and it's basically so that skin to skin actually it reduces postnatal depression wow. it helps to bring on your milk like it's like massive bonding for you and the baby as well like it's just there's some like that first hour of skin to skin that is like insane literal magic that's yeah. what that sounds like it's so they, they literally say that you will never have as much oxytocin in your body just after the baby's born and all that oxytocin helps to kind of mm. sort sort you out yeah <laughs> like just recover like you recover it you've just mm. given birth to this thing and now we've got to produce milk and do this yeah. and do that and the other and it's like and the whole bonding stuff it's like that that skin to skin contact is insane. Amazing. It just yeah. it sounds it sounds incredible. But the the human body, like we've been doing it for thousands and thousands of years, I think, or however long we've we've human beings have existed. We've <laughs> we've given birth. Obviously, we've come a lot yeah. a long way. But your body is quite a resilient thing. Like the yeah. the female body in regards to birth is incredibly resilient because yeah. that, you've it. got to, You've got to go through all that trauma, piss, shit, vomit, vaginas yeah. tearing, whatever. Let's not really. We're going to start talking about this. Seven months pregnant. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Let's not sorry. all the horrific. Oh dear, sorry. I've done it again. I've done it again. Oh, <laughs> sorry. But it's the truth. But it will, anyway. you, re- you recover, you heal, and then you, yeah. you you get on with it. And that's I think that's an amazing thing. And I think we, but there you are. But anyway, Cruella Deville. <laughs> Cruella Deville. 
<laughs> I was trying to say there's a there's a line because um, she makes friends with Anita in the Glen Close version. She's a designs the Dalmatian. She's like, oh, I love this. Tell me more about who you are and what you do. And she's like, oh, I'll, I'll only uh, you know. She's like, I'm you know. She's like, how driven are you in your career and stuff. She was like, well, if I fall in love, get married, have children, maybe I'll you know. That's the only thing that would make me leave this job. And and there's a quote here I'm going to read from Glen Close, which I think is really telling about kind of women in the workplace. So she says. More good women have been lost to marriage than to war, famine, disease, and disaster. You have talent, darling. Don't squander it. There we go. Which I thought was a really interesting, again, just kind of view on, on kind of women in the workplace. Because she's she brings her in. She's like, you're doing an excellent job. You can rise in the ranks. You could be, you know, have your own company, blah, 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 blah. And she goes, yeah. no, I want to fall in love, which is, again, is just as, femini- just as feminist just as, as what as what Cruella is doing, but it was an interesting. It is really like it's a really interesting kind of play on it, and it, mm. if you look at kind of society today, it feels like we do. We, it feels like you have to have that choice of, especially because of the cost of childcare after mm. you've given, like after you've had your baby, mm. like it's literally of can I afford, however thousands and thousands of pounds a year. To essentially say, like, I'm going to pay for childcare and come back and only have £100 to spend on myself at the end of the month. Hmm. Or do I live off the state until the kid is at least two and I raise my child? Like, it's 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 a really, like, it's like have no money and raise your own child or have no money and go back to work and not see each other like it's a really like it's so tough and I get it like if you've if you've got a high-flying job and you're earning that money and you can pay you can afford to pay for nursery and all the rest of it then yeah by all means like obviously like and I'm not saying go back to work I'm just saying like that's it it's a it's all a choice yeah and it's more kind of it's more feasible for you to go back to work if you were still earning enough money to pay for childcare and have money left for yourself and to do whatever you want to do at the end of the day if by going back to work means you are fucking out for nurseries and things like that. Like, and you have no money because you've no fucking it. Like if you're in a worse state because you were going back to work, there's something broken in the system there. Yeah. Like to say, well, that's not right. Like I should, I shouldn't have less money because I'm sending my child. Like again, this whole, like the invisible woman book that I was talking about before, if you read that, that's like a massive thing to say, like in some countries, I think it might be Denmark. You know what? I'm going to leave a link to that book because you, you, yeah, I'm going to leave I a link. It about four times, yeah. Well, it sounds, it sounds like a great book and I know you've yeah. told me about it before. So I'm going to leave a link where people can get that. Cause it sounds like a really good read. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I'm not sure. It's, I'm pretty sure it's that book. And it basically talks about how in Denmark, um, childcare is free from your baby being six months old. Hmm. And, that then means that women go back to work which means the country is going back on track because everyone's back to work and all yeah. the rest of it so there's more jobs because you've got people that need to look after the six-month-old children so there's jobs there yeah. <laughs> and then it's free so you've not got this touring question of yeah. do i have to pay for it do it and then because it's kind of that's the societal norm no one's judging you if you're going back to work or not like because you're going back to work every everyone essentially goes back to work so they're more likely to, and then it's that thing, though, and then you get judged if you don't go back to work. You do. Like, so there's no win. No. <laughs> there's well, no uh, win. Un- unfortunately, again, we live in a very judgmental society. Again, we've talked yeah. about it throughout this podcast that 
people just will judge you, you know, uh, you yeah. know, like your your we- like your wedding's coming up. I can't I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a wedding where people are just fucking judging the wedding constantly, and I'm like, and I'm like, just you've you got fucking invited. You know how much it costs to get an invite to a fucking wedding, let alone a yeah, plus yeah. one. It's gonna be special if I get an invite to a wedding. Exactly, like- fucking hell. Like you know, you know, uh, Hannah and Nathan are about to get married. They're talking about who they're going to invite, who they can and can't invite, who they don't want to invite. You know, no. <laughs> This is the whole thing. So it's like, oh, just invite who you want. It's yeah. your wedding. <laughs> End of the day. Your choice. Your, your choice. They didn't want to invite right. again. It's they didn't want to invite me. That's fine. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I wouldn't be too offended. I was going to be too offended. Well, <laughs> unless I'm like Maleficent and I'm just like, right, firstborn dead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't want to get like that. But no, like, not, oh, it's just weird. That. Like, you can't, you can't do right for if you're doing wrong, and you do feel judged by it. If we are going with the whole, like, the Glenn Close, Corella DeVille kind of situation, sure. if she had a better childcare programme, because it's her office at the end of the mm. day, so she's basically saying, oh, like, more women have been lost to marriage and blah, 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 sure. blah, right? That's that's fair enough. However, if you know that this is a problem and you are a female-led company and you know that you're losing the best female employees due to marriage and childbirth and all the rest of the stuff, to make it a lesser kind of problem of having the option of actually we've got a nursery downstairs it's free of charge for all employees there you go um we'll do flexi working so you only have to come into the office three days a week like that that essentially is being more feminist approach (laughs) to solving that problem than anything else yeah um so there you go (laughs) sorry i didn't i brought it back you did bring it back no i like i know i appreciate it (laughs) To be, honest, to be honest, I don't I don't mind this one running a bit long because I think it is a good discussion. I think we're we're, we're talking really deep into this, and and I do want to talk, and we do need to talk about some Disney eventually. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I think Cruella's uh, got a great design. I like her look. I like the the big fur, but then she has a really skinny frame, skeletal like yeah. frame. And again, is that saying something about again? Maybe eating disorders or something, perhaps. She smokes as well, don't you? You never smokes see her eat, but she's always smoking. That's like a thing. You like mm-hmm. smoke and you thin and all the yeah. rest of the stuff. It's like that kind of pressure on a woman. I might be reading too much into some of the depictions of the characters, but I'm just thinking, you know, reflecting society or maybe there is something that could be said. Um, but yeah, she covers herself in these big, beautiful furs. Maybe she doesn't like her own appearance, her own uh, beauty thing, but she covers herself in all these beautiful animals that she's, you know, she's clearly fond of so fond that she wants to kill them um you know it's it's an, a really interesting character i can see why they went with the prequel maleficent type thing i don't think it works as well as the maleficent one um no personally you know i it, it became very much like what if corella was the joker yeah. <laughs> the yeah. dalmatian dalmatians killed my mom Spoilers, spoilers again. But that was that was a bit when I when I when I heard or read that, I can't remember what it was. I just went, Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> we go we watch okay, so Corella's one that we watched because I was a bit I wasn't sure where it was going. Yeah. I think the day that we watched it was the day that we read the same like Starbase just killed my mother. I was like, What? Uh, but then you get into it and sorry, it's spoilers again. But yeah. by the end of the film, she so Pongo and Purdy. Hmm. get given to but then you find out that Pongo and Purdy are brothers like brother and sister hmm. given to Anita and Roger hmm. and then so now 101 Talmatians turns into this incestuous <laughs> inbred <laughs> inbred dog thing and realistically you, sh- you shouldn't have inbred dogs so no. killing them is probably about 
well, maybe that maybe that's maybe that's what they're saying in that film. They're like, well, they're inbred anyway, so it's fine if we kill. Them. It's fine. Isn't <laughs> I don't know what they're fine. trying to say. Still not fine. Still not cool. Still not cool. No. Anyway, just, oh, it was just thought, yeah, like the, the Glenn Close one's probably, and obviously you've got the humor involved in it as well, and she yeah. ends up covered in like the pig sat on her at the end or something like that. I can't remember. Like that's really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, you've got some great actors in the, that version as well. You've got um, yeah. you've got Jeff Daniels. You've got um, oh god, Ron Weasley's dad. I can't remember his name from the Fast Show. That guy, uh, yeah. and you've got uh, Hugh Laurie who's in it as well. Hugh Laurie, yeah. Isn't it? I remember. So we'd not seen it in ages, and I told Andy, I was like, "Oh, we'll watch the thingy one because Hugh Laurie's in it." And he's like, "No, he's not." I was like, "Yes, he is." Yeah, he is. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's yes. definitely. They get their they get their nuts on the old electric fence, don't they? Hilarious, <laughs> very very home alone like. Oh, very yeah. Very home alone, and it's br- the fact that they like fling off it at the end as well. Just yeah, brilliant. I, I love I love as well where he's the whole because in the in that version he's not a because in the in the animated version he's a songwriter. But in the in that version, he's a video game designer, and they're like, and they, they keep getting this little kid who's like the the best video game tester in the world. He's like, you've got a rubbish villain, mate. You need a good villain. And then at the end, they introduce Corella, and they're like, excellent villain, mate. And it's like that's the seal of approval. So now all of his games get sold, and they can live yeah. on a big farm and everything. And um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, I think Corella is a good shout. I think there's there's a lot but to she's, be. She's be like the, the leading female in that. There's like there's, I mean, Purdy's not really kind of like yeah. again driving the plot, like the whole idea. Yeah, you wouldn't the whole have of it. You wouldn't have the story without the villain, literally. Yeah. So and it, like Anita, you were saying about Anita before, and Anita's very kind of like she she because she's mates with her. She's she knows she's not yeah, great. She's, but the, yeah, and she knows she's like and like we all have that friend that we're like, why are we friends with that person? I have, <laughs> I have several. I have several. There you go. <laughs> but, but like it's yeah, like Anita's not very strong. I mean, we we're saying about like obviously there's the choice of going back to work in the Glen Close mm. one. And like that, that's a very prominent you could have dealt with that a lot, kind of. Mm. But then mm. it's just kind of like to kind of move the story along. Listen, she doesn't really do much, does she? She's just kind of like, Oh, I'm having a baby. Oh, it's really again like another I, having puppies. A, a dead or unfortunately ineffectual female character. Yeah. Unfortunately. Which is a shame. Yeah, but it seems like all the old films are kind of that way inclined, though. I was going to say this. So in in recent years, I think there's been a, a slew of like surprise villains in the Disney films. So uh, the, I won't say what films, but a lot of the Pixar films, you know, I'll use. There are spoilers. So Frozen, for example, is a good example of a surprise villain. So we don't. Like in these earlier films, we get to kind of know them. We see them being villainous. They're villainous from the start. And these are the ones we tend to talk about a bit more or that are held in high regard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we don't necessarily know their backstory. In some iterations, we do get more of a backstory. But do you think, like, if you can, if you, can you pick a decent, like, in the last, say, five, ten years of Disney, can you pick a really strong female villain or or male villain or animal whatever the fuck just villain that you can go yeah what a great performance great writing great characteristics like what what is the one do they do they scream out or is there just too many of these like surprise it was me all along <laughs> right i don't know i think if you're looking at kind of so there's two that kind of come to mind mm-hmm. the incredibles 2 because which is very female led from the start because it's the mum that yeah. actually takes charge of everything and then okay. it turns out to be a female villain at the end mm. spoiler, in spoiler, charge spoilers. of it <laughs> sorry 
No, no, it's all right. It's all right. We've said spoilers now. You should be used to it. We've not even talked. We've not even really talked about Disney films anyway. So don't worry about it. It's bad. It's just an hour of us talking about Dan's virginity. <laughs> the fact that I think, I think it's, I think it's come back now. I, th- I think the virginity's come back. Your, your maternity leave is going to get shortened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, Incredible, very, Incredibles 2. Yeah, Incredibles 2. So, very female led. Um, so, there's kind of obviously the mum goes off to do all the saving, but she's seen as a more safer option because Mr. Incredibles just blows everything up and she mm. kind of methodically thinks stuff through. So, I think that's very kind of like looking at it in a little bit of a different way and nice to mm. kind of see it's the fact that she's like no casualties because obviously mm. Mr. Incredibles just blows up stuff and crashes mm. into things and throws stuff and then you've got kind of so you've got Violet in there as well which mm. she's going through her teenage years where she fancies a boy is really there's a really funny this this oh, it sounds really bad because it, sure. it's it's good to poke fun at it as well though because obviously sure, yeah. you've got you and I think there's a line in it where he goes is that puberty? Like the little dash kid. And it... Mm. <laughs> Did she just have a puberty? <laughs> or something along them lines that's actually really funny. Yeah. And it's like... And you've got to poke fun at this shit because mm. you are. Like all girls know. And boys too. You turn into this moody, horrible beast <laughs> when you're going through this kind of stuff. I would um, never, ever in my life want to be a teenage girl. I've said it before. Like... Like teenagers, you've got to understand that teenagers, their brains are literally tearing itself oh, apart yeah. and, and rearranging. Yeah, hormones yeah. are going crazy. So no wonder you act like a, an absolute fucking mental, you know, because you because well, your you, your brain is literally restructuring itself. Yeah. You know that would cause anyone to go mad. You know That's a little it. bit. It's like the little tiniest things that will set you off as well. Like hmm. so, like. You know the little thing on your jumper that's got like, and it can have like a little ball at the bottom of it to keep your thread. Yeah, I remember that hit me in the face one day. I cried for forty minutes. Like, what the fuck was that about? Like, <laughs> just that that's was it. How nuts puberty is. Yeah. But like to poke, like looking back on it now, it mm. kind of pokes fun at it, and it's kind of funny. And I think like if you're a teenager watching that, it's kind of like actually, yeah, I do feel like that sometimes. I do feel like I want to just throw stuff into. Mm. and destroy it and all the rest of yeah, well, it you're, you're allowed to feel that yeah yeah of course you are so you've got like and it's weird because you've got so you've got mum that's going off doing all this really good stuff and then mm. you've got kind of violet that's going through like obviously fancying boys and all the rest of it and mm. stuff's going wrong and her dad's just messing her fucking life up mm. and then you've got the villain that actually turns out to be a woman so it's 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 and i think i think it's very kind of like that's that's very kind of progressive in what they've done. Mm. So it's kind of like because and he didn't really. See I'm going to do. Coming. I'm going to do a, a minus one to the progressiveness of this film. Go on. Because I think I think there is a trope. Unfortunately, like we've talked about maternity leave and stuff, there are a lot of stay-at-home dads. Yeah. You know, in today's society. Yeah. Perhaps you know the breadwinner of the family is is the woman of the couple, or you know even if you're in a same sex marriage, whatever it doesn't matter. But there is there is a there's a trope that all men must be shit at being a stay at home dad. Yeah, you know, like there's a Mister Mo- the Mister Mom thing with Michael Keaton. There is this unfortunate. I'm not again. I'm, there's a lot of, of negative female tropes again yeah. and non feminist. I'm but I'm just saying. 
as this but but you do, for, he gets yeah he gets better don't get me wrong he, he does learns, get better at right? it he does get better but at but, and, but there's that thing and again it is representing again it's kind of like almost 50s 60s classic comic book styling so it's kind of almost set in that kind of era in a way yeah. this kind of neo futurism or you know classical futurism whatever you want to call it but there is that kind of trope that if a dad stays at home, he's clearly shit at doing all the stuff. The mum would be greater. I think there is that. I think that's a really negative trope for me. It is, it is a negative trope. Yeah. I think obviously they pulled on it for like the comedy elements. Yeah, sure. So like when he's trying to help with maths and he's like, mm. why would they change maths? Like mm. that's kind of like. He doesn't know how to be kind of emotionally available for his available, daughter. Yeah. You know? like, he, like I said, he was yeah. messing everything up for Violet. He yeah. messed everything up for Dash. And, then and I, I, do like, I do like the film, but I'm just, I'm just, again, I'm just highlighting that there's a, yeah, a and I, I get that. I, I totally take that on board. Like yeah. it could have been done in a bit of a better way. Hmm. No, I thought. Yeah, I get where you're coming from with that one. I get if, it, we're t- if we're talking about complete equality, I think there is yeah. there is that like you know because there are stay at home dads. There's a lot of stay at home dads. More, there's probably there more stay at home dads now than there ever has been. And I yeah. think I think it's a little bit dated. I think you wouldn't remake Mr. Mom now because <laughs> I no. think, I think you know, you know, you've got people like Fathers for Justice and things like that. There's a lot of kind of stuff out there for for dads. And the, and the fact that they're just like, you know, I, I I don't think I'd be any good at all the stuff that that he does in that or tries to do. Because, again, I've not got much no, experience I think, doing that stuff. But No, Dad, I think you've, like, the whole thing, like, especially with Mr. Incredible as well, mm. if you were put in that situation, you'd have to be. Yeah. And it, it, that's a big thing with women. Like mm. some women say that they're not very maternal, motherly, no, like true. they don't want to stop to stay at home. And we do it because we have to. There's yeah. no there's no fucking ifs and buts and choice yeah. about yeah. it. It's just if you had to, if you were in that situation and it had to be done. Step up. You yeah. And like thankfully, like you're saying, like more like more and more dads are stepping up mm. and that equality thing is getting kind of across the board and your breadwinners are changing and all the rest of it. It's not like I'm a man, I go out and work and you've sure. got to stay at home and have the kids. Exactly. Not like that exactly. anymore. Like, and and I think like, that's what they're making fun of because he's a very old-fashioned yeah, type that's of... That's it. And, but it's like we are saying, like, he does He does start to step up. Hmm. And he does, like, I mean, he does start to step up and then he kind of goes back into the superhero like, field and, every, yeah. like, they work together. But then again, he's, he's a victim of the patriarchy as well because he's supportive and he loves his wife and he wants yeah. to go out and do that thing so he can get out and do that thing as well. Um, you know, he is, you know, he's a little envious. He's a little, maybe a little jealous or, you know, and he's, he's trying his best and stuff and he's struggling. And, and I think you do need that in the film. I like the film. Don't get me wrong. I like <laughs> the film. I think it is quite good. I don't think it's as good as the original, but I did quite enjoy it. Uh, oh, I see. I think it's better than the original. Really? Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Is the it's not it's not very often I think a sequel's better than I know, original. right? Um, but is it what what do you think it is for you? Do you think it is the empowerment thing that grabs I, you a bit more? I don't know. I think it's the, the jokes are a lot kind of thicker, faster, and more kind of like hmm. it's it's a bit quicker pace than the original. Like, don't get me wrong, I really like the original. I like the premise of it and the fact that like superheroes aren't allowed and all the hmm. kind of it, oh, there's another there's like comic books and stuff that deal with that kind of like, oh, it's in the press and it's a bad thing. Yeah, um, like Watchmen. Like Watchmen's yes, a good one. one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because they, um, they ban all the superheroes. That's yeah, yeah. So it's very kind of like Watchmen-y. Hmm. Um, and I, I like that, but I think it's like it's, it's a lot of that was him not being able to let go of that side of it and hmm. everyone else kind of adapted. Whereas the new one, and it does take a lot longer to kind of get into it, the whole because you've got the background of it and stuff but i think this one is kind of like and it starts straight after the other one's finished yeah brilliant with the mole man guy 
The underminer, um, yeah. Underminer. I, I mean, you've, you've you've absolutely named his inspiration, the mole man from <laughs> the mole man from the Fantastic Four. Oh, like, like this, The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie there is. There you go, exactly. So why not? Why not? Literally, just you know, we'll just call it the mole man. We call him the under the underminer, which I think oh, is actually under- quite quite a funny type, quite a funny name <laughs> for it. And I, I quite like the idea of what they do with the the screen slaver thing. Like we're all addicted to our phones. And oh yeah, addicted to true. our screens. I thought that was quite a clever little thing they threw in there again quite fairly subtle but i, I quite like that as well um that's it. and all the way through she's kind of looking she's looking for this like male villain like when she mm. thinks she finds she finds him and mm. it turns out that it's just like a piece of delivery boy or whatever the hell it is like she's looking for a male villain all the way through it and at no point does she suspect that this plot what does she say she's like oh do you think my friends just because i'm nice to you mm. <laughs> Like, well, they do it. They have a sit down. They have a sit down conversation, kind of about feminism, don't they? The two characters, and they talk about, oh well, you know, I I live in the shadow of my brother. Da da da. He's the guy. I'm the tech person. And she's like, no, no, go out, do your own thing. Grab, you know, grab the opportunities. Do do what you can. And it's it's not actively saying, oh, we're talking about feminism, but it is they're discussing yes, feminism the un- in, in the undercurrent of it. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was it was quite interesting. Again, it's not something you see in a in a kids film very often. No. Which is not quite very interesting. Often. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. What was the other one you were thinking of? You, um, well I was going to say about the princess and the frog. Oh sure, yeah. Because just because um that's the other I can't think of like a recent one where you've pitted a bloke as the bad guy. Mm. And the protagonist is actually like Tiana's not. She's quite feminist for like. She wants to own and run her own restaurant. What's more feminist than than that? You know. And she's like constantly getting pushed back and by white men and all the rest of it and all, like. And that's I think I can't think of another one where you've had like a female go up against a male. In like, and we're talking about equality and like, because it's always been like, oh, you've got like the Wicked Witch and the Princess sure. that go against each other, or you've got like Jafar and Aladdin that go against each other. So it's like male, male, female, mm. female. I can't think of another time when it's been like a female lead that's been pitted against like a male kind of... Mm. Antagonist. Yeah, antagonist. Yeah. It's like, so yeah, so that was my other one. Mm. Yeah, I, I think those are, again, though, he's pretty much like, it's a Dr. Facilier or the Shadow yeah. Man, I think they call him. Shadow um, Man. But he's clearly a villain from the get go. You know, oh, yeah. He's not a surprise. He's not a surprise, <laughs> he's not a surprise villain, but we not like surprise the fact villain. that. But yeah, but I get, I get with the Incredibles too, there's a bit more kind of. Because she says, like, the guy who is trying to bring back her brother, the guy who wants to bring back superheroes, legalise them again. He's like, if superheroes had been there, not been banned, they would have saved my parents. Whereas whereas the sister is saying, well, why was he dependent on superheroes? Why didn't he lock himself in the panic room with my mom? That they had. Yeah, that we had, that they could have used. But he he believed in superheroes too much. He was dependent yeah. on soup. The dependency was there. So it's it's interesting. It's an interesting discussion. Like, can we not solve our own problems? It, it, you, usually that question comes up in Superman where it's like, why can't you just solve all the world's problems, Superman? He's like, well, obviously, if there's obviously echo, economic, social, <laughs> political stuff. Too many. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> You're all dickheads. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know in, in Superman 4, he tosses all the nuclear weapons of the world into the sun, but nobody says... <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> like nobody says, you know what the 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 structure of everything. You know, it's like stood in the United Nations, going, 
I'm just going to steal your weapons and throw them into yeah. the sun. You know, no one has no one has an issue with that mm, in the Cold War. Mm, I think so. <laughs> anyway, probably the best solution, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, but then Lex Luthor creates the nuclear man with those oh. those lovely nails um, that he, <laughs> he comes and scratches God. Superman with. Anyway, that's a whole nother uh, kettle of fish. <laughs> um, before we go into that, um, I want to talk about. Uh, let's talk about Ursula. I love a bit of Ursula. Ursula, the has one of the best villain songs ever. Agreed. An amazing, like an amazing song. Like literally, that song. You sing that song in the shower, and like when you've got the right acoustics as well, and a sore throat like I have at the minute, (laughs) and you sound like a Disney villain. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. Not to mention, and she's such a good character. Like. And do you know what? Like, totally takes advantage as well. Like, she knows that Ariel wants to go up and she's in love with this bloody... Mm. Like, oh, she's seen him once. She, she gives her... <laughs> she gives her exactly what she wants. Like, this is this is the thing. She teaches Ariel that without a cost, you can't have oh, yeah. what you want. So if you want, a exactly. good, if you want a good body, you've got to go to the gym. You've got to yeah. eat right. You know, there there's, a, there's a cost, there's a price to something. You know, it's not free. You don't just get given everything. And she's a princess, so she has been given everything and still wants more, you know. Oh and she, she wants more. She wants to collect stuff. She wants to go up to the surface world, you know. She, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a really interesting... Obviously, she tries to... <laughs> you know, finagle the deal a little bit. She tries to, you know, like, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll do this. I'll, I'll steal a voice and use a voice and impersonate somebody else, hypnotize Eric and everything. But, but genuinely, we also don't know why she's been banished. It's never specifically said in the film. She, she has been banished. It's implied that she's maybe a bit gluttonous perhaps, or that she, you know, is. Yeah. There's nothing really said about why she kind of gets that. Um, so maybe this is part of I'm not no. There's literally no kind no. of inkling to it, is there? So I again, I've done a bit of research, done a bit of digging. Research, research. Now, in the original <laughs> script, she was actually Triton's sister, and this also came up in one of the novels, and also was in one of the musical adaptations. Okay. So it's basically, I mean, Triton is the villain of the story more so than anybody else yeah. because he's shown to be a patriarchal racist. Oh, yeah. He doesn't like the humans, says they're all vile and savage and everything. He's like, no don't human. go near them. Don't go, in, don't go out into the surface world. How yeah. dare you disobey me? I will yeah. destroy all of your belongings because you don't agree with me. Yeah. You know, he's awful. He is awful. He's awful. He's off. He comes across as this caring kind of dad, hmm. but really, I mean, <laughs> I mean, how many daughters? He's got seven daughters, hasn't he? Like oh yeah, one ridiculous for each and all the rest of it. And what does he make them do? He makes them sing in a concert. <laughs> like, what else do they do? He's got seven daughters. Hmm. What else? What else do they do? Like, they're literally showing all lounging about, just going, "Oh, I'm just gonna brush my hair. I'm just, I'm just gonna do this." Like. Very kind of like Ariel's probably the only one with a like again more kind of like. She's got, a, she's got agency, doesn't she? She has. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but again, is, is it is it that is it the teenage kind of rebellion about her? Like, because mm-hmm. she's sixteen, isn't she? Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. like she's very young, wants to kind of go off and explore and do things, and he's like, no. <laughs> she's like, okay. 
And maybe Ursula deserved to be like, look at look at all the possibilities mm. of life. Um, but yeah, like the fact that she mm, and I, I think, could totally see her being Triton's sister though. Yeah, it would work because yeah, like, like she's it's you know he, he's shown to be. Uh, I think I read in one again. I've not read the novel, but I read in one of the novels okay. that she was originally she's in that version anyway in that timeline continuity whatever you want yeah. to call it she was she was abandoned and adopted by a human fisherman who looked after her and then when she revealed her powers or her octopus legs um arms and legs and stuff that the the village tried to kill her killed the fisherman and that's when triton comes in and actually saves her from killing everybody um or saves them rather maybe and it reveals then that um that she's his sister only for him to then kind of squirrel her away because she looks different she doesn't have a fish yeah. a fish underbody i mean to be perfectly body. honest like we've just been saying that he's racist he doesn't like the human race um and they doesn't like stuff that's like different and yeah, all the exactly. rest of it so that maybe yeah in pushing her into a little cave to kind of squirrel her away from stuff mm. and then you can totally understand that she wants revenge on him if that is the sure. case however i like to see it as she lost some kind of <laughs> again if we're kind of doing like maybe sure. she lost war against him mm-hmm. there's some like there's something gone on in the past they've definitely got beef with each other oh yeah they? so absolutely. the revenge thing kind of comes into it is she big on looks i know she puts lipstick on and stuff well she said she says she says stuff like oh i'm literally wasting away she thinks yeah. she does think very highly of herself she thinks she's beautiful she does think she's beautiful she's a yeah, she's no, you know, definitely. she's a lot but again it's like then that, that's perfectly fine everyone is beautiful so yeah, it's like exactly. fine and she but the fact that she does do the thing where she's like i think in the song she goes this one's longing to be thinner this the one mm. wants to get the girl and she's literally making other people feel pretty yeah like in, like the way that they want to see themselves, that's what and she's she, doing. But she's quite happy she's, in her own body, in her yeah. own, the way she looks. And like she, she's like, this is the way I am. This is who I am. And I'm not going to change for everybody. But do you want to change? I can do that. You don't feel particularly too happy, but I can sort that out. We're not me. just talking about like <laughs> massive corporations and beauty products. <laughs> yeah, like, no, that's true. Like that's essentially what they are and stuff. And say it's like mm-hmm. we're perfectly happy with the way we look. But hey, why don't you buy this thirty pound? Mascara <laughs> make okay. yourself feel prettier. Well, yeah, like, it's, it's playing into those insecurities, and a lot of these villains have these insecurities again about age or um, you know beauty, whatever you want to call it. It's mostly those kind of two that crop yeah. up now over and over. But what I like about Ursula is she kind of owns it. She she yeah, owns who she, she is. It. She knows who she is. Yeah, she can be cruel, and but she's she's literally saying, "Stay within those guidelines. Give me what I want. Don't don't." Because she doesn't, she says, like, if you break the deal, yeah, then you'll end up like these little seaweed kelp people that she makes. And made. Ariel literally signs that contract as well. Like, no one forces her to do it. Like, no. all right, there's a little, <laughs> but like anything, you go somewhere and someone puts a contract in front of you and it's... No one's going to read it. Yeah, you don't have to agree to it. It's, but very, the much, fact that it's very much a deal, want... deal with the devil type thing, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. But like, again... 16 year old rebelling against rebels against her father and she gets to go off and meet this prince prince eric that she wants to immature immature you know all these kind of father figures do they do come from like again they're coming from potentially a good place they're they're trying to protect you know i i don't know what it'd be like to lose a child but i think it'd be fucking atrocious a horrible thing probably the worst thing that you could ever happen to you so i get 
where those insecurities, those fears come from. But again, if you can't, it's it's like this. What they say, you know, if you hold on to the the butterfly too tight, you're gonna crush it. And if you, you crush it, you know, if you let it, you've got to you've got to hold like, it I loosely think, so it doesn't fly away, type thing. Yeah, like Titan comes into his own like towards the end, isn't it? Obviously, because Ursula is a villain, <laughs> she she's like doing the whole oh true love's kiss and three three sunsets or whatever and like obviously she they come very close after sebastian sings his kiss the girl song yeah and then she kind of like flips the table because the whole thing it's but it's not at ariel though is it? it's not aimed at ariel the entire mm. thing all the way through is she wants revenge and she wants yeah. she wants that crown she wants that trident yeah so that she can rule the seas. It's like it, that's in the, it's that's like the bargaining it's nothing kit. personal to you yeah i just want to be in charge. <laughs> it's to have that one thing over on Triton, that bargaining chip, yeah. that one thing. So he gives up his power. Um, she does get one of the f- the most kind of violent Disney deaths as well. Yeah. Fucking stabbed, proper stabbed. stabbed. Ah. Face that comes with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah. It's proper, like, it's like even for a Disney film, you're like, bloody hell. Um, yeah, it's very kind Here's a question. Like, there's there's rumours that, that um, Ursula was based on the drag queen Divine, who uh, okay. quite famously was in a John Waters film, Pink Flamingos, who was seen in that film to give a blowjob and to eat some dog shit. Um, but that's far and beyond the point. But she's based <laughs> on that. So is potentially, is Ursula maybe a trans cross-dresser drag character maybe or and that and also she's kind of again we were talking about racism she's somewhat in in some continuities of something she is a from a different race of like mer people um so do we do we think it, it maybe comes from that that she's again it's this old hag thing where it's you know we're we're throwing them they're unorthodox they're wrong they're different they're not married yeah, they're not they- with anyone put them put them over there somewhere not in part of our society yeah, I think if you, yeah, I mean, it can be seen like that, definitely. Hmm. I think it's it's just a bit, it's weird, isn't it? Like, you have got this kind of like, she is different. She's in this little hovel. She doesn't really come out of there at all, apart from when she goes up to the top surface hmm. and all the rest of it. Um, she's kind of like hidden away. Like, she doesn't even go out to like spiral. She's got like little hmm. eels go out, flotsam and jetsam. Brilliant names. <laughs> they go out and kind of do all the spying for it. Like she and she's got magic though. She's obviously mm. got powerful magic. She just doesn't mm. she doesn't want to be seen by society. So maybe it is that she's been shunted and she doesn't maybe she doesn't want to go out. Yeah, maybe that, maybe. like she's fine within a within herself and her body and mm. she's fine within her home. Mm. But maybe she doesn't want to go out into society so that society can treat her differently. Mm. Until like, she's in charge. Until she, yeah, until she, like, she can change things. Yeah, and that's aren't we all trying to do that? Aren't we all trying to make a little bit of change and all the rest of it? Like, and obviously, the more powerful your voice is, and the more kind of respect that you have from others, the more change you can actually make. So maybe that's essentially what she is trying to do. There you go. There you go. Maybe. Mm. Well, again, mm. that's that's mm. Ursula. But I, one of my favourites as a kid as well. Uh, who is um, there anybody else however, you want to talk? Oh, go, go, yeah, sorry. But well, just to go and go back to the Little Mermaid because mm. obviously. If you so if you have got Disney Plus, there is a very good documentary on there about the Little Mermaid. Oh really? Um yeah, I can't remember. It's the guy who's wrote written and did all the songs and all the rest of it, the guy who's okay. in charge of it. Um and he was um he had AIDS at the time when he was doing this oh, stuff. Jesus. So he did this and he did um he started doing Aladdin. Right. So some of the songs that are in Aladdin are actually written by this guy. Wow. I cannot for the life of me think of his name. 
<clears throat> so that's Sorry. really going to do my head in. But in the documentary, it was basically because he was gay. And he's basically saying, like, he saw himself as a fish out of water. So the whole kind of Little Mermaid side of it is, like, him wanting to break through the surface as a gay man to kind of come out. And, like, his whole thing was hmm. him being aerial and stuff and getting away from, like, I can see that. Place where you weren't allowed to be yourself and that kind of stuff. It's really, so if you get time and you've got Disney Plus, I definitely recommend going watching the documentary that I cannot remember the name of. It's on there. Little Mermaid something. Just exactly. Go into the documentary section. It'll be in there. It'll exactly. In there. But you'll definitely find it. But it's really interesting. It's a really nice thing as well. It's, like, it's all about kind of his, the, like the work he did in the background and stuff, but it's like some really interesting points about. Fun fun fact about my dad as well. Another fun, not a fun fact, but uh, <laughs> here we go. He, I watched Little Mermaid so so much when I was young. He thought I might be gay. Uh, no, I just really like the film, Dad. I was gonna watching a thing about a woman swimming around in a bra. Yeah, <laughs> got got to be gay. That's got to make me gay. But um, yeah, I was like, no, it's the mermaid. No, just... bit. Were you looking at Ariel or were you looking at Try? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's quite muscular. He is very he's, he, muscular. I could For see, an older I, man as well, he's I very... Could see, I could see a Jason Momoa. I don't <laughs> think I'd be screaming like the old lady in the cinema. I could oh, see, there he is. Oh, a fishy man. <laughs> I love a good fishy man. Oh, fishy man. Um, right. Who else do we want to talk about? Um, do you want to talk about Mother Gothel? I do. I really do. Go on. <laughs> so I love Mother Gothel. So, uh, the reason I like her so much so there's the song that Mother Knows Best song mm. which I sometimes sing to my own mother <laughs> <laughs> not to sing that she is in any way like Mother Gothel just when she comes out with some stuff I'm like Mother Knows Best <laughs> listen to your mummy because <laughs> it's again such a really good song a villain yeah. song yeah, yeah um, I agree but yeah so like good feminist raises a child alone mm-hmm. with no income mm. as far as i am aware like has she got any income because like, i don't think she's got a job no i i think it's implied because she's quite a theatrical character and she's a good yeah. liar it's implied that maybe she was an actress perhaps oh maybe um and we know how cutthroat that business is to uh aging women oh yeah um, which, and explain why she's so obsessed with her look absolutely absolutely um, yeah um, but really good in the sense of um, single mother teaches that child, and in this foot in the first song, so Rapunzel knows how to show dresses, read, paint. Um, what else can she do? She plays so, guitar. I think she plays guitar, sews, bakes. Yes. Oh, there's like there's everything like, in that first montage that she does. Yeah, all of that. everything. Yeah. So and she's got to well, learn that from somewhere. Like, so she's been taught how to read and stuff to start off with. So that's to like a point. A yeah. Thing. Like the only downfall of Mother Gothel is telling her that her birthday was on the same day as them lanterns. I was going to say <laughs> Just have it. Just make it the day after. <laughs> and if she'd have done that, then none of this would have been. Well, she probably wanted to go and see the lanterns. But she'd have been able to take her and be like, oh, we'll watch them from across the river, mm. which is essentially what Flynn Rider does anyway. And, like, and, and, and they start, they, they also start doing it, like the, the the first birthday that she's had since she's yeah. been missing. So it's not like she wouldn't know about them or not see them. Yeah, she, yeah. Just, she, and, like, she could still see them, but like... She could God, still tell her, like, three. to the water and just goes, we're going to watch them from here. <laughs> so, like, so, 
Absolutely. Now, now I, I spoke to, I, I made this point with a, with another feminist friend and uh, she said, well, she was doing that to keep the hair healthy. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, apparent. That was her, that was her uh, head cannon. For, okay. For the that, the that head, head continuity for that. I'm just, I feel like she was, she was trying to just raise this child all by herself and was just like, oh. Too many like, questions. Well, in fairness, she makes Far too many questions is, is a book. It's a book. Just go yeah. and can you go and knit something or sew something or just, <laughs> just piss off. Just piss just off. Go and, just go and draw on the walls. For God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I love but it. yeah, so yeah, it's just teaches teaches Rapunzel how to do all these things, and it's, it's very kind of. I think you're right. Like she, I mean, that there is a character that is obsessed with looks, like which is yeah, and like there's little there's bits of it where she doesn't. She tells Rapunzel that she loves her, but she's not telling, like, there's all the emotional kind of abuse there and stuff as well. She's looking at the hair when she says... Constantly. She looks Constantly. at the hair when she says, I love you, because that's yeah. the, that's what she actually loves. Yeah, because that's what she, yeah. She's, she's not talking to Rapunzel, she's talking yeah. to her. It's the power. And, um, like, makes up this whole thing that, like, people would be after her if they find out and, like, keeping her to herself and all the other kind of stuff, like... I mean, she could, yeah, okay. like you said, she could just have fritzled her, you know, put her in yeah. a put her in a basement, locked her locked her away, put a chain on her leg, you know. She could have she could have done that and just come and periodically fed her, you know, yeah, just keep her alive. Yeah, but she, I mean, she did lock her in a tower, but <laughs> oh, yeah, but but again, like you said, she's enrichment and yeah, and, like being able to do all this stuff and yeah, it's just really like, and you think about it, like she is a very strong character again, like. She she's been alive for all this time and no one's no, really known about her. So does that mm. push her into kind of like is she lonely? Like she's she's had this child now for like eighteen years. So she's got you like I wouldn't it's like any mother really in here. You mm. don't like oh you've got to fly the nest but don't go too far. Mm. Like still ring me occasionally yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I just want to like, know you're all right. <laughs> yeah, it's just ringing you. Just making sure you're okay. Give me three rings. Do the three yeah, rings. Make sure you're okay. Ringing. <laughs> make sure you're home and then pick up and <laughs> they're like <"Aya!" laughs> um yeah there's all that kind of yeah like the bird fleeing the nest kind of stuff as well like you've raised a child it's been literally you and this child for 18 years you can see why she'd have problems with her i think i think what i love most about mother gothel is the subtlety of like the line delivery and the stuff where it's like the emotional manipulation where yeah. it's not like you know oh i'm the bad guy that type of thing like oh i'm just doing it for you i'm doing it for the best it's for you i'm doing this for it's she does for say me the bad guy though yeah she does i mean that's what yeah <laughs> oh you're, you're like making you're making, you're me, making the bad guy. me the bad guy yeah, don't make me the bad guy and it's it's this real subtle very clear the writing is just superb because it's just like yeah You've heard you've heard that from if it, even if it's not your parents you've heard yeah. those kind of the way someone can emotionally manipulate you and it's like a massive thing it's like you imagine watching that and then realizing because it is and it, it can take like the littlest things to make you realize like shit that's me like people have actually said that to me yeah. like and you could literally and it's I think that's a good thing about Disney at the minute is you get they're getting to that point of being like look this is not right yeah. this is <laughs> not cool and that's yeah. This is not right. It's not normal. And it's like, and again, we're going into the whole kind of the more, you can sit and watch a Disney film and you can just watch the Disney film. Hmm. And then you can sit and watch a Disney film and go into depth with it, like the way we have been doing. Like, and I think when you do kind of like, you look at the thing of like, doing it, talking to a her and not to her, Hmm. the line delivery of it, which is just amazing. Like, 
Where's, oh, is the bit is it in the songs? Hmm. Oh, probably. Oh, she, she said, and she says stuff like she's like, "I'm kidding, I'm kidding." Yeah, and it's like she, I joke, not. I joke, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah, like I joke, and it's like, but she's not though, is it? And no, then Paul, oh, you're making me the bad guy, and like she yeah. does that thing where she asks her for because it paints that she asks her for. Mm. You bring me she's some like, paint, oh, yeah. it's the three days. Oh God! I can't believe you're asking yeah. me to do that. I can't believe don't you're I pr- asking me. To- don't I give you enough? You're alive. You've yeah. got all these other things. I'm doing but so much for stuff. you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think it's I think it's just I think it's one of the best written Disney villains possibly yeah. ever because it's such a just a subtle realistic but you know just portrayal of somebody who is manipulative and and like that and uh, it's it's. Again, just I think it's genius, just the way yeah. and you're looking at it kind of like and Rapunzel herself is very kind of I mean, she starts off very afraid of the world, doesn't she? Which is oh, yeah. everyone. But, but she's it. had that drilled into her. And again, looking looking at Mother Gothel in a in a more kind of flattering light, she's not she's not wrong when she says if someone found out about your power, they would lock you away. Get, use it you know, for themselves. Exactly, use it for their own own means. She's not wrong. She is technically trying to protect her. But even though she's done that to her, (laughs) yeah, but she's protecting her own, she's protecting her to protect the power, basically. Yeah, but Um, you've got to look at it's it's kind of ET, isn't it? Like they find out about ET and then everything, like all hell descends and all the rest mm. of it. It's kind of she's right in what she's saying, though, because if people did find out about what her could do, like there'd be no one to like go and make me feel better, like Mm. because it heals as well, doesn't it? Like, Sling puts his hand open and all the rest of it, like. There's all that side to it. So you'd be constantly, she'd just be sat in someone else's tower trying to, like, if she was a princess in that land, she potentially could have been sat in that tower just constantly singing, making everyone feel better for the rest of her life. Like, and it's just, and so she's right, she is right in what she's saying to be, you need to be scared of the world. Like, (laughs) in fairness, like Rapunzel ends up in like, is it the, the ugly duckling? The pub. Oh God, I love that. That's one of my favorite bits. <laughs> With this song, song is brilliant. I mean, obviously, you can't judge anyone. <laughs> so, like all the villains, all the evil <laughs> villains turn out to be lovely, lovely people yeah. that want to be minds and musicians and all the rest of it. Love it. But like, she's she's fully right to go in there with a frying pan and be like, holy shit! <laughs> like this, this is just a massive. Like loads of people <laughs> look like they're gonna kill me. I, I also love I love that the twins are called the Stabbington brothers. That's my that's my favorite. The Stabbington brothers. Like and but she in turn grows and becomes kind of more outgoing and more kind of like of course. Like, and like that, you can you can still go out in the world and experience the world, but yeah. then still be guarded at the same time. You know, not yeah. completely. Naive. And like most of the things that you do, like like. I know, like, because obviously anxiety is like we've been through COVID and stuff. Mm. So anxiety and going back out into the world is like a massive thing for some people at the minute. But yeah. like, and it's 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 weird because you can even be terrified of doing it and still have to do it at the same time. Like, and we all do that. Like, I hate job interviews. Still got to do them. Like, <laughs> I, ne- <laughs> I never I never liked auditions, but it was kind of part and parcel of the acting career. <laughs> yeah, I was always shit. An actor and never audition for I'm anything. Like, oh, I forgot my lines again. Fuck. <laughs> And really need to remember those. <laughs> Shit. This is it. And it's it's I think that's a good thing about kind of Rapunzel is she does show you like you can be scared of, of trying new okay. things. But yeah, but like I mean in fairness, she succeeds at them all. Like, but it's it's that'd be nice to see if someone doesn't succeed at something but still yeah. has a go at it as well. 
Like, obviously, it's not good if they mm. fail in the movie because <laughs> Well, no, you, I think I think you do need characters that are not... You don't want the whole Mary Sue thing where they just they never make a mistake, they're perfect at everything. Yeah. They, you know, a, a lot of people complained about recent live-action Mulan was that she was just immediately perfect at martial arts before, yeah, before any, ever even... getting into battle. She, they didn't have the, you know... I'll make a man out of you training sequence or montage. Oh, that song. Yeah. What a great, what a great Disney song. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the, have you heard the punk rock version of it as well? There's like a rock I, version of it. I now need to, definitely. You, yes, you do. You need to. There's a whole like rock, rock Disney genre where people have done covers and they are rock covers and they are amazing. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll stick one in this uh, podcast if I can find it. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll stick a version of that. Um, speaking of, of characters that kind of learn and make make mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Moana. We love Moana. Moana is, mm-hmm. I watched it last night. It, it still holds up. It's incredible. I think it's one of the best written Disney films. I think it's really progressive. Um, but there is, spoilers. Oh. Spoilers. A female villain. <gasps> there is a female villain. Yeah. and uh, Did you uh, see it coming the first time you watched it? Because I always feel... <laughs> No, I actually, I actually think it's a, again, it is a surprise villain, again, yeah. which yeah. is again, I think, is an issue. But I think within the context of this story, it actually works really well yeah. because uh, Maui is this big, arrogant. You know, he pulled down the skies, made the islands, brought the sea, <laughs> and then literally is arrogant about it by singing the the welcomes. You're yeah, welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, he's he's literally going. Don't worry. I know what you want to yeah, say. You're that's welcome. on me. Yeah, it's okay. I did, I did all that. I did all that. Yeah, but you also <laughs> ruined everything because <laughs> at the start of the film, we we get to see that uh, Maui's stolen the heart of Tefita, who's in kind of like this earth goddess, kind of a Gaia-type uh, goddess for all the kind of, uh, I guess, Polynesian islands, I think. They're Polynesian, maybe. Yeah, I'm not too sure where it is. But... Yeah. Tell us if we're wrong. Um, but that kind of, in the particular story, it's just the surrounding area. It's kind of like an earth goddess. Anyway, he steals her heart and uh, everything starts just dying and there's this darkness and evil that is is travelling to the islands and killing everything off, basically. And Maui gets separated from his hook, his magical hook that can help him change uh, forms and also separated from the heart of Tefiti, which all the monsters and everybody wants because it is the power of creation itself. Um, We learn throughout the film when uh, we learn Maui took that because he was abandoned by his parents, his human parents, and the gods made him a demigod, and he wanted to give as much back to. It's kind of a Prometheus tale, giving fire, taking fire from the gods and giving it to the humans. He wanted to give them, and he just said, it's never enough, and then I took that, and then it was just, this thing is like a, a an ancient, it, just a magnet for evil, basically. And this huge thing comes out almost immediately as he takes the heart out, called uh, Teka, who's this kind of molten lava monster. Um, but yeah, why don't, you, why don't you take it from there? Tell us a bit more about, about that. But it's so good. And Teka as a villain is such a good villain. Right. So then fast forward and yeah. like we get baby Moana. We get yeah. baby Moana and the mm-hmm. ocean's alive. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? And, and the ocean chooses Moana. And then we've got quite a lot, really. Like she's very kind of like she's get pushed into this kind of like she's got to, she's got to take over the village one day mm. and it's how it's gotta be and all the rest of it. And she's like drawn to the ocean. Mm. And the only person that tells her it's okay is a nan. 
who we love. We love her now. <laughs> the fact that <laughs> she literally calls but again, herself. But again, she's the, the old crazy lady. And she's, yeah, but she, yeah, and she admits that. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm allowed to be there because, like, she's the chief's mum and she's allowed to be a crazy person. Yeah. Like, she, and I think, like, she's not even in it for that long, really, at the start, is she? But such a kind of powerful character. Love her. Absolutely love her. Then, yeah, so Moana goes on this. This comes back to the, the Wigan boys protecting their grandmum, doesn't it? Yeah, this is like, oh my God, that maybe that's what it is. Maybe they came to Wigan and went, that's what we need, a nan. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but nan's the one that pushes her again. It's like, which is really good. It's like helping kind of like girls helping girls with being like, no, you're not stupid. And actually, a bit weird that there's like, a cave full of giant ships that no one's that the nan's known about but no one else seems to that's a bit mm, yeah a little bit weird no. but um, don't, don't overthink it <laughs> no 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 we're not overthinking it um but yeah but like pushes her and says like no you can go and do this and then obviously it's really sad because now that she's we were talking about this before they know that she's moved the story along to a certain point mm. you no longer need the nan killer and <laughs> killer <laughs> dead and therefore she dies. She, do, she helps it helps move the plot along to the point where Moana is going on an adventure and instant death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was gonna say I was gonna say the dad who's played by Tamora Morrison, who I believe you've been watching Book of Boba Fett as well. Um, yep. same same dude, great guy. And I love a bit of Boba. And he uh, he's like an opposite of Triton, isn't he? So as opposed to Ariel coming into the, the human world, the land, he's like, don't go out on the water because my yeah. mate, my mate died. We went past the reef and he died. And that's why I don't want that to happen to you. So it's again this but over that's, protective. That's a, yeah, but that's a better version of protection. There's a reason behind the protection. Hmm. Like in The Little Mermaid, you don't really know why he doesn't True. Why he just my friend died because we were messing around on the sea and I thought I was gonna be this big. Like he potentially was going, I was like you when I was young and it didn't work out for me. And obviously them fears, you kind of you you put them fears on yourself and then therefore it kind of like transitions into your yeah. kids and all the rest of it. You get why he's kind of like, no, stay. And then grandma's just like, no, go, just go, go and have an adventure. You've got to wonder, like, if the mums were there, how many, how many times would they be like, no, go and have an adventure? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> maybe that's why most of the mums are dead. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But <laughs> we we find out right at the end that um, actually, Takar is Tafiti. So, Ooh. so Maui. Even though he basically created the land, the sea, the air, all that shit, he literally caused all the problems as well. He yeah. he stole. He created a monster. Quite literally, steals Tafiti's heart. So she is heartbroken, and she turns into this raging, grief-stricken monster. It's fu- pure fury, and Moana understands. She gets it, and she returns the heart to Tafiti because she knows. That's not who she really is. She's not her grief, her anger, her rage. They've stolen the heart from inside you. Yeah. Very yeah here it is. Of... Here it is back. Yeah. Like, and she actually says that. They've stolen the heart from inside you, which is probably how it felt. I mean, we've all had bad breakups and stuff. So that's yeah, it's totally course, understandable. But like, you've literally stolen someone's essence, like the inside of yeah. that person. The, the happiness. Like, and she was, and it's not like she was doing anything like. <sighs> She was literally just creating her own little islands, doing her own little thing, making sure everything was good and everything was fine. And then Maui comes along and steals the what her essence. Yeah, <laughs> and what everything she, she is. Yeah, and, and, and it, ru- ruins everything. 
Ruins everything. God damn it, Maui. Bloody, bloody Maui. Bloody <laughs> men. What are they bloody like? Um, bloody but, men. They yeah, don't bloody understand. Bloody men. Be... <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's the whole thing again of like, it's the grief, isn't it? It's just yeah. like, someone has taken who you are as a person and what you stand for and all the stuff that you do and you've got to be grief stricken and turn into like I mean there's the whole like something stolen from her and she turns into this big rah, raging monster but sure. like you're gonna be like if someone stole your shit I'm sure you get angry as well yeah. <laughs> like, someone, st- someone you know yeah yeah you have you go into uh you know you have a breakup let's you know if if, if we're talking in, in a, a romantic sense stealing someone's heart breaking someone's heart um you know it's it, you're bound to be a little upset and angry or you know confused or you know you're, you're emotional you know and again yeah. ha- however long that lasts is however long that lasts but again she she recognizes that she gives him when she becomes defeaty again she gives him that kind of side eye doesn't she which yeah I, which i love and he's like yeah about that um sorry uh yeah, sorry. yeah no, no, no no excuse i'm a dickhead what am i yeah, you know it, you know he admits he's a dickhead fair enough but he was a massive massive dickhead uh, but again it's kind of like he was very arrogant at the start of it and all the rest of it he's changed kind of, yeah and he changes not like the giant crab that's just like horrible <laughs> i think there's like a line where he says did you grow Granny tell you you were special or something mm. like that, which is just yeah. horrible. But he, like um, again, he learns to be a better person throughout. And Moana's yeah. like, he does eventually agrees. He goes, you know what? And again, going back to the dad as well, she's being groomed to be the chief. <coughs> she's groomed to be the chief, not not a princess, not any. She's she's going to be in charge. So it's not like he doesn't believe in her just because she's female. It's just like, I don't want you just going out into the sea. I don't want that. I love you. I respect you. I think you're amazing. You're going to make a great chief someday. But, you know, but just stay on the island, you know, yeah. and it's understandable. And you've got the whole thing, though, of like if she did go, like she's she's the only child that they've got. So she is essentially like the heir to the throne or the whatever it is. That yeah. on. Um, so like if she did go into the ocean and die, then that's a community without a leader essentially yeah. when like this what what else are you going to do so you can see kind of that side of it as well i just i love how moana kind of de- develops herself she gets more confident as she kind of goes she through. does yeah she learns like, more like that side of it yeah she grows more and, and she, she's constantly making mistakes which i really like she took yeah. first time she goes out on the water destroys the boat second time it's turned upside down nearly dies i, I, I will say i will say that the sea kind of the sea, the sea kind of seems to help whenever it feels like it. Yeah. Not, it's just like, oh, we won't save your cockerel this time, but next time we're going to constantly yeah. save your cockerel. Oh, and- we love Hey Hey. Yeah. Hey Hey is the best for it doing that. Hey Hey is brilliant. Oh my God. It's just when it takes a coconut head and it's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it, honest, best character. One of the best side characters for a while. Yeah. But even like, even Maui Dancer at the start is like, why would we just send you like a girl? Yeah. You know? But like, and- she's very naive about it as well. So she goes to meet Maui. He literally sings her a song and she's like he's handing her stuff and in her mind all this stuff is like oh look at this amazing oh, this thing great, yeah. that he's handing me and she's literally left with like rubbish yeah at the end of the time manipulated like, manipulated into a cave and, and trapped yeah. in a cave yeah it's like but that's like the whole you are naive you think you literally like given shit and think that it's gold when you when, when you're that young and naive and stuff so, i love like, i love that persist the persistenceness of of moana and the persistenceness of the of this i think that's a word <laughs> of the sea 
and and yet constantly like Maui runs away and is like, no, you're coming back. Moana's coming back, even if you throw yeah. her off the boat. It's the yeah. resilience of it more than yeah. Me. Sorry, yeah, to persistence. <laughs> yeah, persistence isn't a word. I don't think, but resilience is a word. The resilience of it, but I think like that's a big again. It's a big lesson that people need to learn. I would like. I feel like more it's good to be resilient and it's like the whole thing like at one point she genuinely just throws it away and she's like i'm gonna give up i've had enough what am i supposed to do am i on my own i don't really know how to sail the boat there's like the boat's broken you know yeah and there's and that's a constant thing that everyone's kind of having to deal with is you're constantly questioning yourself as being like i'm not there's all this like fake it till you make it like after time i still i feel like i've made it and i'm still faking it and it's been like (laughs) 17 years like (laughs) there's <laughs> the whole self-doubt stuff in there and Absolutely. you're constantly doing it you do have the moments where you're like should i just pack it all in and she does she gets to that point where she's just like fuck mm. i'm done and then like obviously you, you sit down you take a breather you have a cup of tea eat some pie on a bam cake if you're from wigan and then <laughs> <laughs> that's it and then you job get, done you get back up you get back up and you go and beat a giant lava monster. That's the whole fucking, that's yeah. the thing of it, isn't it? It's like you yeah. figure it out as you go in. Like, no one's perfect. There's all this stuff that you're constantly going to come up against. And it's like glass ceilings and all the rest of the stuff that it's work. And I love how, it. I love how like clumsy she is as well. Like, she's constantly like flipping that oar and hitting herself in the face yeah. and pulling on the wrong <laughs> rope and stuff. Again, it's just a really well rounded character. I genuinely yeah. think it is just. Beautiful cinema. I do. I love. It's how not... she cuts her hair in and put in like a bun because it's, it's serious time. Serious. Yeah, serious yeah. time. Yeah. Honestly, it's like it's like, no... Ra- it's like Rambo putting on his bandana. Exactly. Like at no point, and I, like we said, but like a lot of films, when you see girls in films and they're like constantly, the hair's all like blowing everywhere. everywhere. And I'm like, seriously, because if that was real, you hear it in your face, and I'd be dead by now. Like, there's no but tie her in a bun. <laughs> Well, well, Rapunzel couldn't do that. Um, no, but she does put it in a plait. But then that is her undoing because she gets stuck. Ah, yes, you're right. God damn it. It's, her, it's her doing and her undoing. And her undoing. Ooh. Um, so is, is there any other specific characters you'd like to talk about? Because we're already running over uh, anyway, <laughs> which, I <thought> we <laughs> might, which I thought we might. But is there any specific characters? Because I want to ask you a few more questions before we come to the end. And then I've got listener comments. So we'll just quickly go through maybe a last couple of characters if you can think of any. Do you want to do Brave? Because you watched that last night as well. Didn't you? I did, yeah. So, so I was I was talking to Natalie about potentially bad representations of feminism from uh, heroic or uh, protagonist-based characters, or kind of characters that are not necessarily villainous. Um, and I think Queen Eleanor is a good one, actually. So, uh, so what do we think of Queen Eleanor? She's very set in a way, isn't she? Like she's very. This is how it needs to be, and you should be married. She's. Very anti-feminist. <laughs> like you should be married. Get in the kitchen. Ah! But um, again, she's talking about this is the way it's always been. This yeah. is tradition for as long as we've been here. This is how we do things. This is how we do it. And Merida is very forward thinking. Like, and I think, and it's it's weird to have it the other way around. Isn't it? I love it's it. I think it's great. The fact that the dad is the one that's like, oh, let her go and ride horses. It's fine. Yeah, like, fire arrows into the air and do it. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, and is it, is it Angus the horse? I think so, yeah. Angus, I'm sure it's Angus. Mm. And he's this massive shire horse, and he's mm. 
gorgeous and like normally you wouldn't see like a teenage girl riding such a massive horse and the fact that like he's he's obviously very powerful and it's like that's amazing and she rides i never you know what i never even thought of that i never even considered yeah the the fact that it's quite you know obviously quite a large horse potentially more dangerous and stuff yeah like really dangerous she's very kind of like she's very kind of that's my male perspective you see see i don't don't see things (laughs) I don't see things the way women do, and that's no, but that, just me that's as good. An animal, an animal obsessed. No, no, but that, but that's quite enlightening, though. I like when I don't see stuff like that, and someone points that out. I go, oh, fuck, yeah. no, yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. Because again, that's not what you would expect a woman to ride. You would no, expect you, a woman you, like yeah, most women would ride side saddle, and she's literally like pulling out bow and arrows. She's got like a route that she goes around. And she climbs up waterfalls. Like speaking of hair. Yeah. Just fucking what? mad hair as well. Like, um, yeah, it's like, like me in the morning. Are you going to be kidding me? I literally said to you before that, how I look now. <laughs> but again, like, and she never, she never like, it's never like, oh, I need to become more beautiful. I do want to talk about Merida in a, in a different context in a, in a little while, but the fact okay. that she doesn't have to, she didn't straighten her hair, she didn't do any of that. And the fact nope. that she's, she's constrained in this dress, this very tight dress as well. Oh, I know. So, and this and the cat drew a bow and arrow and then she rips it. She tears. Like, I love that. The kind of the tearing the bonds of yeah. the patriarchy and stuff. And yeah. again, it's it's so refreshing to see a a woman who has been kind of brainwashed by the patriarchy. She's like, yeah. you do knitting, you do this, you make cakes, you make these speeches, you do this. And even when you know all the all the lads, all the different uh, clans come, and and the guy and the Billy Connolly's character is like, yeah, we're supposed to do a speech now or something, and. <laughs> And she's like, right, let me fucking do it. You can't fucking speak. You're useless at this. I'll do it. And they and they all listen to her. Like they respect her. Like it's not like they go, oh, the queen's talking. We're not going to fucking listen. If anything, they're actually want when when she's turned into a spoilers when she's turned into a bear. <laughs> you know, they're all going. They're all going. Well, we need to hear this from the queen. We need to hear this from the queen herself. Yeah. Like so, she she holds power. She she holds respect. She it's, it's just it's it's weird. It's it's the whole. It's like you said, it's kind of like this is the way it always has been and you're not allowed mm. to do it any differently. And like, it's, it's nuts because you look at, and she's the one that's trying to make Merida more like... More feminine, like, more... scene in it. Yeah, she's like trying to brush her hair. Like flashbacks of me being a kid just pulling my face every time my mum tried to brush my hair because like, like I've got the thickest hair anyway. So like, I don't know. In fact, I was talking about this. It was like on a Sunday night when my mum used to dry my hair and I used to just kick off. Hmm. Because it's tech hours. I'd be like watching Heartbeat, like, oh my God. <laughs> Heartbeat. <laughs> Throwback. That's how old we are. Wow. But like Sunday nights were just horrendous because I felt like I'd be stood trying to get my urge ride for like six hours. It wasn't obviously that long, but it no. felt like it. Hmm. And it was like, but like you see yourself in that kind of thing. And I was like, my mum, do you look at, and it is, again, it's mother-daughter relationships and your daughters are beautiful in your, in your eyes and all the rest of it. And you try and make them like, oh, and look pretty and all, but does it matter? Like, go out and just get muddy and do what you want to do and the things that you like doing. Like, I'm, I've never been kind of massive on makeup and there's other people that are really good at that kind of stuff. And there's men that are really good. Yeah. There's so many men that are better than makeup at me. And that's amazing. And it doesn't bother me. <laughs> and why should it? Because it's got nothing to fucking do with me. Absolutely. I think that's a big part of feminism. It's like, that's that. Be who you want to be, because at the end of the day, it's not going to affect you in any way. No. It's none of, well, it's none of your business. Keep your nose out. You know, it's, yeah. my, it's my life at the end of the day. You that's know, it. 
And I think I can, I'm, I'm all for a mum kind of looking out. And she's, if you want to see it in kind of like she doesn't want Merida to end up alone in a castle yeah, or like sure. the, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, but like there's worse ways to live though, isn't there? Yeah, of course there is. Like there you go. And she, and you've got to kind of look at would she be left with anything because she's got three younger brothers. Mm. Yeah, and in that kind of like because it doesn't go. I think that's like, why they're trying to marry her, marry her off because they can't have three kings, effectively. Yeah. I think that's probably why. Another reason. I, I want to talk about the controversy that came with Merida becoming a Disney princess. Do you really? remember this? Yeah. Yeah, you remember this. So, so when she became a quote unquote official Disney princess, um, you know, along with Mulan and Pocahontas and all the others, uh, <coughs> they basically made her more. I guess sexually appealing yeah. would be the yeah. word. So they slimmed her down. They gave her a bigger bust, wider hips. Um, they changed the hair a bit. They, you know, she wasn't as unkempt, let's say, as she normally is. There was a huge backlash to this, obviously, um, because the whole idea of that film is to smash the idea of the Disney princess, the quote unquote yeah. classic traditional dress. Disney princess. Yeah. They gave her a sparkly dress. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It was horrendous. Like, you, the whole, like, the advertising for this film was she isn't like our other princesses. Like, she's she's not this kind of pretty, doe-eyed, fucking perfect in every, like, this, like her was, like you said, her was yeah. massive. She, she rode horses and did all the, boyish stuff and like she was very kind of she, she never she was never intended to be this thin and no. like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because no, people there, are built like nothing, that and all no. the rest of it but like if you've made it in a specific way to smash through this whole kind of like this is our this is what we used to think princesses look like yeah. then why would you then after the film's been released and it was a pretty big hit at the time as well maybe not as much as some other like, Pixar mm. and, so it's, it's like people still went watching it and stuff and like mm. But yeah, like, why would you change it? Like, why would you? Why would you go for it? None of the other here's, characters. Here's a film about being an original person, and then here's the doll to go with the film that we've now made prettier and with a sparkly dress on. What? Here's another uh, going into like, like I, I, you know, I, I disagree with that. I remember a while back, um, the United Nations made they sometimes make fictional characters spokespeople for for the United Nations, and they made Wonder Woman a spokesperson for the United Nations, which I love that idea because she's an ambassador of peace and she's part of the United Nations in a lot of the DC continuities. What a fucking great idea. She's constantly, you know, she is, she, you know, pushes through peace, but she is also ready for war if comes to it. Um, And uh, Gal Gadot went and uh, the previous Wonder Woman, um, oh God, what's her name? Linda something. Oh, I can't remember her name really bad now. Linda, I've got to look it up now because I'm going to feel I know, bad about it. I, uh, <laughs> I need to Google this. I will cut this out. Oh, God. Wonder Woman. I can't believe you're going to cut it out uh, just so you look better. No. <laughs> Fine, I'll keep it in then. Uh, Linda Carter. There we there go. go. Linda Carter. Sorry. I'll keep it in. I'll keep it <laughs> So, Gal Gadot, uh, Linda Carter were there to, to do the unveiling and the presentation to make Wonder Woman part of the United Nations. What an amazing, cool character to use. Yeah. What an amazing idea. All of the United, almost all of the United Nations uh, staff and people that are on the United Nations, including women, 
said, how dare you take a character that is so scantily clad and make her a spokesperson for the United Nations. So they were judging her entirely on how she was dressed, which I took a huge issue with. And I thought, why the fuck... Have you, do you know anything because about the that, character? That's what society does, though, Dan. Yeah. We never, unless you know, like you knew the background of it, oh, you were yeah. saying about the whole kind of like, yeah. all the stuff that kind of goes along with it. And unless you're in that world and you know them facts, like you don't you don't think about looking yeah. at it any other way. You just see the, the fact that they're unveiling a half-naked woman hmm. as the thing and it's and it's, it shouldn't be it should be no. all the stuff that she stood like, for and like absolutely all the, and like the whole like, idea of wonder woman is equality like yeah equality between the sexes that's the whole literally a whole fucking premise and original idea of that character is she was on the first issue of um i can't remember the magazine off the top of my head but the first feminist magazine edit, like editorial magazine she yeah. was on the front cover like it was her like well, there you go so feminist like, icon a massive feminist character and all the rest of it hmm. And it's, it, I think it's very sad that like people, it's the whole judging a book by its cover as well. Yeah. And it's, it's you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And the whole thing, again, we're going back to the whole kind of yeah, like no. people judging you for what you look like. Because people would have judged if she would have been looking like a hag and people would have judged if she Absolutely, was half yeah. naked and pretty and well, looking after herself. Good example. Good example to to uh, contrast. Do you know? Do you know what was a spokesperson for the United Nations that nobody had an issue with? <laughs> Go on. The Angry Birds. <laughs> so, so the aggressive, angry, angry <laughs> birds were a better representation of the United Nations than Wonder Woman. United <laughs> Nations, you can go and fuck off. <laughs> I think Maggie. I think Maggie Simpson was also one. I think really. Yeah, and I'm like a baby. I love it. It's like uproars about stuff again. Though it's like, oh, I can you can you can't have a problem with something like Wonder Woman and not feel it. But again, and it's all a lot of this is based on looks. Yeah, like a lot of it is based on looks, and say yeah, like a lot. I don't know. And there's no for some people. There's no getting past that. Mm. There's there's no getting past like oh she looks like an absolute whore so. So she, she must. must so she whore. must be. Yeah. Like, no, not the fact that she stayed the planet numerous times in the comic books and all. The don't, don't get me wrong. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I don't like. Not, I'm not saying Wonder Woman's been written perfectly or depicted perfectly. No. You know, they've they've they do go back to that original costume, but sometimes they do a, a bit more of a conservative version of it. But again, you know, it always kind of goes back to that sort of original, like Batman and Superman. They always kind of just go back to that original version because it's iconic, it's classic. Yeah. Um, I get if I get if people have an issue with it, and if you know, if some people want to dress more conservatively you're okay to do that and if you don't necessarily agree that wonder woman you shouldn't be but that shouldn't be the main what what are you telling everyone Hmm. like if you're telling everyone like oh because they dress this way and Hmm. we're trying to get it through that you can dress however you want that's that's essentially what we're trying to get you can dress and act however you want and people should not have a problem with it and people Hmm. should not have an issue with it and people should definitely not do other things about it and like it's do you know what I mean? Like the whole well, it goes a, back to this whole thing. There's, kind of there's like, a contradiction, isn't there? There's like yeah. the the male, the patriarchy, the male world wants to see women with less and less clothes on. But when we do see women with less and less clothes on, it be it somebody we know, love, 
uh, are related to, they're like, no, 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 don't want that. We don't want that now. So it's it's again, it's that fucking bullshit hypocrisy yeah. that the patriarchy has. It's just, I don't know, it's just fucking nuts. <laughs> that that whole Wonder Woman thing is just fucking nuts. It's bizarre to me, but I, I just wanted to mention that that Merida thing. Um, I think I've I've asked most of the things I want to ask, but so a lot of these a lot of these characters do have a certain color scheme. So it tends to be kind of blacks and purples. So I, I've looked up the kind of psychology of of those colors. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read those out because it's quite interesting. So it's a, it's a, like basically it's like a, this little circular color scheme. You can Google it and find it like I did. Um, but I just thought I'd, I'd take a look because I was like, I wonder what those colors mean like psychologically. What is it about the the characters that it brings to mind? So so um, obviously you've got a lot of like reds as well for villains as well. Um, for example, that means strength, energy, determination, and passion, which are not necessarily negative, you know, tropes or yeah. ne- negative you know, emotional psychology indicators. But the purple, it comes under power, nobility, luxury, and ambition, where black is elegance, formality, death, and evil. Evil. <laughs> evil. So evil. I love wearing black. Black is the new evil. Um, <laughs> black is the new evil. But though, I think those kind of, those do come, there's a there's a reoccurrence of those colours and then there's a reoccurrence of that psychology in a lot of those Disney villains like Ursula, oh, yeah. like Maleficent, like Queen Grimhilda from Snow White, um, who, in fact, was apparently based, the animator based the evil queen from Snow White on all the other, all the women he'd ever known. <laughs> And I was like, okay, that's a bit offensive. Also, <laughs> Madame Medusa, who is the villain in The Rescuers, is based on the animator's ex-wife. <laughs> uh, oh, which is which uh, funny because funny. that's what she looks Funny, like. but like also like, oh, that's a, maybe a bit sexist. No, yeah, a little, little bit. <laughs> Pretty much, but um, Is his ex-wife a child beater as well. Like, did he did probably? He who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I, don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I don't know anymore. We're just too into Disney. But yeah. Um, the, co- the color scheme is very interesting, especially when you look at it. Of kind of like, oh, let's have a look. Who we've got down at the bottom. Again, so again the- a lot of them aren't necessarily bad traits to have in a in a. No, character. like the pur- the purple ones where it's like. Power, nobility, luxury, and ambition. Like ambition's not a bad thing to have, really, is no. there? And then like Maleficent and and the Evil Queen both were purples. So my mm-hmm. kids are just really ambitious. Like like they're not like like nobility and luxury again, not necessarily bad things. No, power, power is not necessarily a bad thing. It, obviously, if it's if it's used in the right way and you're not yeah. you're not completely like in, overindulging in the luxury you know again not That's elegance it. formality death death and evil maybe bad things um, yeah that's probably i mean i mean to be fair like the the characters that they've lumped into the into the flat one are like ursula and then kind of like claude frollo from the hunchback mm. of notre dame which he is very evil and yeah I, actually think about it i could have i could have watched uh yeah, I think maybe I should have watched that because that's very much like he's tempted to be sexual and he's a religious man. There's like a whole song about mm. like hells of she hellfire. Will be mine or she will die. That's yeah. very fucking ooh, very. Fucking. Only, that's only two ways you can have a woman: is have her or kill her. Or kill her. Apparently, well, that's... maybe in Frollo's case because he's not yeah. very likable or lovable or any of the. I also, I'm also not a massive fan of that film. Anyway, I think it's a little here and there. Why? 
I don't know. I haven't seen it for years, to be honest. I'll watch it again. I'll rewatch it. I'll rewatch, re-watch it. I'll... Well, seeing as you're right, you've watched all the rest of the I've watched all the other Disney films ever made. <laughs> might as well. Might as well watch, watch that one again. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I thought it was kind of an interesting thing to to look at. Um, I'm yeah. just gonna go through a few a few uh characters that I think are maybe a poor representation of feminism, but again, that's up to everyone's interpretation. You know, uh I was thinking Mary Poppins. Now a lot of people will think Mary Poppins is quite a feminist character, but there's one section of the film where I think she's not very feminist. So <laughs> all these 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 aged, struggling Victorian nannies, well, not Victorian, is it? It's uh, kind of the suffragette age, isn't it? So like 1900s, aren't we? <laughs> They're all lining up, looking for work, you know, struggling for money. You know, they've got families to feed, probably large families, you know, who knows? And uh, they're just—they're all lining up. They're going to give their best job interview. They're going to smash it. They're going to get that job, high-paying job, bring home some some money for the family. Uh, no, because a tornado comes and blows them away <laughs> down the street, potentially injuring or killing them. <laughs> Mary Poppins does not like a, like what I would consider a good feminist to do. Get in the line get up to her point to interview, do the best job she can, prove that she's the best uh, applicant for that role, and then get the job. No, she potentially kills a lot of potential mothers out there and job seekers who are struggling, potentially starving. Who knows? Dead. Injured, <laughs> okay. crippled, or dead. That's my argument for, for That's Mary very Okay, that is very unfeminist and, yeah. like... Not very, we need to start treating each other like girls need to be nice to other girls and all the rest of the stuff. Like, I on, a, on, a se- on a serious point, I think sometimes feminism's biggest enemy can be other women, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because Absolutely. again, again, because they've been brainwashed by the patriarchy, so they think we that we have to pit, pit women against each other. And like, it's probably in, in these films as well, like, arguably, the patriarchy has pit, like you were saying, the women on women villain and hero or heroine characters against each other. Because of the patriarchy, arguably. That's like a whole thing. And like like girls with other girls, and you see it in every kind of day of life, don't you? You make like bitchy snide comments or like someone's not being nice. And it's like a, it's weird because it's like a, a, just a split reaction that you kind of have. And it's again, upbringing and the way you're kind of looking at the world. And if you've seen other people do it, then you've got the whole kind of teenage years where you're in school all pitting to try and have the best boyfriend or whatever and mm. like it's very like like so you could say that like there's some slut shaming going on between yeah, women there is. and stuff but like that. not there's there's like a huge difference now i i've definitely seen it so because i've got i've got a teenage niece um and then i've got like a younger niece as well mm. and i've like it's weird because like, when we grew up and it was msn era and mm. all that kind of stuff and like facebook was it wasn't like it was my space wasn't it my yeah, yeah, yeah and it's like Oh, Jesus, now we are showing our age, Dad. Mm. <laughs> um, so MySpace was kind of on the thing and all the rest of it. The comments that you that we used to get growing up, completely different to what they do now. Like the girls now are literally like, the, if you read comments underneath other girls' kind of posts, they're all very empowering. like mm. Supportive. Like, yeah, but like, oh, hot stuff and like, look at you and then like commenting back going oh says you and all the rest of it. it's very kind of empowering and like it's real and it's so nice to see when you've got a, when you've got a world for the keyboard warriors out there that mm. are trying to completely smash and break everyone like it, it's so nice to know that girls are kind of we're at that point where we are kind of having each other's backs like no matter what 
I mean, there's obviously going to still be stuff going sure. on in the background. Yeah. And it's, it's never going to, it's never, there's, there's, it's weird, isn't it? Because like, you can, you as, can, it's all right, Nally. You can be a feminist and hate one other particular woman if you like. Is that all right? That's okay. That's okay. I believe that's okay. That's coming from, <laughs> that's coming from a man on feminism. So. <laughs> I mean, it might not be. Uh, I, not I be know, okay. but I think it's like, it's this thing, isn't it? It's like, I'm going to say, literally all through this podcast, I feel like I've been going, oh, just fucking be nice to people. Just yeah. fucking be, but, but it's fucking a, be nice. That's a good but message. But also, there are, also, people that you look at or the way that they are, and you just think, God, you're a knob. This is definitely becoming the, the female Andy, Andy, angry Andy reviews now, I think. <laughs> I know, but I can't help it. Like, there are genuinely people, and you just like, and I don't know whether, but I, my whole thing is, if they were nice, then I probably wouldn't have that problem with them. But if they're just being twats for the sake of being twats, I'm like, really? I think you can sport them as being a uh, as a feminist, but you can also hate yeah. them as a person. <laughs> hate them as a person. Like, I don't believe it. I don't like you or anything you stand for, but I'm totally, you should definitely do what you want to do. <laughs> should, but again, like that, that's just, again, it's you just want people to have the opportunity and the choice and to be respected to make those choices. That's yeah, basically nice what it is. Yeah, people about Exactly, it. yeah. Don't be a twat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, do you want to do you want to quickly talk about um, Lady Tremaine or Queen Grimhilda? Because I think those again are the kind of the main ones people go to. Or do you have much it. much to say about them? I feel like you have. What have you got to say about them? Let's start. You, you. I always go first. You go first. So Lady Tremaine's an, an interesting one because um, she's actually voiced by the same actress who played Maleficent as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, but she had. I think she had. Uh, throat cancer or something when she before she came to play Maleficent so she sounds a bit different probably yeah. why but she's very interesting again we don't get much of a backstory for her either nope. in the live action one it's implied that she she married for love and he died and it broke her heart and then yeah. she became cruel the cruel wicked stepmother because of that because she married again for love and then again he died well, seemingly, seemingly for love, but also for for advantage as well. Yeah, um, I didn't mind the live action version of Cinderella. Actually, I think no, I wasn't too bad. It was, was yeah. it was all right. Um, obviously, she does have a cat called Lucifer, which probably doesn't doesn't help. But well, again, such a great character. Yeah, and, and often <laughs> I was going to say Lucifer is often in modern light depicted as quite a. a uh, misunderstood character, or misunderstood, you know, in various comic books or TV shows, or yeah. in the Church of Satan, for example. You know, Lucifer is, you know, uh, more of a relatable, misunderstood. You know, he was doing stuff for humans' benefit against God's wishes, type thing. So that that was always interesting. But yeah, she, it's it's a tricky one with that because she's not she's not very likable, though. Is she has no. I think no, she, that's the whole kind of thing, and I get the kind of. You you do become kind of more if you lost someone that you were totally utterly infatuated with. Hmm. She's got two daughters. I'm guessing that she had with this person. Yeah, yeah. Remind her of that person every day because they're gonna like that's what happens when you have a child. You have sporty genes, and obviously one of them's gonna look like the dad more than the more than the other, and all the rest of it. So it's kind of like, and you're constantly reminded of that, and then you get married again. And he dies. Mm. I just think, is it me? <laughs> <laughs> Am I just not meant in this world to be mm. loved? And maybe she did really love 
yeah. him and Cinderella looks the spitting image of him and it's got none of Lady mm. Tremaine in her. No. Well, it, like, the... it reminds her that actually he was in love with someone else before he was in love yeah. with me and probably looks more like a mother. And... Arg- arguably the, the first one true love, arguably. And you have to kind yeah. of try to live up to that or to... You know, to, you know, there's no replacing someone like that, and you know that yeah. can that can take a, an effect on somebody, and can you know, you know, I'll, I'll never be that person, or he'll never feel the same way about the hit that about her the way he does about me. It's a totally different type of love, a different kind yeah. of love. Um, but it's... <laughs> look at us just backing up the evil stepmother and being like, she's so misunderstood. <laughs> She's so misunderstood. She's not misunderstood. Um, but she she's very much she's mean. She's, she's fucking atrocious. She's horrible. And she's got that, she's got a horrible glare as well. That kind of like that's the oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. It's like got, when she first goes into the bedroom, and that's the first thing that you see is her mm, eyes, more like Lucifer in her eyes, and it's mm, like hell. Cutting um, through like piss holes in the snow, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and she has, that, she has that Gary Oldman Dracula haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she does. It's like perfect as well, constantly. Mm. And, and again, I know it's weird. You say about Lucifer. Lucifer is obviously a product of his upbringing. So yeah, yeah. his mom sure. is evil, so therefore he is evil. And and the 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 daughters are selfish and self obsessed, yeah. and you know, and they throw away stuff that you know. Cinderella but in the same then... light, is she trying to go? Obviously, because the her daughter's dad what? died. Yeah. She's like she wants to give them all these things so that they're not unhappy and all the rest of it so she is looking out for her daughters in a sense trying to get them married off so trying to get them married off into doesn't have to go through the same pain she's been through yeah exactly preferably to someone who's not going to pop the clogs yeah exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) can can we have a full health check before we get married (laughs) please and like again it's this whole thing of like mothers are going to see their own children as beautiful so why shouldn't they get dressed up and try and marry them to a prince you never know the prince might be into yeah it's possible it's not out of the realms of possibility until no, the last slipper comes into the thing it's not like it's not fur it's not fur that <laughs> you should have two tens together <laughs> when realistically in real life real life doesn't happen up. doesn't happen somebody's reaching someone's reaching someone's always punching but let's but not get into that argument I do see I do see a lot of similarities to Mother Gothel because she does give Cinderella food board work yeah doesn't ask for anything apart from that work to be fucking done. Uh, so that's the that's the only thing she she asks for. But um, but yeah, it's very much again that abuser becoming the abused becoming the abuser, or the like. More than likely, the the stepdaughters are going to be just as bad to their yeah, potential yeah. partners or daughters and what have you. But Cinderella doesn't just see the the stepmom as kind of controlling. No, does she? Because she literally wakes up in the morning and the first thing she does is complain about the clock. So she's already complaining about the king. Going, yeah. oh, that I, did, I, did quite, I did quite like that because they go, Cinderella never complained and never worried about work. And then the second the, the film starts, she's complaining. <laughs> oh, that clock. Oh, it's always going off. Oh, I'm so mad. Even he tells me what to do. Yeah. So I was like, okay, she does complain a little bit because she's a, at least she's a fully, fairness, fully fledged was, character. If I was Cinderella, I'd be complaining a shit lot more than she does. <laughs> I'd literally be walking around going, he's fucking kidding me. What the fuck is this? I just cleaned it. Yeah. <laughs> Which and, and, is pretty much what I do in my own fucking house now. I go, fucking just cleaned it. 
And again, again, we don't know if maybe Lady Tremaine had poor marriages and, you know, maybe she was abused or, you know, That's maybe well, domestic is, violence or something maybe. Who knows? Someone must have been able to teach Cinderella how to clean in certain ways. She's literally mm-hmm. going on a random niche probably the True. floor. You're telling me that Tremaine didn't teach her how to do all the cleaning and stuff, which in... Yeah. In There's... that society, in that society, if you were married in a poorer circle, hmm. your job would be to stay at home and cook and clean and all the rest of it. So really, Cinderella is if you've got to marry her off to a poorer person, hmm. she's preparing her for the life that she will have had anyway. Hmm. Also, she's I... trying to marry her daughters up so that they won't have to do anything. But it, it, my only problem with that is that if she also, like, like if she took her to the ball. There's three oh. chances of Tremaine making some money or getting advantage from it, as opposed she to doesn't. two. She doesn't. Does she want it for herself, though? But but she's her daughter, technically, legally. She's her daughter because she's married in. She's her guardian, so surely yeah. she would get all... No, the- no, no. She doesn't, she doesn't want it for herself. Like, Lady Tremaine doesn't really want it for herself, does she? No, she wants it for her daughters. She wants it for her daughters. Yeah, her I daughters guess. don't have to go through the same. And if one of her yeah, actual daughters, so if one of her actual blood, <laughs> blood daughters, yeah. Yeah, if one of her blood daughters gets into the castle and marries the prince, then the second one is more likely to be like, oh, well, they're related to princes and will marry higher. And then obviously Cinderella's not blood. So, and it's again, it's kind of more of she wants her daughters to be more. Yeah, advantageous. Yeah, have more choice, effectively, have more ability yeah. and more than she's had, which is what any, every parent, parent wants uh, their child to have, I guess, in, yeah. in the long run. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's for like, it's not really helped people with stepchildren. Like the whole the evil, evil, yeah, the whole evil like, stepmother thing, yeah. Yeah, this that's a big kind of like enchanted kind of did it a little bit hmm. where they were on about evil stepmothers and stuff like that, and they were trying to say, oh no, like not all stepmothers are evil, and I think like and it was a lot of like again back in the day when it was released and hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a norm to have a step parent. No, it wasn't kind of like so to have. That's it's just the classic nuclear it. family, wasn't it back in the day? Yeah, of course it was. Then like so, yeah, to kind of have to they know obviously trying to change that without like. Like the enchanted kind of stuff. Sure. You yeah. kind of change that a little bit and say, oh no, like Edward's stepmother's not evil. Well, really, she is, but <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh no. Absolutely. And then she in turn becomes the stepmother. So she's, and she's like the best of the best. So mm. it's kind of like, so it's like, it didn't do well for families. <laughs> and mm. I could see if you were a stepmother going, I am not going to let my child watch Cinderella, which is fair enough. <laughs> like, I could totally be on, on board with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I want to talk about just Grimhilda very briefly, and then we'll move on to some uh, some listener comments as well. Um, so, uh, so again, we were talking about the kind of different takes and the novels and these twisted tales and stuff. So, yeah. in, in one of the versions, it's quite interesting because her father was like a mirror maker, and okay. he never told her she was beautiful, never never said she was attractive, never said anything. So this bore. You know this insecurity about her looks and everything. I have read this. Have one. you read it? Oh, there you go. I have read this one. There yeah. we go. Now that you're mentioning it, it is coming back. Go on. You and on. <laughs> uh, and it turns out that apparently there's some relatives that are like witches as well and sorceress, and they give her a mirror. And apparently, in the mirror, that's her father's spirit. Yes. So it's always kind of undermining her confidence and her looks and yeah. bringing to the fore these insecurities, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. So in the so in the Twisted Tales version, 
which is really interesting and totally advise you to read those so as well as the invisible women you might yeah. as well go and watch go and read some twisted tales do it <laughs> and so yeah so he he is just in the mirror constantly basically telling her how, how crap she is and she kind of does a maleficent in the live action she kind of befriends hmm. Snow White at the beginning um and like she takes her out for picnics like so she's besotted she's absolutely besotted with the king um just and he loves her hmm. so they're literally in this like they want to be together like he never thought he'd love again and then he sees her and he falls in love with her and like a lot of it is because of her beauty and all this other stuff and like the mirror is constantly doing this thing where he's like oh he only, he only likes you for your looks <laughs> and like all that kind of stuff and yes yeah, it's, it's very kind of <laughs> again these these other witches that are in it have kind of like they're obviously like running through all the yeah, sure. tales but yeah she she's she's friends with like she kind of she does the kind of stepmom thing and trying to have a relationship with her and text her to an orchard and they have a picnic and they do loads of stuff and it's really nice and then like and then yeah it's just it's the psychological damage that the mirror has that causes her to start being like oh he's not gonna love me because i'm not the prettiest thing here and like all the other kind of it's it's very kind of strange the way it's done but it's a really good it's a really interesting book and a really good kind mm. of twist on it as well yeah and then kind of that's how kind of the huntsman thing yeah and everything killing snow right, i uh I, i've also read i was looking into the animation of the witch when she turns into the witch which is kind of almost her kind of her inner self what she looks like on the inside given physical form like she's hideous on the inside so kind of comes out in her transformation um i read that they were the animators looked at a lot of like drag performances at the time like cross-dressing whatever you whatever you want to call it uh so a lot of the mannerisms the witch has are quite masculine and obviously in that in that way you can't be you can't be beautiful and feminine if you're ugly you're you're pretty much a bloke (laughs) You know, so I quite like that they've the the, you know, I, I don't know if it was planned or if that was the idea, but you know, subtly that's kind of influenced that into going. The more masculine a woman is, the less attractive she is to men potentially. Yeah, I think it was trying to say something about that. Here's an interesting fact: with uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but in Canto, you know, the uh, I think it's Louisa. I want to say is that the one one with all the all the 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 huge kind of muscly, super strong physique. That one recently wow. there's been much like with Grogu and Baby Yoda. I know you're a fan of. Um, uh, there was a massive demand for Louisa merchandise, yeah. which Disney did not produce because yep. they thought the the girls would want Isabella toys and Isabella dolls and Isabella merchandise but now they're all like no nah, give me a Louisa man yeah I'm all about Louisa it's all about Louisa like and it, it's, and it's so nice and so refreshing to see a, like a completely different take on the feminine form in a mm-hmm. Disney film like and it's and it's not just Louisa like even Mar- Maribel like yep. the main character have you seen the, there's like a little video of a girl and she's got glasses on and she turns to the TV. Oh, I shared it. Like, yeah, I shared that. Oh my god! And she's yeah. like, "It's me!" Yeah, oh, heart, absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, but like beautiful. And it's 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 nice to get to that point where it's like, not everyone needs to be pretty. Not everyone needs to look like they've got big boobs and a tiny waist. Not no. everyone, because not everyone does look like that. And no. it's it's about goddamn time. <laughs> 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 it's so nice to see 
and it's 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 so kind of I know we're gonna we're gonna go off on one about Encanto now because this is a long podcast already but I'm so sorry <laughs> I if everyone's bored of Disney by the end I'm, of this I may even I, I can have as long a podcast as I want now so I don't have to split the episodes but even this one I might still split <laughs> it's just gonna read notes like but Oh, but you can't, can you? Because we're literally trying to do all of them. <laughs> we can't. We can't get. I, I, we won't go into all of them. But I think no. Encanto is a good one for again, like maybe great and amazing examples of feminism, but also some poorer examples of feminism. So if you if you haven't seen Encanto, this is going to be spoiler territory. Massive, so go and massive, watch it. Massive spoiler territory. So there's not really effectively a villain in Encanto. However. The abuela, who's the the grandmother and the matriarch of of the Madrigal family, is arguably anti-feminist because she's forcing the family to act in in a specific way and to behave and to do these things. Um, there's a there's a respectful way to do things. She's also doing arranged marriages as well because that will you know it'll be adv- advantageous. Forcing people to just look pretty and be perfect. Exactly. She's um, one of the other sisters, which is what she said, mm. because she says, I make per- perfect practice poses, which is basically saying I my job is to stand here and look pretty, which is not very feminist. No. And I love I love Louise's song because that's a very feminist song as well. Because, very feminist. Because she's like, she's like, I've got to, I've got to hold up, I've got to stay strong, and I've got to balance do this balancing act, and the pressure is, is too too amazing, much. Amazing, but just an amazing character as well, because not yeah. only is she saying like her power obviously is to yeah. be strong, physically strong, but then you go into like the side, like a totally different kind of strong, because she's mm. thinking that she's got to be psychologically strong to like deal with all the shit that's going on in the family and rah. And the skeletons in the closet, and the, and it's weird because you do, as you grow, you can like the stuff that you find out about your own family as you get older. You're like, what? Yeah. What the fuck. And then there's like this massive, change, it's like a change where you potentially like become an adult, but then like your parents say stuff to you, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When did I come? When did I mm. turn into the adultier adult than you have? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? And then so like and. And the like, the, I'm the, the ma- I'm the mature one. <laughs> the mature one, I, I, like you're you're older than me. What the hell? And it's it's so and it is it's like the the song pressure is like a massive and a really good song. Like, I think I think it might be my favorite song in Encanto. Yeah. Next to the next to the Madrigal song, I think that's grown on me a bit more because it's such a pacey song. I kind of missed a lot of it, so I've had to yeah. listen to it a few times. <laughs> listen to it. Um, obviously, we we don't talk about Bruno is great and a big seller at the moment, but I don't think it's the mm. best song in it personally. But it is good. Mm. It's still very good. It is very good. I thought I like everyone's kind of. I like how misunderstood Bruno is. He's like, oh, he told me my fish would die. And then it died. Like, well, it's a fish. <laughs> yeah, it's going to die. <laughs> it's gonna, like, he told me I was going to go bald. Hmm. And I didn't go bald. It's like, yeah, they just they just don't, yeah. they don't they don't like his predictions because they always turn out to be true. So they think he's bad luck. And some yeah. some so he he tosses salt over his shoulder and he keeps knocking on wood because he yeah. doesn't want bad things to happen. Which I thought bad thing, which is really good. Like, very that's so clever that he's yeah. superstitious because all of his you know I, I thought that was such a clever it's such well written. You love you know Lin Manuel Miranda, Miranda get that Miranda. name right Miranda. <laughs> um, you know and his his writing is great and his music is fantastic. It's just, it's a beautiful, just, I cried as well. I did do a cry. 
<laughs> when do we not cry at Disney? True. We, we cry. We, we both watch Coco together and we're both bawling <sighs> our eyes out. I know, but oh, but Coco in that. And it's like, oh, you can't watch that. If you got like a grandma, you can't watch Coco without not crying. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, you but, have grandparents, don't watch it. Arguably in that as well, there's no particular villain. Well, there is a villain technically. But yeah, there within, is. Within the family, a lot of the insecurities and the issues and the, you don't do this and we don't, in this family, we don't do that. You yeah. know, it comes from the maternal figure, like the... You know, it, it comes from her insecurities and her fears and her, you know, trauma. Isn't it weird? I like the realistically, like the, the males, the, the male kind of people are more kind of like we're talking about brave before, weren't we? And mm. like, and then we're talking about Coco, and the males in the family are more like, ah, just go do what you want. It's always, it's always the women that are like, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I think, but I think that's 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 interesting that it's changed because that's like a recent last ten years or so that you were seeing more supportive and less yeah. dom- domineering fathers in in Disney. I think that's just that's just the way it is. I think t- obviously times change and things are written yeah, differently and, and I think I think that is just the way way of it and I like uh, I did try and think is there like we were talking about dead dead parents yeah, uh, because they come up a lot in these Disney films but I was just trying to think <laughs> is there a is there a film where the dad dies but the mum is still alive and the only one I could think of was uh the one that came out recently which was Onward that probably is the only one that I genuinely can't think mm. Of one where the dad dies, and they'd like apart from maybe Lion King. But yeah, that's... I think either either they're both dead or the mummy's yeah. dead. I think that's it. That's the that's pretty much. Yeah, I guess yeah, Lion King. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, that's, no, that's... probably the biggest one where the dad dies. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, that's probably traumatized and also helped quite a lot of people over the years. Is mm-hmm. like yeah, I th- well, I, I you know whatever whatever helps if a Disney film helps. I think yeah. I, I've been trolling my sister by like making fun of all the Disney films, poking fun at them, and she's like, "Stop ruining Disney, you fucking twat." <laughs> <laughs> Stop ruining my childhood. Like, like, like with, Hercu- with Hercules, I said, there's a reason there wasn't a sequel. And in the myth, like Hercules is is entranced by Hera, he puts a spell on him, goes insane, kills Megara, Meg, and all of their five kids. So I was oh, like, bad. I was like, yeah, there's a reason that there wasn't. <laughs> also, Zeus pretends because because he has a human mum in the myths, and he pretends yeah. to be her husband. So arguably, yeah. bit of rape as well. The the other thing is though is if you're going to get into kind of Roman god territory, yeah, oh then god, there's yeah. a lot of fucked up shit. Yeah. There. Like it's not very. Zeus was is the worst. Basically, he's literally <laughs> the worst fucking person. Yeah, he, he especially is. in in Wonder Woman, he try, he basically kind of attempts to rape her as well in, yeah, in does, the comics as well. Yeah, she goes she goes yeah. It's it, she basically gives him a lesson in consent, and uh, and he goes well fuck you then I'll kill you. <laughs> And he t- starts like throwing lightning bolts at her and stuff. And it was only it's only until a mum comes out and goes, "No, no, your son raped me. Hercules raped me." Yeah. And it's like, well, but I'm getting into Wonder Woman myths say, and territory. Myth. Oh my yeah. god, so all the myths good. and stuff, all the Greek myths. Yeah, all, all the Greek, Greek myths are a bit myth. fucked up. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Hercules because I'm doing another podcast where we talk about that. So uh, I won't talk about Hercules just now because we talked about it enough already. Um, oh, we talked about enough. Yeah, I think uh, going back to Abuela, she is effectively a villain. And that line where he, you know, uh, Maribel goes, you know, because she she was born without any powers, so she's yeah. thought of as kind of a mistake or thought of as the she she the sad thing is she still lives in the nursery as well because when they get their powers they all open this door they get a doorknob they get a new room and they get their own room which is in yeah. in line with their powers and their abilities and she's just she's just living in the nursery with her like her nephew cousin uh 
cousin. Yeah, cousin. cousin yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and and he's one of the best ones because she kind of brought him up a little bit. You know. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's so so because it's new and we yeah. do like it, it is pretty new. So like yeah. if you if you haven't watched, then kind of yeah, you should have watched, watched it by now. Kind of. Yeah, please. You should, you should have watched it. It's man. again another beautiful <laughs> film by Disney. It is yeah. it is a beautiful film, and I like. I, I was on social media, I think, like a couple of weeks ago, and someone put on my social media saying, "Oh, I can't know shit because nothing happens," and they're basically saying because there's not there's not a villain. Like ah, oh, here's yeah. a villain. Like, and obviously everyone, before it came out, and there's the whole mm. kind of, they dropped, we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. Like a couple of sentences from it. So everyone was mm. like, oh, this Bruno's going to be a massive villain and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not. Well, they, they, that's what they do. They kind of set it up like he is, because he has like a shadowy hood, and enduring yeah. we don't well, talk the, about the Bruno. The whole song is like, he's seven foot tall with rats down him. Like, that's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> like, but also, during that song, he's always in the background doing something quite like just yeah. creeping by or this he's even dancing to it because he's like oh this is a great tune uh <laughs> like you can see him and I, I thought that was really good and again so good because he is and he's like constantly and he's like repairing oh the bit where she introduces him and he says he's like have you been repairing the walls and he says no it was it's manuel or something yeah. i can't remember the name of it and then he just puts the bucket on his head and i was like this is hey, manuel <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it's Manuel, <laughs> but like it's weird though because like they're saying like people are saying oh there's, there's no story there's no villain and it's like I think for a lot of it obviously Abuela's got this whole kind of again it's all the psychological psychological yeah. stuff is like very heavy at the minute but that's that's the main kind of villain and it's like you sent me a thing saying about the mum saying like oh because she can heal. And then someone put on saying, oh, can she, oh, yeah, she deal with mental illness? Mental illness, yeah. And then it's like, have you met her family? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but it's weird because you say that and mm. then Maribel's kind of whole thing is she brings all of this to the surface. She brings oh, all yeah. of these mental kind of things to the surface. So as much as you can't make a room out of that, mm. can you make a room out of that? Is her thing not the fact that the house is getting passed down to her so, and it so, can't because Abuela's still alive? So in a way, her power is to heal the family. Yeah, to heal, like to heal the bonds, up. heal the bonds of the broken. Like bond the whole, the, the whole cracks in the wall thing is obviously the cracks. It's like it's, yeah. it's the whole cracks in the family, isn't it? We were on about like Louisa being physically strong but not mentally strong to be able to kind of handle all the rest of the stuff that's going on and the the pressures of the family and kind of that kind of thing. Whereas Maribel kind of goes in. And she, she, and like a lot of it is just looking for acceptance in it. It's like yeah, I just, I just want to be like, want to belong. Please, just be me. I just want to be me. Yeah. And the you were saying about like a little cousin, and a little cousin is so accepting of her, of being her, hmm. and he's not terrified the fact that he might not get a door because if he doesn't get a door, he gets to stay with her in the nursery and yeah. all the rest of the yeah. stuff. And it's like, and that's a really nice message to be like. Well, even if you do, if, even, even if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen, even if it doesn't work out, you've still you've got, got a me. place with me. Yeah. But then she's got all this internal stuff going on where she's like, I don't feel like. I'll, I'll be honest. It, it get really awkward when he gets to his teenage years, though, won't it? Yeah, because they well, they've got a magical house, so they should be. Of course, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's it's interesting to see that that Abuelo is obviously comes from like. It's it's not show it's shown but it's not really said what exactly happens but there's kind of some kind of revolution or they're yeah. chased out of their town and the the her husband dies and the miracle occurs the magic candle and everything um, it's implied that maybe the husband is actually the house the the okay. le, le casa uh, le casa madrigal so it's implied that 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 
intelligence is the is the dad, the original dad or her husband, because he's always looking after Mirabelle and doing stuff and, and, and for everybody and moving everything and then it comes to pieces. And obviously she's coming again. It's, it's that trauma being passed down, isn't it? It's that 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 fear, that anxiety, that um, yeah. you know, insecurities being passed down. And the bit where the bit where she goes, you know, you'll never be happy, will you? You'll never be happy with anything. And that's like a massive thing. And she just calls her out on it, yeah. which is to go from like, there's literally a song where she's in the background going, I am part of this family. Why can you not see that I'm part of this family? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like she literally turns around and just goes, none of us. Like, not even me, just none of us are going to be good enough. Like, yeah. And that's it's a huge thing because you are like constantly. And I feel like it's weird because everyone goes through it. Everyone's kind of living up to these expectations and you've got society's expectations of what you're supposed to be like and then you've got like the whole thing like you're talking about if we look at like how men are supposed to be and how men are supposed to act and all that kind of side of it and then how women are supposed to act and all that kind of stuff and you're never going to be able to fucking please everyone and it's again having having, like you were saying having the career having the baby you have to make choices yeah you can't do it and it's like this massive thing of like jesus i just want to be myself i just want to do what i want to do and i want to enjoy what i want to enjoy doing as long as it's within the law <laughs> yes and don't hurt don't hurt anybody is the main thing don't, don't yeah don't, don't like, actively don't try and go out and hurt people yeah and it's like this is it and it's like i think a lot of people struggle with it because you've you've constantly got these different masks that you were don't you because you've got like oh i'm with this set of friends or yeah. I'm, I'm now with my nan i'm, yeah. with, I'm gotta go out with my dad but, yeah you're a different per- you're not necessarily like hiding yourself but you're a different type yeah. of you're a you're variation a of yourself of, yeah yeah of course you are and it's 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 hard isn't it and you do you need that time where you're just like you know you just need to be yourself don't you and whether that's you being sat in a room somewhere just going right I just need just 30 minutes yeah. of just being of not being anyone else I just want to sit here or like with me I will sit here like we've been talking about Disney all afternoon and he's not <laughs> in now for the rest of the day not gonna lie probably gonna put a Disney film on <laughs> who knows I'm not gonna put Star Wars on because that's not me but like it's 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 comfort isn't it it's a comfort thing yeah yeah, of course it is and it's like it's i'm I'm quite happy sitting here and doing that and a big part of it is kind of that being accepting of yourself Mm. and it's and it's this huge thing of like there's people that grow up and that are discovering that they're gay and they can't accept that part of themselves and it's once you do and once you kind of like that's actually who i am and I think Encanto goes through you like you need to be that you need to fucking accept that that's who you are as a person and you might not be as good as that person over yeah. there and you might not be 16 and competing in the Winter Olympics and doing your A levels at the same time like it's people are different you know yeah we're similar but we are very different as well and I, yeah, I think I think that's probably why it hit home for me as well like there's obviously like you know 35 years old you should be you know settling down having kids and no, being they a, do. yeah exactly <laughs> but that but that's the preconception isn't it that's yeah, the preconception that's the thing of like exactly. oh my god you're 30 odd and you've not yeah. what and you're not yeah. married and you're, you're not yeah but society's changing there's no way that like there's the whole there's just so much shit going on at the minute that there's, there's no fucking norm no. There is no fucking norm. We've been through a pandemic. There is no norm anymore. I'm putting mm. it out there, everybody. <laughs> well, I saw I saw that over Christmas. I went, my only Christmas wish is for everything to go back to normal. And I went, it, this is normal. No fucking normal. This is the yeah. new normal. There's no going back. That is that's over. There's, if we have to wear masks for the next 30, 40 years, it's gonna happen. It's not even that though. It's just like dealing with the fact that you're not gonna be 21 and living in your own 
home that you've mortgaged that you've paid for yourself because it's not gonna it's not like possible. you've got no, it's not possible even at 30 odd no it's not fucking possible. you've literally got people living at home at 35 like i don't blame it, them i honestly you can't don't blame do it them. you can't you can't rent and save up and do all the other like something's got to give somewhere and realistically if you can prove that you've been paying rent for the past six years you should be able to get 100% mortgage because you've proved that you paid every single rent for that. If anything, you're paying more renting anyway. Exactly. You wouldn't pay on mortgage anyway. It never... It, this, this, something's got to give and it's it's not... It's, it's higher up where it's got to... Like, we can't make it give. It's got to be kind of... The banks have got to decide, actually, the housing market is ridiculous. And if you can prove that for the last six years you've paid rent without missing a single payment, mm. then we will give you 100% mortgage. That's up to them, isn't it? Like, there's not unless I start to run the Bank of England, which in fairness I could do if I if I really felt sure, like it. Yeah, like, there's nothing I can do just sat here apart from complain. And then like, so that owning a house isn't not owning a house at 24 now is not normal. Getting I, I, married, I, I, getting was... married, and then having kids is not normal. No. Like you've got this massive staying with staying with somebody for 34 years is also not normal. not normal because now we have several marriages you've got kids from several different marriages yeah. and stuff that's got, the normal yeah again there, there like, is no there is no normal let's be honest there there is, there's normal's a, a, a non-word for me because everyone's normal is different yeah you know? Your normal is different from my normal. You know, your dog's normal is different from your cat's normal. You know, <laughs> normal is different for everybody. You know, but, you know, when I was a kid, people said, you're not normal. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? What is normal? No. What the fuck is normal? The thing is, normal? though, is when you're a kid, you kind of, everyone's kind of made to be put in this, like, mm. normal box. And then, like I said, you finish high school and you're like, oh, go and be an individual. And you don't know where the fuck to do that because you've been 16 years in school going, what the fuck? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, back, back to the Disney. On so much tangent, tangent, crazy. Tangent. Oh. But this is what it does, though. Is like, yeah. like you took Okay, so we were talking about Encanto, and mm. there was like obviously Abuela thinks that this is normal and this is how it should yeah. be. She's trying to protect the candle and the house and the magic and all the rest of the stuff. She is very kind of because of the house. This community has been created. Mm. So I feel like it is. She feels like I have to protect or commu- to be able to protect to them. the community, yeah. Which is fair enough. And like Louise's stuff is like she says something about she knows her worth, but she feels like if she didn't have her strength, then she would be worthless. Mm. And it's not about that. And again, it's kind of accepting who you are as a person and being like, I can do this, and then I can also go off and have time to myself. And Remind, reminds me of um, of Thor in Endgame, where he's you okay. know he's clearly. He's clearly in a massive depression, has been for years. He's overweight. He's not doing anything with his life, not doing anything heroic. But then he he find, he's in the past. The hammer still exists. Mjolnir still exists. And he holds out for it. And he's like, mm, like he's closing his eyes. He's like, is it going to work? Is it going to is it going to happen? <laughs> and he gets it, and he realizes that in but spite of everything, he's still, he's still worthy. Still worthy. Which I think, I think that's it, isn't it? It's like a massive thing of like, and in, Cantor in for me, they've, you've got kind of very kind of, say Maribel's very kind of, it's not it's not progressive feminism, isn't it? It's just being accepting mm. of like, the bit that gets, okay, so the bit that gets me, I remember, did I tell you, like when I watched it, tell me again. I watched it Christmas Eve, I watched it Christmas Eve with the kiddies, kiddies, they're all like teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, you will sit down and we will watch Disney films, God's sake. <laughs> 
So we watched it, and the bit that got me was the bit when she was handed the doorknob. Yeah. Because he said, yeah. we've, ma- we've made this doorknob, and this one's for you. And then I think Bruno says, you're the real gift, kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that... That was the bit. That was the bit that got me. And then yeah, that was- I'm getting teary eyed. You're getting teary eyed. Where's it? This is just coming out of nowhere. <laughs> Jesus, fucking hell. But I think that's it, and that's all anyone ever wants is to be accepted and be like, mm. I am a gift. I am fucking yeah. special, and I, I like I deserve to be here, yeah. and everyone else deserves to be here. And like, yeah, we've all got problems and shit, but yeah. and she is like Maribel in herself is the best. She's always the best person that she could possibly be. Like she never tries to be anyone else. She never tries to run around and do. And stuff. she she loves she loves every single member of her family. And she's yeah. so supportive. And she's like like that opening yeah. song where she's like, "This is my family. I love my family. Look at all these I'm amazing things. My, like, I'm part of the family. Yeah, this is my this is my yeah. kind of I'm part of this. You know. And then obviously there's the insecurity of not having a gift and all that other stuff. But there you go. Like, and I love when all the when all the townspeople come and help rebuild and it's just like, you've given us all these gifts. You've given us all these gifts and we want to help you because you've given us so much and, and a, and a lifestyle that we may not have ever had and a community. And and it was amazing. I love that. I love that. You just, you know, the cavalry comes in sort of thing. It's brilliant. (laughs) The cavalry. Yeah. It's so, it's so, it's so nice. Like, and it's such a, I don't know, like when you first, I think when we first watched it, I was a bit kind Hmm. of like, yeah, okay. I can see the appeal of it. And then obviously like, (laughs) cause I'm a freak. I watched it again and again and again. And then you get your songs stuck in your head, so you're like, God damn it, I'm going to have to download the soundtrack so I can get that song out of my but, head. For me, it was just the once. I was like, I saw it once, you know, I was like, I'm in love with it. Just brilliant. Look just got that. me. T- tears. Str- like, I was like, you know, again, like, second half of the movie, I'm like, fucking hell, I'm just like, trying to fight, <laughs> fight him back. And hop, like, it's either, it's either I let them flow or I fight them, and I'm like, oh, Because I still want to watch the film, but then I'm like, I can't see see the film. I'm blind. I like watching it more than once because I feel like you get more. I will watch it again. From it, don't you? Yeah, like you get, you definitely get more from it, especially like you were saying, like Bruno. The little bits, yeah. Those little tiny nods are really cool. The little character things, like like if you watched Tangled once, you would have never noticed that Mother Gothel constantly looks at her when she's talking to her. The more you watch it, the more you're like, hang on a minute. Forget forget Frozen. I'm all about Tangled. No, we. Oh, I love Tangled. We love Tangled. Tangled is great. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I wanted to just briefly touch on one more character that's not the best feminist, in my opinion, which oh. is Tinkerbell. Yeah, Tinkerbell. Because uh, she, she 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 tries to murder Wendy. She does try and murder. Great. Well, we were talking about being nice to other girls before. Exactly. She, exactly. She's the opposite of that. And it's that jealousy of you know you've got something I don't. I yeah. I, I I want like to be to be honest. Pete Peter's a complete arsehole anyway. Like Peter Pan is like one of the worst characters. Like not not written, but you know what I mean. Like his personality and the way he yeah. acts is fucking atrocious. Um, he forgets about everyone, doesn't he? Forgets yeah. about. I saw. <laughs> I saw that... John and Michael half the time. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, she doesn't kill Tiger Lily or anything like that. Yeah. Tinkerbell, but she tries to murder Wendy. She's like, "You're you're uh, encroaching on my uh, my potential felt, <laughs> so you must die." So the, the whole thing, I think the whole thing with Tinkerbell is she can only experience like one emotion at a time. Okay. I think that's, well, in fairness, like I could probably say the same about me. When I get angry, I am very angry. Like, obviously, for, for me, Andy, I, Andy's exactly the same. I think for me, it's either, it's either I experience 
or little no. to no emotion or <laughs> all fucking of all of them like, like watch, watching Encanto or Coco I'm like no these are all the emotions that are coming out now just a big watery mess um, that's oh. it that's it but um, I think I think we've talked long enough I don't know if this is maybe even th- into three hours possibly at the moment wow. potentially we can talk but this, it's, to, be, to be fair <laughs> to be fair it's it's a lot a lot to talk about in such a, a short space of time and I'm glad that we. I, I, I've enjoyed. If it, if I thought it dried up, or I thought it wasn't. I thought if we'd done, we'd said what we wanted to say. I'd, yeah. I'd go like, yeah, could it? But I think I think it's feminism is not all one thing. There's there's no, it's there's, not cut and dry. No, exactly. It's it's whatever you consider kind of feminism to be. I you know I might consider it like I read I read some stuff by Jermaine Greer back at uni, which is kind of not where I discovered feminism, but where I kind of started reading about it and stuff. And and she she said in that book, uh, the female eunuch, I think it's called, and and she said you're not a real feminist unless you taste your own menstrual blood. So you know yeah, that's that's you know maybe I'm not a real feminist then perhaps <laughs> not in her opinion <laughs> to be to be fair she she did come back later and said yeah I was a little bit extreme in, in my oh, oh there we go she was like I'm a bit yeah maybe not that much um but you know she's still she was still a feminist I, I don't know if she's still around but uh but yeah she she said that and I was like well that's a that's an interesting thought yeah um but, you like you said there's always there's different versions of it, isn't it? I'm very kind of. I'd, I'd want it to be equal. I can, I can. You're not. You're not asking for for women to be on top necessarily or in charge. No, of course not. Like, and I, th- I think like a big. But I can see like I get angry about stuff. Like I get raging about stuff. Like especially if and it, a lot of it comes from just not being fair. Yeah. And like the the whole thing of it is like and injustice. Ex- it's injustice. Experiences and stuff like that. It's like we so we talk about like the Sir Everard thing mm. and all the rest of the stuff. And that makes me fume. Like you were talking about, um, please the head of the police, and she was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. jump on a bus and all mm. that." That that is the stuff that makes me rage. Is the fact that it's the safety thing mm. more than anything. It's like, why, why the hell can I not walk down the street and feel safe? Safety, yeah. Why the hell am I having to flag down a bus? Yeah. Why the hell are we not educated? Why is there Why is there so much victim blaming? Why is it? Yeah. Like, oh, like, you should, why, what you you were dressing like that, so you were you were you know you deserved it or something? All this yeah. horrible, it, horrible it, shit. And it is it's like we were saying at the start, weren't we? Like a massive thing of this is education. Like it's education from from being tiny, and it's go and educate yourselves if you feel like a thing and it's like it's weird isn't it because like it baffles me I think the one thing that gets me more than anything is this like quote where it's like near enough every woman knows someone who has been raped or and every woman knows someone who has been sexually assaulted if it's not and if they've not had their own experience of it and if not they've been very lucky and like but no men go oh yeah I know a rapist yeah it's 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 weird isn't it like that whole kind of thing of like Mm. I, I mean, I've had I've had partners and friends and stuff that, you know, it's, it's fucking shocking, you know. And it's yeah. just, it's you know, one is too many. But I've got several friends who have, you know, female friends that have experienced something. I've had girlfriends that talk about people doing stuff to them, or they've been in abusive relationships, physic like you know, violent relationships, physically yeah. violent or mentally or emotionally abusive, or gaslighting and all this other stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, I've experienced a bit of gaslighting here and there, and maybe I've been the victim of some emotional abuse, but um, you know, women have it fucking way worse in every in every form of that. But yeah, it's just it's atrocious. It shouldn't be the way it is. And that's no, why we like, need to think- 
talk about this stuff basically yeah of course it is like and you've got to bring it to the forefront it's it's like really weird is like walking down the street as a woman is a completely different thing to walking down the street as a man and it's like i don't know it's just like i was with me and my well i'm only she now 16 so my 16 year old niece was walking and there's people chatting stuff outside of cut like out the cars and stuff and i'm like as if this shit is like now I'm in my thirties, so I'm like, I'm. It sounds horrible. I should not be used to it. It should not be the thing no. that I'm like shouting abuse back at them and telling them to go fuck themselves. Like, and they're in a car, so they can't fucking hear me anyway. So, but the fact that my sixteen year old, like, she's sixteen, she's got, got a life in front of her, and she's mm. still experiencing the same shit I did. Shocking. Nearly eighteen years ago, when she was like, when she was born and stuff, when I was eighteen and all the rest of it. Just it's and that's the shit that needs to change like it should not be like that it shouldn't still fucking be like that there is i know there is like obviously they're in they introduce more and more laws now that are um recently they've introduced a law where you can get two years for sending an uh, unsolicited dick pic you know and there's laws about kind of revenge porn they call it when you leak nudes and things like that online um i think there's a law about catcalling now as well so there are changes being made. I'm not saying it's perfect. It's not, well, not cer- certainly not quick enough. Certainly not. Again, again, it's it's kind of like it's good that they're putting these laws in place. Mm. The yeah. better thing would be to stop it happening in the first place. Absolutely. Like, right. and it's different, isn't it? Yeah. Like no, someone right. driving past in a car. You should try. You try and get in the rent of someone driving past in a yeah, car true. when you're walking down the other. Just doesn't happen, does nah, it? Like by the time you realise they're gone anyway. So yeah, there's just just so much shit you've got to put with, and it's not like I said. Like the biggest the biggest thing is you've got to look internal at you and yeah. the stuff that you're what, doing. Like, what are you? Doing? I do it all the time. You like yeah. question stuff that you're doing, and like there's some stuff that you can laugh about, and then you're like, oh, should I have laughed about that? And it's like calling stuff out. So yeah, like, sure. <laughs> really, should I have called out that grandma in the Aquaman film and been like, hey? don't do that like i mean i'm disgusted and being like really but like yeah. j- should i have gone over and be like mm, is it like the best thing for you to be but then you cause controversy yeah. and all the rest of it it's yeah, kind exactly of- it's kind of you've got to it's it, i think there's there's certain channels you know yeah. in certain places be it a workplace or something like that that maybe you can approach stuff like that gingerly you know um you know be it racism or sexism or whatever you, you yeah. there are there are ways and means to go about it i think you, you do have to be quite cautious again there can be a misunderstanding i've i've been victim to a kind of couple of misunderstandings in the past about kind of a lot along sort of similar lines like be it racism or sexism and it's it, genuinely i do not feel that way but no. you know mis, you know people can take things misunderstandings yeah exactly it does it does happen i think you do have to be careful not to just like fucking blackball somebody in in that regard cancel them if you will yeah uh in that regard i think you can I think if, if people are willing to learn that they've done stuff right if it's yeah. a genuine misunderstanding and people apologize then that's mm. absolutely fine if it keeps happening and they but then the signs have changed then that's absolutely sure. fine. if it's it a persistent thing then that's when we need to fucking start stepping in and being like actually no that's yeah. not fucking if you, right if you don't listen and you are not open to change then yeah. you're probably a complete fucking arsehole yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right. It's what we're trying to say. <laughs> Complete arseholes regardless. We've got to come to an end eventually. So uh, before we come to an end, I do have some listener comments. So I'm going to, they're quite lengthy. So I'm going to I'm gonna go through because people have some, some opinions. So I'm just going to head over to, I, I did a personal Facebook post. So there's a couple nice. of people on there who uh, said, said some stuff. So uh, Damien Hockey said, 
Uh, when I asked, the, I posed the question, so uh, are Disney antagonists a better representation of the feminist ideal than their protagonists, which is a long, very wordy question. But it gets the, it gets the, the gist across. <laughs> so it depends on the context. Are we talking Disney's animated movies or are we talking live-action remakes? Because Maleficent live-action is a pure girl boss mandated Disney movie, and technically she is an antagonist. She is. Well, she's got the title, hasn't she? Of the mm-hmm. like, totally agree. She's the antagonist of that one. If we're talking about remakes and the live action sure. stuff, is she a pure? No. Is she a pure girl boss? She. I feel like Angelina Jolie is just pure girl boss. To be perfectly honest with you, like she pretty much brings it, doesn't she? When she can't really argue like with it. that. <laughs> you can't though, can you? Like, if, if it would have been any other actress, could you have said the same? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, another another comment from my personal Facebook. It's uh, Charlotte Laidlaw. Uh, I would agree that the OG uh, animation movies, for example, Cruella, owns her own company, drives her own car, whereas all the princesses are all subservient and undereducated. However, the newer movies have been have better feminist protagonists. See Moana, Merida, Elsa, etc. This is right up my alley. There you go. See, I think that's um, something that we've touched on all the way through, though, isn't it? We were saying, like, the kind of older films, they were kind of like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is Mm. the way that it is at the minute. And now we are getting to the kind of progressive Disney. Like Mm. like you said, everything within the last 10 years has been kind of very progressive Disney kind of Slowly but surely, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely getting there. And there's, Mm. like... I don't know. I think like everything from maybe we said the princess and the frog, Disney yeah. wise. Yeah, could say it's that. Been yeah, pretty. It's been pretty progressive. They didn't really I mean, touch. I know been, they didn't been, really touch princesses for a while. I no, they, no, they didn't. But they, like, like Mulan, they kind of made. They made her an official Disney princess, but I know she's not technically. She's not technically a princess. A princess yeah, but, there's yeah. that kind of side of it. But yeah, I feel like the characters are coming across a lot stronger now than not what they used to be. And like you say, like. Back in the day, it was kind of like the evil witch because she mm. was alone and all the rest of it. And mm. so, yeah, I think I feel like as we as we're going on, Disney's Disney's definitely getting there. Yeah, and it's it's a gradual thing. It's never perfect, you know. No, it's, and it's never going to be like the whole thing. Like obviously, you like Moana and stuff, but when Moana came out, that got a quite a lot of backlash and mm. stuff because of Maui mm. and all that kind of reason for it. And there's all and there's always going to be that that case and that backlash. Exactly. And it's, yeah. You're never, you're never going to please everybody. End of the no, you're not. But I think, it's, I think it's because obviously it's Disney. It's aimed at children. Hmm. If you can, if there's not really a lesson, but if it's kind of is, isn't it? There's yeah. life lessons to be had there, isn't there? If, if there's, yeah. if that character is, I think, a good character, like most most stories have some kind of moral, or yeah, you know, some, otherwise you know, shit. there's a there's a lesson to be learned, and if yeah. you know, sometimes it's, it just be John Wick all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, shoot, and, you know, just shoot just shoot all the villains. Just shoot uh, everyone. No talking, just shooting. Um, <laughs> but they, but there you go. But no, there is, you know, in most good stories, there is some sort of moral. Even yeah. in even in um, bloody Brave, they talk about that. Even if legends aren't true, you can learn something. Yeah, they're moral. Like based on yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think something like, of truth in there, you know. And so. if you if you want to have characters that are kind of something, someone that your kid looks up to, like I just, I completely wouldn't mind my kid looking up to people like I don't know Merida and Moana and mm. all these kind of newer characters, like. To, 
I don't know. Like even Nanny from Lilo and Stitch, she's like she yeah. felt like she was the first character to have kind of an actual body of a woman that wasn't like thin hips, big boobs, and all the rest of it. And hmm. like it's just it's just nuts, isn't it? Like as long as you can see potential good in someone, and you can look up to that person, and be like, actually, yeah, I wouldn't mind my kid being more like a little bit like this person, and hmm. that's fine that that's a role model for them. Hmm. Then that's. There's nothing wrong with it, really. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So moving on to the next one. So we spoke about Rhea earlier and her show, uh, Femmon Film. Um, So she's got a lot to say. In fact, uh, not only have I got an Instagram comment from her, I've also got some uh, Discord messages she's left as well. So this this is the Instagram comment. So Disney's female villains, quote unquote, are often a lot more interesting and complex compared to the princess figure. They often have their own agency, although conflict still arises from white patriarchal ideals. Sometimes they are only villainous because of what society expects from them slash women. And if they were men, they would be more acceptable. I do think Disney are creating more complex princesses, but they are still within constraints. I really dislike the trend of trying to humanize some of the female antagonists, but only because it's not done very well. Okay. So I think she's talking about kind of more of the the live action films and stuff. Live action ones. So maybe like Cruella, for example, maybe. It winds, <laughs> it winds me up that they're trying to kind of humanize the villainous stuff in them, and then it's mm. and like you said to kind of like, and you're right. Maybe if it was if they are, if they were men, mm. like, would it be a massive issue? I'm just trying to think back of like all the ones that we were Talk we talked about. about. If they wanted to do that thing, so if uh, the yeah. evil queen, for example, just wanted to kill her, so if the evil king, say, wanted to kill his son could he do it or could he find a reason and would it be like oh yeah that's fine that was all right oh he was a dick anyway or oh he was only going to take the throne from me anyway so i might as well just kill him yeah i don't know i could have an ad on that one Mm. we'd have to we have to really go back and look at all the ones we've (laughs) this podcast is already long enough um we've got another three hours done (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) no no no. <laughs> I'm already exhausted. Already Wait, exhausted. Got, I'm self-isolating. I've got all the time in the world. I'm just I'm just lucky I haven't ended up to ended up offending you or myself or anybody <laughs> any of my listeners. I may I may still have. Who knows what I've said. I was gonna uh, say if we see a drop off in this, we know we've done something. Or we see a massive upturn and they're like, yeah. And then, yeah. then, then they'll go, they'll go up. Let me listen to his other stuff and go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is Maniac Cop 2? Uh <laughs> I don't know if there's much feminism in that. Anyway, going going over to Ria's uh, Discord comments, because I did ask again, because obviously we were recording today. I was like, quickly, if you want to say something, say it now. Yeah. Um, so uh, she's still thinking about Moana. So okay. I, I love it. And it is so layered. The film obviously is about female empowerment, but how it affects absolutely everyone within the world. Grandma Tala being considered the crazy lady and owning it, Moana's mum learning to let Moana go, Tafiti having her power taken away by man slash men slash society and being coded as male when she is Tekar. At no point do we get a single scene or line of dialogue where Chief Tui expresses how he'd rather have had a son, uh, Moana should have been male, or that women can't take over as chieftain or about her beauty, which a lesser film would have done. And of course, all of Moana's character and how she is allowed to be strong, but also vulnerable, 
There's no love story. She uh, brackets, she doesn't even have to get married to be chieftain. Moana is so effing good, but she continues. There's another comment. <laughs> of, of course, also no, not at any point in the film, apart from Maui, when he doesn't know Moana, tells or suggests that Moana is not capable. Tui is acting out of his own fear when he won't let anyone not just Moana, past the reef. It has nothing to do with his belief in her capability. The only person who has to believe in herself is Moana. She has absolute agency in deciding who she is going to be and what sort of leader she wants to be. Tui realizes this, lets her lead the whole island out into the ocean before Moana is even chief. Some would say that Merida in Brave has this, but she doesn't. The people around her have to start believing in her before she does. Agency is very important in Moana. Yeah, I think if we're if we're looking at probably the best feminist kind of film that Disney's probably got is probably going to be Moana. Like it's very kind of female driven. Like mm. you, you villain is a female villain even though she's not a villain and, it's, yeah. and she's right oh, about it's the not whole, her fault the villain it's not her not fault, fault. It's absolutely not like you said like the whole kind of men taking away who she is as a person and all the rest of the stuff and society and all the yeah it's definitely like that's the one that's been done right in a sense of do you want to empower women here is the film that is going to do it because it is down to her and it's down to, it's right in the same sense that it's down to all of us as women mm. to kind of take charge of it and you know what like i can sit here if, and if we learn anything men are useless men are useless <laughs> but it's not it's not that men no, are it's, useless it's, no it, if you want to take charge and you want to make change and like a lot of a lot of women feminist women now are going to end up being mothers and mothers educate their children and if you educate your children right then it's they're not going to end up doing the same stuff that other mm. people have done and all the like we talked about it before about coming from like whatever background sure. you're coming yeah. from and if you choose to educate your children in the right kind of way then they're going to grow up treating everyone as equals and making a difference and yeah. whether you have girls or whether you have boys or mm. And, Whatever. And, and unfortunately, I think the male experience is is obviously different from the female experience. So, you know, I I can't speak for you know a black perspective or a or a no. you know a Chinese perspective or a, a Muslim perspective or a, a you know a, a Catholic perspective because I don't understand or know that to a degree. I've not experienced that myself. I can understand it, you know, theoretically, but I've not lived yeah. that experience. No. It's the same. It's the same with men and women. As as much as I, you know, I get on with women and I understand them to a degree, I will never know what it's like to be a woman and to have that experience of being a woman. So again, I'm not saying that men, it's it's not men's job to figure out feminism. It's, it, it absolutely is. But we, yeah. but also like it can be, like you said, the education needs to be there from, from women and from other men that are in that mindset. Speaking of feminist men, I've got another comment from my friend Tony Farina. He's from the States and he actually studied feminist theory. So he's I'm a teacher. Gonna, like, put me in, I feel like I'm gonna get put in my place. No, 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 no. He doesn't, he's a he's a you know, he's a feminist teacher. He does not put women in their place, but again, another lengthy one, so you're gonna hear a lot of me. So here we go. 
I would say the biggest issue with the female Disney baddies is they are grouped into one of two categories. They are ogres, Little Mermaid and Alice in Wonderland, or they are frigid bitches, quote unquote. Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Tangle, Cruella. In both cases, body image comes into play and does a lot of the shorthand. Ursula is fat and ugly, so she is evil. The Queen of Hearts dominates everyone in size. She is big, brash and evil. Yes, there are some overweight characters in the films that are not bad. The three fairies in Sleeping Beauty, Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast, of course. But they are older and quote-unquote helper characters who are shorter than the female lead. Also, they are not in competition with the leads. While all that is bad, the frigid bitch baddie is super bad. A bad with a bad with a cape bad. Uh, These women are, for the most part, rail thin, almost gaunt. They are obsessed with beauty. Yes, Cruella doesn't want to bang the dogs. She wants to kill them to make herself more appealing. They are clearly in competition to be the hottest person in the kingdom. They are desperate for the attention and the hotties across town. And of course, the castle in some cases have rosy cheeks and pink lips, making them totally bangable, even when they are sleeping. Ick. There are There is some clearly some kind of sexual competition there. They are older, which is shorthand for unappealing and which is shorthand for frigid. Mother Gothel is the perfect depiction of this. She is all about retaining her youth and looking hot. When we see her true self, she is a cold, white, frigid monster. Ooh. That is it. That's all he has to say. He's been, he has been racking his brains. He's like, when are you recording? I need to get these thoughts down when you're recording. So he's been been desperate to get that out. So I'm really glad he took the time to, to write all that and he sent it in over in an email. But uh, that, yeah. was, that was amazing. So uh, any final thoughts on uh, Disney villains or feminism in general? No, I feel like we've covered it in the past however many hours that we've been I, I think it about. may have been four hours now or maybe four three and hours. a half. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Um <laughs> I think I might, even though I can have a, as long a podcast as I want, I still think I might break this one up just because it is quite long. long. Just but, love it. But again, it's it's. I think it's. I've, I've enjoyed it. I think it's been good, and I I don't mind how long it's been. And I, I'm sure you've not minded going in depth. Um, me and Andy, me and Andy's ones usually run run. Pretty I was going to say yours and Andy's go on for that. Ever not as long as this though. I don't think we've ever <laughs> had one as long as this. But I'm um, getting a world record. You're gonna you're gonna win. <laughs> And uh, Andy's gonna have to listen to all of it. You're gonna have to force. There he is. I'm gonna force him. That With is it. feminism in our house, making Andy sit and listen. Sit to down, <laughs> and you have to put the headphones on him because you don't want to hear your own voice, obviously. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> he could be listening to anything at that point. But, no. but um, I yeah, I, I feel like we've. There's not that last email was insane like very Good, true yeah. in every I, I, all those comments have been brilliant guys i just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to write out all those as well and and give us your opinions because they've been they've been excellent really informative as well and have informed informed this discussion and afterwards as well and i hope they've informed everybody else's as well and maybe people will talk a little bit more about disney feminism or just feminism in general Woo feminism. Woo. Woo feminism. Yeah. So, but I've, I've yeah. Had, I think this has been really fascinating and really interesting to. It's, it's been weird to look at it from like another point of view, though, isn't it? It's like, because yeah. you normally you kind of sit, we watch, and we go, oh my God, it's a villain. Woo. Yeah. And then it's actually like, well, why are they like that? Hmm. Is that because of society? Is that because of like what's happening in the background? Like the, the whole thing, I mean, a massive thing for women is constantly about the looks and stuff. So I feel like 
absolutely when you're talking about like mother gothel and stuff mm. she set absolutely obsessed with them but never well yeah no she did actually she mentions it to rapunzel don't she saying oh getting kind of chubby yeah and that kind of stuff and like putting her down but like never outright calls her ugly or anything like that never kind of goes oh well, you're ugly and i'm pretty like but she's obsessed I've, I've, my, my father my father has told me the exact same things like <laughs> putting on a bit of weight Set, set, you know, took took a photo of me while I was looking pretty fat and sent it to my family. And I was like, Cheer, cheers, Dad. Told, I get told me I had bad breath as well on the same day. That was nice. Jeez. I mean, I, every do you know what? Every every parent mentions stuff about yeah. what my mum's done it before. My mum's done both. She's gone, mm, putting on a bit of weight there. And then and the other thing, when obviously because we were getting married mm. before COVID hit, course, yeah. so I was like, I'd lost quite I was I was bride ready down. You were, you were. You had your hair done <laughs> and everything. I, I remember bride ready. We were we were, I was there with you and Andy as they announced lockdown and we were like <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I, I said I said to you at the time, I went, I don't think your wedding's gonna happen. I hope you've got the insurance and everything. I, I was like that's it. But then because uh, obviously when you're getting ready to get married and you want to look like your best version of yourself and all the rest of it, and you do, like a lot of women go on diets and all the rest of it because they want to look good in the pictures. And it's, I think I got to that point and not only my mum, but Andy's mum had mentioned saying, yeah, but you don't want to lose any more weight. So I was like, okay. So I I literally have had both sides of this where I've gone, oh, you're getting a bit chubby and you don't want to lose any more weight at this point. Yeah. And I was like, there is no, there's no happy medium, is there? No. no one goes to me and goes, you had a perfect weight. Well done. Like, don't, don't do it. Every, everyone's got a fucking opinion. That's my problem. Yeah, everyone's got, think, everyone's yeah. judgmental. Everyone's got opinion. You don't want to be real thin, but you don't want to be too trippy. You don't want to be this. And, but I think that. that's why Mother Gothel has done so well in that sense of kind of like, because your parents are judgy as fuck anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, luckily, mean, luckily, my mum is on the other side of the spectrum. She's like, as long as you're happy. Yeah, but the, but my mom, my mum is genuinely like I know I said because she does and she's like a typical mum and it's the way that she was sure. brought up and all yeah. the rest of it like but my mum is literally like one of my best friends I can go to her and I can talk to her about absolutely anything and I can sit and we can laugh and we can drink wine and we can cry and we can do whatever else like and we can and then there'll be days where I just want to strangle her and I'm like yeah. I'm going sure. home now same here like, same here. <laughs> Yeah. So like there's there's all this stuff and I think like Mother Gothel's kind of like the bad the the downside of it, the, the criticism side of it is mm. done really, really well. And then like obviously she's got her own insecurities about getting old and dying and all the rest yeah. of the stuff as well. And she dies horrifically in the end. Like God, yeah, she does, yeah. It falls like that tower and turns to dust. Like, but at least you know what? At least it's quick, because I feel like her like if she would have been made to spend years and years and years getting older, that would have been a more horrible death for her. So it's yeah, potentially. really weird that it's done in like a really quick, nice you, way. <laughs> you, like, we'll you, kill her off now. <laughs> you, you're like, you're saying, you know, she deserves a bit of mercy then really there. Yeah. Like I love him. Yeah. If that's like, if that's the thing that you are scared of the most, like, and you, like everyone's like, most people are scared, scared of dying and stuff like that. And like, it's terrible. Like, no one wants a long, drawn out death and stuff. So, no. like, yeah, like if you if do, you, all these villains need a bit more sympathy? Do you think? Yeah, maybe. Like, and if that's like, maybe that is a fear of hers. Like, she found she found that flower at the beginning before any of this happened, mm. and she was using that flower. But she didn't tell anyone about it. I didn't tell you. And they came and stole it from her. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't tell you this when we were discussing Mother Gothel, but during my research, I find that she, I found out she has a blood daughter. Really, and it's in the Tangled TV series, I think, or cartoon show or something. But she has a she has a blood daughter as well. 
No way. Oh, I'm going to have to watch the Tangle TV series now. Yeah, me, me too, because I, I, I would, I'd, I'd kill to have a bit more Mother Gothel anyway. So. <laughs> it's good, it? it's just, it was all good. Um, it, do you know maybe where... that's where she keeps going when she goes off and she's like, oh, it's a three-day could, journey. She's could, got be. Family. could be. <gasps> Progressive. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Dark secrets. <laughs> but uh, the woman who plays, the woman who plays um, Mother Gothel is, have you seen, you've seen Spider-Man 2, right? Yes. So Otto Octavius's wife is the same yeah. actress that plays Mother Gothel. Oh, no way. Yeah. I love it when you do Gets all the, all the glass in her face during that scene when everything's going wrong. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame because they didn't really do much with her role, unfortunately, in that film. They're yeah. kind of like, oh, I'm in love. Oh, good. Oh, she, I'm helping Otto with the, the thing. And oh, and now it's exploded <laughs> and now he's got <laughs> arms. And then he doesn't talk about her again. No, he <laughs> really doesn't. She gets one of the more brutal deaths and that's it. Uh, she gets better character in... <laughs> in tango <laughs> absolutely no she absolutely she absolutely nails it and the song's one of my favourite Disney songs as well but we're finishing we're going to end we're going to stop we're going no, to start again uh, before we get started again we're going to finish uh, so um, social media wise uh, if you want people to contact you or let them know your opinions or let them know whether you're so wrong about Disney villains uh, where can they find you <laughs> I, I will be on Instagram. In fairness, just send it all to Andy. And um, all, the, all the hatred. Send all, all the, the hatred, hatred to Andy. Andy. And if you want to be nice, then come and find me on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, I can't remember my Instagram. Don't worry, I'll, I'll tag it. I'll tag it. Thanks, Dan. Tag it, don't I can't worry. remember my own name at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we've, been, we've been that long without water, toilet breaks, uh, food. Uh, I really need to eat. I've only really had a coffee. <laughs> Um, but no, this has been this has been really fantastic, and I'm, I'm well, glad I'm glad we finally sat down to do it. And uh, let me know if you want to do anything else in the future. Um, okay, yeah. not wait two years. Well, we might have to wait two years. I might be a little bit busy. <laughs> yeah, you never you never know. Well, you know what? We'll we'll see what happens. Just whatever you want to do, you let me know, and we'll see what I can do to to fit you in. I've, that's the that's the only issue I have with podcasting is I want to do all the stuff with all the people as soon as possible, but it's yeah. just not it's just not possible. So there's sometimes <laughs> it can go years without having the same guests. Uh, you know, I've had Andy on enough times that nobody wants to hear from Andy again. Going to say he's going to have to do like all the babysitting, and I'm going to have to do all right, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you have to you have to do it right. You're you're downstairs. You're with the dog. You know, you're with the dog. I'm the baby. I'm the baby. I'm going. Keep them quiet. <laughs> Keep them quiet. Take them out. Fuck it out. <laughs> Take them out. Uh, but yeah, no, this has been great. So uh, I'll uh, do all my social media links and everything. So uh, so on Facebook, it's at Secret Balls. Twitter, it's at Dan underscore Balls. Instagram, it's at Spider Dan Secret Balls. Like, share, comment, subscribe, etc. And don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle when you interact with us. And if you want to join the Prattalion and to be brief in full on the Secret Balls, swing over to Prattle World at Spider Dan and the Secret And I'd also like to thank my patrons on Patreon. I am Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Burn, Tony Farina, Scott Hodgson, Simon Cottom for their continuing donations. It is very much appreciated and helps Prattle World keep on turning. And if you ever find yourself in a position to help the podcast, please consider it. Thank you very much again, Natalie. This has been brilliant. Long no, but good. And I so think we, we got a lot, <laughs> we got a lot out, a lot off our chests. Yeah. Um, so I feel yeah. better now. I feel better now. Yeah. Gonna, what 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 Disney film are you going to watching tonight, <laughs> Ooh, uh maybe I could watch Hunchback. Maybybe I can oh, go you with could. Hunchback. Yeah. Well, that. we did we did return to ours yesterday, so I'm gonna go with something a little less terrifying. <laughs> 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 